First round, Dallas Cowboys. Select. Uh, a lot of opportunity here. It's been a long time coming. All of the preparation, the anticipation, and we're on the clock. has come down to the call. Who will get the call? One that many hopefuls have received in the past. Some have taken that call to new heights, while others have failed to live up to the expectations. Jerry Jones with the Dallas Cowboys. Some calls have surprised us. Others have inspired us. Right, I'm ready to go, though. While very few have changed the course of a franchise. On the first round, Marshall Urban, wide receiver Miami. But now it's time for a new call. For those who enter the night uncertain of what their future may hold. Those that have worked their whole lives. Grinding. Hustling, seizing every waking moment to get to this night and to receive this call. I am so pumped for this. But the question still remains the same. When the moment comes and the decision is made, who will get the call? Let's go, baby! The Dallas Cowboys select! Welcome to DallasCowboys.com's live bumper-to-bumper coverage of the NFL Draft with David Hellman, Kevin Turner, Dane Brugler, Cowboys coaches, draft picks, and special guests. Now, your host, Kyle Kyle Yeomans. Hey guys, you didn't think that uh, you were going to get by this draft without me giving you some uh, inspirational words to start out, now did you? These come from former President Dwight D. Eisenhower. And President Eisenhower said, No battle was ever won according to plan, but no battle was ever won without one. Look forward to working with you guys this weekend. Let's have a lot of fun doing this draft as we always do. I don't know if there's any better way to potentially start the NFL draft coverage than we have quite so many times here from the Star in Frisco with Brian Broaddus. Some words of wisdom from Dwight D. Eisenhower and saying that, well, hey, plans are there. The plans have been made. The scenarios have been talked through. But David Hellman, there's no such thing as a plan when it comes to the NFL draft. Uh, It wouldn't be football Christmas without Father Christmas dropping in (laughs) on it. It's like Santa Claus coming down from the uh, North Pole. Which I was joking, if you're a longtime listener, you might remember when Brian Broaddus read Thomas Paine at the start of the draft, and there's just nothing better than some melodrama from Brian Broaddus, so I, we kicked it off the right way. That was well done. Good job. Good job, Double B. Yeah, Brian, of course, not on our coverage today. He will join the Dallas Cowboys draft show starting tomorrow and then all day on Saturday, but this is the draft show, and it's the 2021 NFL Draft, as David Hellman already alluded to. It is draft Christmas, and there's a little extra excitement. There's a buzz around the building, because not only are we doing this year's draft from inside the star and not not in our own bedrooms, in our own couches, and our virtual setups. We are all together in the flesh. Dane Brugler from The Athletic is here as well, flown all the way in from Ohio. We've got Kevin K.T. Turner, the great, all the way from across the pond. I mean, Lake's, Lake Louisville to, to drive on in here. Yeah. I don't even know if you crossed Lake Louisville to get here. No, I live in Dallas. It's right up 75. Okay, so no uh, ponds to cross. The, to the tollway, yeah. That's okay. It's I'm Kyle Yeomans, here. but... 
Yeah, it is good to be here. It is. And, and there's a lot that can happen. And, Dane, you, you said it prior to us getting on with the, the show, but there's uh, there's a lot of talk around what's going to happen in the early parts of this draft. Of course, the Dallas Cowboys select 10th in the first round, but there's a lot that can happen in the top nine. If you were going to give a quick synopsis of what's going to happen, one through nine, what would you go ahead and summarize that as? Uh, quote Samuel Jackson, hold on to your butts. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be fun. It's, uh, I think we, we can feel good about the first two picks, right? Uh, and then we can feel good about a quarterback going three. And then that's where things get interesting with the Falcons. Um, and what, which quarterback do the 49ers take at three? And it's almost like a fork in the road pick because if the 49ers go one direction, say Trey Lance, then that's going to impact how the rest of the top 10 plays out. If the 49ers go Mac Jones, then that's going to send the top 10 in a different direction and impact what the Cowboys are doing at number 10 because of who will be available. I'm more, most interested in, I think, where does that first trade happen? Uh, is it, I don't think it's going to be four. It's, I don't think it's going to be five. Six, seven, eight. Those three spots are where we need to be watching for a, a new helmet to show up in the corner of the screen mm. uh, to see who's trading up and who are they trading up for. Is it for an offensive tackle? Is it for a corner? Is it for a quarterback? So the back half of that top ten I think is going to be really interesting with some trade action. You know, it's it's very fun to be uh, – I mean, obviously you don't want to be picking 10th or whatever, but it's a little different. We've had a lot of drafts over the years where you're kind of there in the middle and you're going three, four, five, six guys who you, you, they might pick. At 10, you kind of feel like you're going to get a good player. But it does always matter who's drafting around you. And I can't help but think the Carolina Panthers with the sharp teeth and claws, they've become <laughs> some sneaky little devils today at 8. What Denver's going to do at 9. There's so much – it's the most unpredictable draft that I can that I can remember, and in the few years we've been doing this here, so uh, I, I'm excited. I mean, we know Trevor Lawrence is going to happen, right? And then it's like, what happens after that? It's going to be fun. I was, I was talking to Dane about that before we went on the air. I'm sure we say this every year, right? Like there's intrigue every year, and we well, we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen. But this really, I don't know. This feels unique to me. Maybe it's also it's probably a combination. Yeah, the Cowboys picked, you know, they picked four or five years ago with Zeke. But from the beginning, you knew that the quarterbacks were going to go at the top of that draft, and you really knew to a certainty that you're probably, you know, Jalen Ramsey or Zeke Elliott, maybe Joey Bosa. Like, piece of cake. The big thing this year is we just don't have those breadcrumbs. You know, like in the past, with the combine, with the 30 visits, with, you know, private workouts, uh, we had more breadcrumbs to understand where these players were headed this year. It's so intriguing because we don't have those breadcrumbs or as many breadcrumbs. And then the five quarterbacks. That it makes it really tough, like if you're just doing a mock draft, to match up, okay, we know Lawrence is going one, we think Wilson is going two, but then the other three quarterbacks. Where you're playing matchmaker and trying to figure out, okay, where do we put these guys? Uh that's the toughest part of this. And that will directly influence who is available at ten for Dallas. It will influence it, but also, uh, you, you mentioned it, Dave, because of how unpredictable this is, because of the draft process, because there's so much of a lack of information, not even information, but just insider information, because you don't get to talk to these players, uh, or excuse me, these front offices and these coaching staffs, but you also got to think those front offices, and, uh, front offices and coaching staffs don't also get to talk to the players a whole lot. I mean, in terms of face-to-face contact, you get a couple of Zoom meetings here and there. But then outside of the Senior Bowl, there's really no in-person contact throughout the entire process. How tough is it going to be on these front offices this year 
to make decisions on who guys are off the field, on the field, doesn't matter just because of how tough this process has been. Sure. Yeah, we actually, you know, throw a little name drop in there. We got a little bit of FaceTime with Will McClay about an hour and a half ago, did a short interview for for our .com and talked about that, talked about how they've had to get creative and they don't have the access. You know, players aren't allowed at their facilities. And they, they can say whatever they want about how well the Zoom meetings have gone. And to, they did say that, but it's just different. And yeah. you talk to any scout and it goes that's what i said way back in january this goes back to august like you know the scouts haven't been they haven't had the access on campus that they're used to they haven't had the access at games that they're used to i doubt the average area scout knows the guys that he's responsible for half as well as he would in a non-covid year so you have to find ways around all of that and I'm, you know, any of y'all can attest to this. Like, you talk to people that are on the inside of this. This whole thing has been a nightmare, and I'm positive they are. I mean, it's exciting because you get to add new players to your team, but I bet they're ready to put this draft cycle in the rear view for a lot of reasons. I gotta say, I'm just kind of bummed out that Aaron Rodgers and Tim Tebow tried to like spoil <laughs> draft night by getting in the headlines. Hi guys, go away. We're having a draft. Spoil it or make it better, though. Like, what if I, I don't think he is? But like, what if Aaron Rodgers is really like on the block tonight? How fun would that be? I mean, I guess that hanging over it does add a little uh, Days of Our Lives element to the to the show. I'll, I'll give you that, but it's not going to happen. In the end, I want to talk about you know who's going to take. Is this Mac Jones happening at three or Trey Lance or? Uh, could Fields be the guy at three, and and all? What's Atlanta going to do at four? And then, are, are the Saints going to try to move up from twenty eight? Uh, will the Cowboys jump back in to round one? Will they come back in to round one? Like what all could happen? Like to me, I, I like all those stories. Not uh, you know quarterbacks, you know, hmm. and you know Tim Tebow's thirty three trying to get back in the league. Like, go away, guys. That's a minor league baseball player trying to play football again. Which ironically, as a tight end. Tim Tebow could have probably had a decent NFL career if he had just agreed to play tight end back in twenty ten. So it's true, kind yeah. of ironic. It's my fault. I brought it up. I'm the <laughs> bad guy. Damn it, here. Kevin. Come should on. we should we talk about it though, just to get it out of the way because of the news that dropped today? I I can't even remember. It was Schefter who brought it up initially, right? Which part? Rogers, the Rogers part. Yeah. Should we just get that out of the way? Can I to kind of set the table because it could, like you said, play a big factor yeah, by into all, what's happening. By all means, do it. But do we all agree that we don't expect anything like that to happen tonight? Yeah, I think we can agree on that. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's really strange timing uh, to do this now. Um, you know, it's very very unlikely we see a trade, but it, it seems like there's. You know, this is a real thing. This is something that is going to be ongoing throughout the off season, and Packers better figure it out. Uh, they, they better get this fixed. But I don't think that it's something that will necessarily affect what happens uh, tonight at all. But, you know, we're, we're not going to see a team. We're not going to see the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers tonight. I think we feel confident about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the report was that you know the San Francisco uh, called Green Bay. But like San Francisco gave up three first rounders to to get up to three from twelve, no. so it's not like they're a a fun team to do business with. You know there are some teams that you could see you know doing some moving and shaking, but I don't know. We we got through it. We brought it up and we killed the topic. Right? There you go. Nothing's going to happen tonight. I would imagine unless that, it does, which I almost want it to. But that that is a really good point. Like we spent so long. Getting ready to dissect this, and that's yeah. Just do that any other day. Let us let us have this. It's draft Christmas for crying out loud. Do you? Uh, so of course the Packers picking at twenty nine, and and I don't think, like you said, we expect anything to happen 
with the Packers specifically in quarterback situations at the moment. But Dave, you and I had the conversation upstairs earlier that we've gone through almost every single scenario, almost every single way that this top 10 could work out in front of the Cowboys as you could. I mean, we started talking about this draft in December. Whenever the Cowboys were 3-9, and nine, we were on the draft show and we were talking through this all the way through. But how likely is it that the players that we've pretty much talked about in the top 10 stay those players in the top 10? Or how likely is it for somebody outside the top 10 to get into that conversation? I looked this up, I, and credit to Dane Brugler. I have every, I have every copy of your beast going <laughs> back to 14. And I, just, I went through, which not to throw shade at you, I hope you understand that. I just, <laughs> I went through your top 100 and I just circled names that got drafted 15 or more spots higher than you had them right. or 15 or most more spots lower than you had them. And for the record, you were right way more often than you were wrong. Um, but it happens like six to eight times per first round. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's some really famous examples. Cleveland Farrell is the one that's mm. just burned into my brain. That one's big. So um, who's going to be that guy this year? Well, that's the thing. All right. So going back to 20, I think I went back to 15, so six okay. uh, six years. It, it averages like there were at least two every year and as many as eight some years. And so if you're even averaging like five or six, that's with a, a more complete draft cycle. Right. I think there's going to be even more variance, and pro- probably not in the top ten. I think maybe there's like one or two surprises, but I think for the most part, the ten names we hear in the top ten will be names that we're used to. But I think it's going to get wild once you get past about fourteen or fifteen in terms of like, oh my god, like that that guy. Yeah. Okay, all right, I'm here for it. And that's honestly, I, you know, mock drafts. I would have no problem going over thirty two in my mock draft because you know what? That means it was a fun draft. Yeah. That means it was unpredictable, uh, and that. That's what, that's what we're here for. That's what we love the NFL draft. We don't know what's going to happen. And tonight, with everything we've been talking about, the unpredictable nature of just this process, uh, five quarterbacks, we just don't know where they're going to go and the domino effect that will be after that, uh, the, the lack of breadcrumbs, it, it, it's going to be really interesting to see this thing play out. I think you're right. Once we get, especially the back half of round one, we're, we're going to see some you know, eye raising, eyebrow raising picks that just maybe we didn't see coming. But I am, I'm also curious too. And you know, you beat, we beat these narratives down, and for good reason. But you know, we spent a couple months saying like this could be the latest a defender gets drafted in the top ten yeah. ever. You know, maybe the Cowboys pick the first defender, and then draft night comes around, <laughs> and we're hearing chirping that the Eagles might try to get ahead of the Cowboys for a corner. The Saints are apparently trying to move heaven and earth to get a corner. And so you can't take any of this for granted. And that's – I've been in the building all day. There is a nervous energy oh, yeah. emanating out of the football side of this building. Like you can feel it. Like you can feel – I don't know if I want to say terrified, but I just think that they're antsy about are we going to have our guys? Is, are, is the player we want going to fall to us? We think so, but can we afford to think that way? And I think for us it's like – this is like Christmas. But for them, it's more like before the Super Bowl. You know, it's before a big game where you do have those butterflies and you're wondering, okay, what's going to happen? And there's a look inside the war room. Jerry Jones sitting in the middle. Stephen Jones to his left-hand side. And then Mike McCarthy to the right-hand side. Mike looking very dapper with the suit top and the handkerchief today. And, uh, of course, I mean, you talked about the energy that's coming from that building or from that side of the building, rather. And this is just a couple feet down the hallway from where we sit right now at the Ford Center. But, uh, goodness, I mean, KT, you, you've been here for a couple of moments, too. Could you feel it when you walked in? Because, like, like, like Dave said, we've been here all day specifically talking about it, but 
Could you walk in and kind of feel that buzz, feel that energy that's across the hall? Absolutely. I, I looked at my Apple Watch the last night, and I said I slept for two hours, so I couldn't even sleep last <laughs> night. I'm excited. I have no no idea what what those guys are thinking. But um, you know, I think Stephen uh, described it. I saw our, our Nick Eatman uh, tweet out that Stephen described himself as feeling nervous. And there's a lot of there's a lot of outcomes that could happen. I mean, picking ten is what it seems like could happen here, sitting in there and uh, just taking a good player. But man, the moving and shaking does feel imminent. And I don't know if it's the the storm clouds outside. When I got out of my car today, and I I quickly uh, had to throw on this nice these nice clothes over my white <laughs> t shirt, and I started getting rained on a little bit. It just feel a little imminent that there's going to be a little action tonight. So, you know, another thing though that I'll say about like this whole thing, it's really awesome to be in here because we've been doing this like virtually for a long time, uh, doing the draft show virtually to see you guys. It's it's been nice and run into people. Yeah. But also, there's nothing quite like the text messages you get. A week before the draft, from and I know Dane talks to more people than I do. People around the league, and just say, oh, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing this, and it feels like maybe more more of that going on than than last year or the last two years. So I don't know, man. I don't. I'm glad I didn't gamble a lot on this draft. <laughs> Typically, I've got a gambling problem. Just kidding. That would be a wonderful way to lose that fancy suit that you're wearing. Yeah. If you're yeah. trying to gamble on It's this a really thing. fancy suit. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Dane, specifically, talking, I mean, one, is Gil Brandt going to call you at any point throughout this process? Because so. he calls you twice a show, pretty much. Whenever we'll, we'll we find out. Are we going to get a we'll, call we'll from Gil Brandt? Uh, have you kind of seen that as well? I mean, just the communication. Maybe people are just itching to talk to each other again after what was all of 2020. But maybe here in this 2021 process, a little bit more of that information sharing? Sure. I mean, I think that's – it's everything's been different. So you kind of – you have to think outside the box with how you attack this draft. And it's it, – it, for those of us on the outside and to, for those, uh, you know, behind the scenes uh, with teams. And it's been interesting uh, because, you know, I – I talked to two teams uh, about two hours ago. They're both picking in the top ten, teams that I'm close with. One said they think Trey Lance is going three. The other said Mac Jones is going three. So, uh, you know. Uh, Thanks for wow. clearing that up. Right, exactly. <laughs> they know as much as we do uh, when it comes to several topics in this draft. It's just it's a very unpredictable nature. Um, and it's, it's going to be fun to see it play out. It is going to be fun. And the Cowboys, of course, have some pretty solid – draft capital to go with we we have the the war room cam that we've already hit we also have a look outside at the tostitos championship plaza which there's a party going on i don't know if it's outside anymore because it actually was raining oh it is oh there it is that's actually inside i, say, I think got a band and everything they moved it all indoors because of the rain but of course a uh covid safe party out there in the uh in the ford center covid safe as much as you can i guess but Certainly a fun day brought to you by Miller Lite. I'll go ahead and pay the bills a little bit here because our good friends at Miller Lite, you can see some of the cans on that side of the table. Great taste, only 96 calories, 3.2 carbs. However, you and your friends are enjoying Miller time. You can have the original light beer delivered by going to MillerLite.com forward slash buy beer online. Find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Sound like one of the commercials that they have online. But, man, yeah, Miller Lite doing a great job with the draft day party outside with us here on the draft show all season long. So special thanks to our friends over at Miller. But let's take a look at the Cowboys draft picks 1 through 10 because we have 10 whole picks 
this draft this time around. It's which, easy to forget about the other nine. Like, you know, <laughs> we talk about 10 so much. Which I realized today, like, you know, 44, 75, 99, we've beaten that into the ground. And then it's, what, 115 and 138 in the fourth? Yep. yep. I, I realized, I was like, I couldn't tell you the number of the picks in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Like, we'll get to that when we get to that. Because we got, I got, and this is just me talking, but I'm like, I got some hay to make with these four <laughs> top 100s. We can, we can pick those later. But, yeah, there they are. 179, 192, 227, and 238. See, and that's the thing that makes this draft so intriguing from the Cowboys side of things is because, yes, you do have multiple picks in both rounds three and rounds four. So if you do want to maybe try and make some noise, get back into the top 100, you have the capital to do so. And I know, David Hellman, you don't necessarily like trading up. You want all ten of those throws at the dartboard. But if you're able to get back into the top 100, isn't that a good thing? It just depends. It just depends on. The, I, and I know, like that's such a wussy answer, but <laughs> tell me who I'm going up for, and I'll tell you how much I hate it or not. Because if you're telling me we're going up for like an offensive tackle that I sort of like, but don't. Or uh, we we did this on Monday. You tried to get me to trade up I did. for Trevon Merrig at 32, and I was like, "Are you insane?" Like, <laughs> thank you. Which I like Trevon Merrig a lot, but Are I also like picking on day two. I love picking on day two. It's uh, the sweet spot of the draft. Wait, was I wrong? No, no. I mean, I get it. it. It's it is really hard to part with those day two That's, picks. I didn't get to do enough shows with you this year because yeah. you're my you're my buddy. <laughs> right. You're my buddy on the don't trade us. Right, cut right. The I saving gotta, grace. I got to talk to Brian all the time, who's like, get your guy. It doesn't matter. What Coward. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. no, Brian on this show. I mean, they, uh, KT ended up taking Gregory Rousseau anyways with that 44th I know, which, pick. If I that's, on, that's on y'all for giving me the pick. I just, wanted to have fun. I just wanted to make Jeff mad. I would rather have Trevon Merrick and no 44 than uh, um, wow, Gregory Rousseau. Sure. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. But we, we toy around with like mock draft exercises. Like, oh, we're all football nerds here. So we're sure. like, uh, we're at home and we're just doing mock draft exercises. But it didn't really slap me square in the face until we did it live. Yeah. When we got to 44, it's like, man, five or six good players that I like. You got to 75, you're like, dang, five or six good players. Like, sometimes it's not always that easy. I mean, I go back to the Tristan Hill. It was kind of like Tristan Hill or Juan Thornhill. We kind of got it narrowed down, maybe a couple other good players. Like, I was sitting there going at 75, and we uh, ended that mock draft exercise the other day here on the draft show. And I was going, whoa, there's quite a few great names left for us to take at 75. And maybe some of those names will be there for you at 99. So, can I uh, can I throw this out there real quick? Yes, it's not, and I know like I, I want to like use as much like journalistic integrity as possible. No, but I'm go just going to throw it. out Twitter buzz because it's, it is it's everywhere. It is relevant. There's a lot of hubbub right now about Denver making a deal for Aaron Rodgers. Is not, it nothing anywhere is official. besides Schlereth, or is it all Schlereth? I think it's all coming back to the Schlereth report. It's all going back to Schlereth report. Is pretty plugged into the Broncos organization. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Just and saying, he like won two Super Bowls there. So they would. I mean, if. If that were to happen, I'm just saying that matters because we talk, we're talking about adding another quarterback to the mix because Green Bay is probably not taking a quarterback at nine. I guess they could, Why but not? that's one pick before Dallas, and we've talked about a quarterback being there at ten and how that could bring up trade back possibilities for you potentially if that were to happen. This, the, I'm just the Cowboys. The, this does have ramifications that relate oh, to the Cowboys. Of course, no. If it, I mean, if that were to happen, it's the team right in front of Dallas. Of course, it has ramifications. Which, and you know, yeah, journalistic integrity. We'd have no idea what's going to happen, but 
somebody uh, somebody tweeted at me a minute ago. It was like because y'all brushed that aside so quickly, it means it's gonna happen. Yeah, that's very be, true. That would be the most on brand very thing true. Ever. I mean, it, it, maybe things have been in the works for you know weeks. Obviously, like, just because it really came to light. Uh, today doesn't mean that it hasn't been being talked about behind closed doors for the last few weeks. So anything's possible. I'll still be surprised if we see a trade. Um, hey, if, if that helps make it happen, then let's that's great. I, honestly, like I'm chaos. Happy to bring be it. Wrong. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm giddy, and like that has no effect on my life whatsoever. But just right. the thought of a player that good, who, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is definitely still in his prime. He's the reigning MVP. No doubt. Yeah. Getting shipped cross conference on draft night. I don't. I mean, I can't remember anything like that. In oh, my that life. would be nuts. Poor KT. That nine. Would be nuts. Well, is it nine? And is it is it is it two? So you get nine this year, oh, and then you get the next two first rounders. I can't. What are we talking ima- about? I can't even imagine what the package. Well, look at who, who's their GM. George Payton. Where did he come from? Minnesota. Minnesota. Who oh. had to watch Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, twice a, a year point. for the last how many years? So. Far. Right. Wasn't he there when they got far? Yeah, yeah, he if was. I'm, if I'm Green Bay, I would want like the next four ones and Cortland Sutton and maybe Von Miller. Just throw it all on the truck if you want. Aaron <laughs> throw Rodgers. in a Bridgewater just in case. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> throw, hell yeah. Throw in Bridgewater too. and Drew Locke. Just throw both of those guys into the the pile. Let's go ahead and look at the the draft order though. One through ten to start things off, and this is what's going to happen in front of the Dallas Cowboys. And, and we're talking about Denver sitting there at nine. The Packers are all the way at 29, so uh, of course it would probably take getting up to that point and then jumping in front of the Cowboys, but this is how it goes, 1 through 9. Jacksonville, New York, include the Jets, I should say, the New York Jets. San Francisco, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Miami, Detroit, Carolina, then Denver. If we want to flip the page and go over to the Dallas Cowboys at 10, then it's a run of the NFC East teams, because it's the Cowboys followed by the Giants, then it's the Philadelphia Eagles at 12, the Chargers, followed by Minnesota. Minnesota, New England, Arizona, Las Vegas, Miami, Washington, and then the 20s, Chicago, which, of course, that's a team that could potentially trade up and try and go get a quarterback if need be. Indianapolis, Tennessee, the New York Jets again as they have their second first round pick. Pittsburgh, the second first round pick for Jacksonville is at 25. Cleveland, Baltimore, New Orleans at 28. That's a team that's been hungry about jumping up, maybe getting a corner. We just talked about Green Bay at 29. And then the final three picks of the first round, Buffalo, Baltimore via the trade with Kansas City. And then the reigning world champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 32 before we get into round two. But we keep talking about these trades and the scenarios that could potentially work their way up as the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock now. Dane, you said there may have been talks between these teams prior to draft night, just based off of the reports that we're hearing, if they end up being true, do you think it's more likely a team trades up to get a quarterback or maybe like a New Orleans team goes up for a non-quarterback? Well, uh, these quarterbacks have to go somewhere, right? And if uh, we see quarterbacks go one, two, three, and, and then it's just trying to find the landing spots for those other two other two quarterbacks. And so it, it's most likely going to come via trade-up. Uh, I, I, I it's probably not going to happen where the Patriots are just going to sit at 15 and let the quarterback fall to them. It, it More likely they'll go up to 12 or somewhere to go get the quarterback. And then what do the Bears do? The Bears are in a really interesting spot with uh, you know Nagy and Pace, and you know they're 
their, their seat's pretty warm. And so do they have clearance from the ownership to make a deal to give up the draft capital that it would take to go get a quarterback? That's a little bit of an unknown right now. So, uh, you know, New Orleans, they're always a wild card. Uh, you know, could they go up for a corner? Sure. They did it for Marcus Davenport four years ago. Uh, you know, they could do it again for a corner this year. I know they, they really desperate for one and it doesn't sound like they feel good about the options that'll be available for them in the back half of round one. So I, I just keep coming back to these quarterbacks and there's a good bet that, okay, Jacksonville and the Jets won two. But good bet those other three quarterbacks will not be drafted by teams that originally had that pick. Hmm. Man, I feel like I'm in this uh, I'm in this world where I've been thinking about the Cowboys pick so much at ten, and we've been doing the whole like horn Sertan dance for three months now. Well, once the Farley injury happened, right? Right. As we started doing that dance. And then you started like going, okay, okay. So we talked about Rashawn Slater. We've talked about Penny Sewell. We've talked about Kyle Pitts. And uh, you know, a lot of people roll their eyes at the Kyle Pitts conversation at this point because it doesn't seem likely at all. And I, we talked a little bit about would they consider Quiddy Pay? Would they consider Ojulari? The, the fifth year option for Leighton Vanderesh is coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to make that decision next week. Monday. And that, I think that that does throw Micah Parsons into the mix, and we should be talking about him. A Honestly, little bit. I think. Micah Parsons is of all of the names of the short list, like he's the one that we've probably talked about the least. And yeah. to be brutally honest, speak for yourself. I talk about it every well, week our, okay, on Talking okay, Cowboys. We do well. Yeah, I you, get in an argument show every with week. The Micah, I should say, you do a show with the Micah Parsons fan club. Yeah, I, I really do on the draft show. <laughs> and if I'm being brutally honest, I would say. You know, how many of us are on, are on this damn show? Like ten people? Like the ten of like we probably, <laughs> seven total. We probably like Parsons the least. Yep. Is that fair to say? Probably uh, of of their uh, of the guys on this short the list, realistic options two corners and two tackles yeah, yeah. And, and throw in pits if you want to sure oh, yeah. so yeah and I think that's probably why but I you know I think I think we've we've covered it and I think it is something I think it's definitely something to keep in mind if this smoke about corners going earlier than anticipated is true you know it, it's hard to imagine with all those quarterbacks that they get completely wiped out. But if they're in a situation where both corners and both tackles are gone and they don't want to bail on the pick, I think Parsons would be the pick. So, But that's the thing I think KT's even talking about is are we talking about it realistically from a Cowboy standpoint that even if they're not wiped out, even if Maybe those guys are there, they else? take them anyway. Entirely possible. Like Only they know their grades. And we know that they like him. We do know that. We do know that. Um for me, for me, and again, that's I can only answer for myself. For me, it's just about positional value. Yeah, that's fair. At number ten, I want somebody that has a much bigger impact on the passing game. An offensive tackle keeps your quarterback healthy. A cornerback helps you defeat other quarterbacks. Like that's how you win in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah. Micah Parsons is a great player. I honestly, I don't, I don't think I would hate that pick. Like, I wouldn't hate it either. I'm not gonna say like, oh, they ruined this draft. Right. It's yeah. more just that there are two or three other players that I'd rather have more. And nickel is base. No, that's the thing sure. that I keep going to. So if you're you're telling me if you draft Michael Parsons, that one of Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch are not going to be on the field a lot, ideally, that's what you're telling me, and that's where it kind of gets. You do have to have depth. I get all of that, but from the beginning, when you're drafting him. He starts, and you're going to play with two linebackers most of the time. It I, is. I do, oh. Sorry, I do wonder though if they did draft him there. Um, would they have plans to use him as a pass rusher? As an edge as well? rusher? Yeah. I mean, you look yeah. at it. He's three pounds lighter than Aziz Ajilari. 
I mean, like, yeah. it. plus he's an inch taller. Sure. So, I mean, he. there's a lot to like about him as a pass rusher in, in you know, any type of passing down. So, you know, I, I think that if that's part of your plan with Dan Quinn at, at, as the defensive coordinator, I, then it becomes a lot more tolerable uh, in terms of value. I have to. And that's what, that's what would sell me on it. Right. Like, if you tell me that Micah Parsons is going to, you know, have six sacks minimum per season – I'm in. Like, I can live with that. And Dan Quinn, I know it didn't work out, but, you know, the, the foundation, you know, they always say the first pick you make as a head coach is really telling. What yeah. was the first pick he made as a head coach? Vic Beasley. Yeah. Uh, which is, a, it's a, a, I don't want to make a strict comparison, but it's a similar idea. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's, that's intriguing. Jalen Smith has some of that to his game. And then something we probably haven't talked about enough is that Keanu Neal is supposedly going to play some linebacker here. So, I could play a lot of linebackers. Yeah, I mean, here. he could exclusively play it, although I think that gets a little more difficult if you add Micah Parsons to the mix. Fager. But that is definitely intriguing. And it, mm-hmm. it honestly, it reminds me a lot of, of the Joey Bosa conversation. Like, remember, Brian famously <laughs> compared Joey Bosa to Greg, Greg Ellis, Ellis, and everybody <laughs> lost their damn minds. Greg Ellis had a pretty damn good career. Yeah. Obviously, Joey Bosa seems like he's going to be much better than that. Right. But I do feel like... You know, we've we've probably poo pooed Parsons a little bit on this show, and that, like I I don't I don't hate him. I don't I don't hate the idea. There are just other guys I like more. If that's what they wind up with, I think they can make it work. Who, who do you think's more likely? Let's say both corners are off the board. What's more likely, Rashawn Slater or Micah Parsons at ten? I think that's fascinating. I, would, I think it would probably be Parsons, which is interesting. And then maybe that's just the pressure on the defensive side of the football. A pressure to try and fix what has been broken on that side, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe it also that would also send a direct message, whichever way they go there, that sends a direct message to me on how they feel about the health of Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. Because if they pick Slater there over Parsons, who is obviously an upgrade to the defensive side, then you're saying that okay, we're pretty comfortable. See, uh, or if you pick Slater over Parsons, you would not feel comfortable with Tyron Smith. I again, and then the other way around. I agree with everything you just said, but I, again, I go back to positional value because like Rashawn Slater's probably taking Connor Williams's job mm-hmm. in, he would. in year one at least. Mm-hmm. So now. Which, love you, Connor. I'm not trying to talk trash on you, but you could maybe deal Connor Williams this weekend or at the very least have the best backup guard in the league or one of them. And then if something happens to Tyron or Lyell, you're ready to go. Let's rock and roll. So, And again, why is this team going to win games? Because you're off your offense and Dak Prescott. Right. And so... Again, that feels so much more valuable to me than Micah Parsons, and that's not a knock on Parsons. And the thing that with Slater that I love is the position versatility. Like he really allows you to get the five best on the field because he, if you know Tyron gets hurt, he can play left tackle. If Lyle Collins gets hurt, he can play right tackle. He can play anywhere on the interior. He gives you five position versatility, and I feel like that gets thrown out there a lot, but it is legit with Rashawn Slater and that value right there. Uh, to me, is why he should be the pick. But, uh, I mean, to your point, if they feel comfortable with the offensive line the way it is, they really want to go defense, you just can't rule out uh, Parsons there. Dane, how do you rank those four players? Talking about the two corners, Rashawn Slater, Micah Parsons, because I think if we if we narrowed it down, if we had to narrow it down to four names for the Cowboys at 10, that would most likely be the four. Right. How do you rank those one through four? In general, or for the, this team specifically? Let's do this team specifically. Um, see, it, it's tough because that's. I, I think Penny Sewell is the best player of the group. Um, mm-hmm. I, for a twenty-year-old to, to be at the level that he is, to be both mentally and physically, I just 
I'm blown away by that. I, Penny's will be one for me. Then uh, probably Sertan. And then it'd be probably Horn, then Slater. It toss up between Slater and, and Horn um, okay. for for this team because they they do need that, uh, that another corner. And so I'd, I'd probably go Horn then Slater. But I mean, you're talking about four really good players, four that you could really make a case for belong in the top ten. So uh, you know, I, I think if they have a choice between one of those four, that's not a bad problem to have. It's not a bad problem, KT. Specifically, we've talked about. Patrick Sertan versus J.C. Horn for quite some time. Of course, corners out of Alabama and South Carolina, respectively. How, how do you rank those two specifically? Because, I mean, that could very well end up being the pick if they want to go toward the corner spot and both are available. Well, before Caleb Farley got hurt, it was Caleb Farley and Patrick Sertan. Right. And pretty big distance between Sertan and Horn, for me personally. So I have Sertan over Horn. Um you know, I, I I wouldn't hate Horn at ten, but I feel like Horn at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen makes me feel a little more comfortable. And I know that can sound like a, someone who's on the fence or something, but at ten, I think you should be picky about who you're taking. Like I don't think you should take a guy that you're not comfortable. That's me. Now, how they feel about him completely different, and that's Boy, what it's all going to come down to. But you know, I, I do think it's very important whoever you have. You know, and I also get kind of annoyed like when people talk about the draft with like. This year, this year, yeah, like we're embarrassed about what happened on defense. No, in the first round, you're drafting a guy for five years, ideally. At ten, there's a difference, man. There's a clear cut first round grade that you know you're going to have. So, to me, I've got a pretty big div- uh, dividing line between Sertan and Horn. Dave, same question. Yeah, well, and it's funny. I mean, I've I've been Sertan the whole way, and I think I picked him in our mock on Monday, and my reasoning stays the same. Like I just. To steal Dane's, you know, Dane's been saying this for years. High floor. I just, yeah. I cannot, for the life of me, imagine Patrick Sertan busting. Like maybe he'll never be Patrick yeah. Peterson, but he's right. not going to wash out of the league. Yeah, just like Laquan Treadwell. You know. How dare you? How <laughs> hey, dare I'm you? with you, man. Uh, I was right there with you. There's, hey, there's no such thing as a sure it. thing. That's there's it. no such thing. But it's really hard to imagine. Patrick <laughs> Sertan just feels safe. He was the man at Bama from day one. Yep. Rave reviews as a player, rave reviews as a guy, but just, you know, I've been in the office a little bit more than usual this week, which is, you know, it's fun at this time of year. You bump into people. It's been good to have you back. Thanks, man. Um, I, which we'll, we'll see. I really don't know. And Stephen Jones said last week that they hadn't decided on a, on a top cornerback, but I get the feeling that that like dog, that whole thing about Mm -hmm. Horn being an alpha. Right. I think they view him as a potential culture changer, and especially the, especially the coaches. Yeah, oh yeah. That's you know that's and, and you talk to the South Carolina coaches, and they tell you the the moment he stepped on the campus as a true freshman, he was that guy, and so that's something that resonates. Um, now, okay, let me ask you this: Would you feel comfortable? Let's say both corners are off the board, but Slater and Parsons are there. Do you feel comfortable trading back? Let's just say the Bears call. Would you feel comfortable trading back to 20? Ooh, all the way to 20. Yeah. I would rather that phone call come from New England. <laughs> sure, but they're not calling. Uh, Chicago's calling. 20 is harsh, man. Depends on what it you is. give me, but nah, well, okay, let's it say, would take a lot. I mean, uh, uh, what, a two, a two this year? Give me your one next year, and I would yeah. think about it. If it's for a quarterback, then yeah, one's probably I think involved. I need next year's one. Yeah. Okay, next year's one, this year's two. Pretty good haul. Uh, who and and you would get I mean, 20 as well. 
of right. course. I'm you haven't figured yeah. out who I'm targeting. So you have to trade away. And let's just say one of the corners are on there on the, on the board too. So you're trading away from one of those corners, Slater and Parsons, to go back to 20. Would you do that? If I'm getting next year's one, I'd be sorely tempted. And I'm, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm just looking at a big... Especially from Chicago, a team that you don't think will compete as well as maybe some others. That could throw your way they into did, it. Did, they did make the playoffs They've last got a year. target on their back. But, I mean, you've got a head coach and a GM on job life support. I mean, if there's anyone who doesn't care about future picks, it's them. Now, that may come down to like an ownership thing in Chicago, but like... They need to go get aggressive and go do something. So that's a team I'm okay. I'm happy actually, to do business I'm, with. I'm looking. I'm looking at you know just because it's so funny. And I was thinking about that. Like I've been so focused on the top ten mm-hmm. up until this week. I couldn't have even told you the order of the teams in the twenties. Like I don't care. <laughs> Let's go get Barmore at twenty. Or, I mean, Let's jump back Christian in. Christian get... Barmore, a guy that Greg Newsom. I think everybody in the world knows that the Cowboys have eyes for Trevon Merrick. Like I'd like it. Sure. They they like him. Aziz Ojalari, does he hang around at twenty? I don't hate the idea of Quiddy Pay at twenty a little bit. I love that actually. Yeah. So yes, I think the answer is yes. I think I'd do that. So yeah. kind of going back to the the corner talk, I do like the idea of maybe talking about potential tradebacks because I think we will see that the Cowboys have fielded calls and that might go into uh, some calls in the future. But with with the corners. And you kind of alluded to this as well, just kind of hearing the buzz around the building and maybe what they're thinking specifically when it comes to J.C. Horn versus Patrick Sertan. Do you think there's some past demons, some some ghosts that are haunting this this front office about maybe the corners that they've had in the, on this team in the past? Because if you look at Patrick Sertan, that could be your Byron Jones. You might have had Byron Jones as Patrick Sertan, that high-floor guy, not going to bust. He's going to be a solid player for you, but he's not going to do anything over-the-top special. Whereas J.C. Horn could very well be a Jalen Ramsey, a guy that you passed on previous in drafts and turned out to be that alpha mentality, that alpha dog. Do you think there's any of that conversation and that back and forth that's going on based off of some of the the past dealings that the Cowboys have done in the draft? I really hope not. And I know, like, cornerback hasn't. It hasn't been something that they're wonderful at. Like Cheeto and Jordan Lewis were fine picks. They weren't great. Obviously, Mo Claiborne was one of their bigger misses ever. Mm. Um, but they just, you know, Tray- Trayvon Diggs looks to be a good pick. I, just, I really hope a front office that's got as good of a track record as the Cowboys do. Granted, most of those successes over the last decade are on offense. But I would hope you have a little more confidence in yourself than to second-guess yourself because of that. And there still is quite some time until the Cowboys pick at 10, but Roger Goodell is making his way to the stage. He's kind of Joe working Thomas. the crowd a little bit there in Cleveland. Yeah, Joe Thomas is right Bernie, on his shoulder. Is you 2 going to play on Jervis the stage? Landry. They had to drag the Kings of Leon off the stage. This is the most intricate stage I've ever seen. It's pretty impressive. Bernie Kozar. It's God. like Imagine Dragons. Jarvis Landry not wearing any purple. Interesting. He, he would be if Joe was up for in this draft. As you can see, <laughs> I have a few friends here with me. Let me introduce them, even though they don't need to be introduced to Brittany Dance. First, Jarvis Landry. True story. Bernie Kosar is my first jersey ever. I'm wow. shocked to hear that. Cowboys jersey, though. Oh, my God. Ooh. Where's Jason Garrett's guy, Brian Stipe? 
<laughs> we all agree that over the past season, one thing that we missed the most was all our fans, all of you. And we can't wait. Bernie. Bernie. He's, oh, they Bernie. He's a god there. I'm telling you. <laughs> With all due respect to Joe Thomas and Jarvis Landry, what have they won in Cleveland? Good point. Jarvis Landry got him to the playoffs, kind of. Have all of you back in First Energy Stadium and every stadium across the league this season. Look up into the war room as well in the top left-hand corner. So tonight, to celebrate our fans, we're going to have an NFL fan from out here that's backstage come up to this stage for each draft pick tonight. Wow. And sit in that chair, which is a chair I did the draft from in 2020. What? No, I was thinking about... So I'm going to let Jarvis and Bernie pick the Jaguar fan who comes up first. Guys, go for it. So they don't get to read the pick. They're just going to go sit in the chair? <laughs> I don't, is that I what's guess. happening? In the immortal words of Brian Broaddus, <laughs> just make the pick. <laughs> It is Goodell's chair. All right, we got a winner. Goodness. We got a winner. Let's get so this they're sh- doing this for every single team? Every team? It and looks like like for the first round, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Still. Fired up before we start tonight. So Big Joe. Big Joe. Not so big anymore. Not, as, not at all. Cleveland. How about them brownies, huh? We had a pretty good year, Joe. We doing this before the first round pick or first overall pick? I feel like I'm on the Muni lot again. I think there's a draft making a pick on Saturday, so <laughs> just getting started. All right, we put the Jaguar fan in the commissioner's chair. Interesting. So, yeah, we're uh, still waiting for the pick. From Roger Goodell. Oh, he's about to just put him on the clock. The pick's not even in yet. Oh, of course not. No, yeah, you got to oh, draw this out. The Jags are going to take eight minutes, and I'm going to hate every second of it. Well, I'm even looking at the clock here. So it's officially open. That's the announcement. That feels good to hear, though. It does. It does. We're here, man. Are now on the clock. People people started texting us or tweeting us about starting the draft show on like October fifteenth. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think very Dak, easy. Dak went down on October eleventh. So <laughs> now on the clock. That doesn't get you excited. I don't know. No, it, it, it does. Will. Come on. Gets the blood pumping a little bit. I mean, I'm even looking. I've got the official sheets from the NFL saying like when, what time they're supposed to go. And round one, pick one, was supposed to be made in, turned in, ready to go by 7.10 Central Time. So we're already, what, seven minutes behind almost? Oh, more than that? We're going to be on the air till this is 12.30. So <laughs> round one, pick 32, is supposed to conclude at 11.34 as the quickest. 12.03 is the latest. So yeah, it, I mean it might be it might be way well past midnight before we do get off the air. But so glad that every one of you are with us and listening. And sure, I mean Dave, you just mentioned it specifically around the the, the draft show and the Cowboys and uh, some of the fans out there who wanted us to start early. We did start early whenever the season was still three and nine. Yeah. Then the Cowboys won three straight games and almost made the playoffs at seven and nine oh, instead. They and if fell. you don't if you don't think I've been hearing from Team Tank this week about like we, we could avoid we these problems if 
if the Cowboys would have just lost to the damn Bengals. If we would have lost to the Bengals, we would have been at four, and then it would have been Kyle Pitts. I feel like you would still be a little bit of team tank at that point. I, I mean, it's 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 beyond our control. I'm a look forward guy. I'm a I'm a don't stress about things you can't control guy. That's a good point. Would it be better? Would it be cool if the Cowboys had a higher pick? Yeah, but. I can't expect a locker room of professional athletes to lay down and die because I want Kyle Pitts, you know? So here we are, and it's fine. No worries. You underestimate the... The, 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 tank, the tank thing in football does bother me because that's a sport where you could literally get killed. Yeah. On the football field. Like, okay, you want to like uh, yeah, tank it in basketball and set guys or, or baseball. Like in football, I know, I know it gets brought up. You can put worse players on the field technically. It's really a dangerous thing to do. So, you know, let's just enjoy the fact that we yeah. got through the year, and here we are at 10. 10 is a nice place to be. Would you rather be 10 or 19 tonight? That's <laughs> true. 10 all, God. It's, we were just talking about trading back to 20 a minute ago. But that Urban, is a, Urban can't sit still. That's a conscious decision, though. What, it, I mean, is Urban is Urban nervous? Like, oh, is, yeah, he afraid, oh, yeah. is he afraid the phone's not going to work? He, he, that's just how he's <laughs> wired. He is a, he's a weird guy like that. He's going to pick Justin Fields, he's his Ohio around. State product. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, well, technically, he never had him at Ohio State. So that's I don't, true. That, he recruited him, though. Yeah, he did recruit him. You think he makes this work, Dane? And by work, I mean consistent playoff team? Well, when you have Trevor Lawrence, you got a shot. And yeah. This is going to be a big draft for them. They have five picks in the first 65. So that's the chance to make over your roster. Uh, two, two twos, uh, or two ones, two twos, and a th- an early third. That's pretty good. So uh, a really big opportunity for Jacksonville and for Urban Meyer here. So outside of Trevor Lawrence being the obvious number one overall pick here, which should happen in the next six minutes or so, but what's the next step for Jacksonville? Because, of course, like we said, we're going to see them a little bit later on in the first round, and then they'll have the first pick tomorrow as well. What is that next need for the, the Jaguars overall, or is it just straight let the board fall to you and pick whoever's there? With a brand new regime, head coach, general manager, you know anything's on the table because yeah. you know you, you they inherited it. Not a bad roster considering how how bad they were record wise. True. You look at the receivers, Lavisca and DJ Chark, and you know the offensive line's not bad. Cam Robinson's back, and you know you can get better in, in spots. There's some players on the defense that you know some high picks, Josh Allen and uh, Chase on last year. Uh, you know, Joe Schobert, linebacker, Miles Jack. Uh, they need to get better in the secondary. I think that's where you look at 25 and 33. I'll be shocked if one of those picks is not defensive back, safety, corner, get better in the back half. Um, and But Urban Meyer said he wants to be the fastest team in the league. So don't you can't rule out Travis Etienne. You can't rule out uh, an Elijah Moore, someone that will help add speed to that offense, especially when you, you know, Percy Harvin style, that that type of thing. So anything's on the table for Urban. I'm absolutely stealing this line. I didn't come up with it, obviously. But if you go 1-15 and 15, and 15 of those losses were in a row, <laughs> just draft the best player. Like yeah. you you need Stitch everything. Gun. You need everything if that's your record. So that's that's a fun place to be where which, you know, we'll see what they do, but you could take whoever you have rated the highest and no matter what they play, you're probably upgrading your roster. The only quarterback in the Pro Football Focus Collegiate era to go grade over 90% overall as a true freshman. Oh, and he repeated that each of his years since. Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback out of Clemson, 6 foot 6, 213 pounds. 
Cartersville, Georgia. And, and Dane, I mean, tell us just specifically about what kind of pro Lawrence could be. A lot of people say he's he's built for this moment. He's built for the spotlight. He was certainly in it all the way out throughout his collegiate career. But now he's four and a half minutes away from being the number one overall pick in the draft. I think my favorite stat with Trevor Lawrence is – uh, he became a starter as a sophomore or as a freshman in high school. So he started each of the last seven years. His record over the last seven years, college and high school, 86 and four. Four losses all came in the playoffs. So he's never lost a regular season game. Couldn't beat Joe Burrow. This is true. That's all I'm saying. This is true. But he's going to lose a regular season game next year. Uh, that that's going to happen. <laughs> and so, how does he handle that? I think that's a big thing that you know is going to be part of the NFL. It's you're going to take your lumps, and for Trevor Lawrence, there's going to be plenty of lumps on a team that isn't very good for you know a rookie that's still learning the game in a lot of ways. And the, the, the NFL is so much faster than the ACC. It's so much faster than facing Wake Forest and Duke. So how is he going to adjust? How quickly? Uh, that That's going to be something to watch this year in Jacksonville. I feel like he's really good when it is all okay in front of him and he's in the pocket. And then, you know, the way he steps up when it's clean, he looks really good. And, and really when he's under duress, too, the way he kind of keeps his eyes down the field and can climb the pocket a little bit, Obviously, he's a dual-threat quarterback. They'll probably rein that in a little bit in Jacksonville so he doesn't get hurt, but he can run as well. Um, I mean, I, I know like people got carried away a couple years ago after his freshman year, and they're like, oh, best thing since Andrew Luck and doing that whole thing. You know, when I watch his tape, the times he would get in trouble is when he was kind of trying to have a little fun and make throws that he shouldn't make. Mm-hmm. And I, I had, like, glimpses of Pat Mahomes. I remember hmm. Pat Mahomes rolling left and then just launching it 50 yards you know, off his back foot, throwing it into double coverage. And I was like, well, he didn't have to make that throw, but he didn't do it near as much as Pat Mahomes. But I was like, I'm not doing that again. I mean, there, you couldn't talk me out of this being the number one guy. And it was, it's pretty clear. I know you like Wilson a lot, but it's yeah. pretty clear, right? It, it is clear. And the only thing that really worries me, with, but this is true with all the quarterbacks, the, the coaches make it so much easier on these guys. Uh, and you watch that Clemson offense, you study it, and it's a very quick passing game where you know the ball is up and gone. And that fits Lawrence really well because he's really good in the quick game because everything he does is quick. His ability to process, his release, his feet. I mean, for a guy that's 6'6", 215, he moves extremely quick. It's really impressive. So when he needs to slow things down a little bit and, you know, still, but still play fast, still play urgent, uh, you know, can he do that at the NFL level when things aren't as defined for him like they were in the Clemson offense? Now, specifically with Jacksonville and, and what they have moving forward, or excuse me, after Jacksonville, I mean, we, we already went through the order of the draft. The Jets are on the clock following the pick from the Jaguars, followed by the 49ers. So, I mean, we've already mentioned Trevor Lawrence, and we've talked extensively through that. The pick, by the way, is now in via the NFL Network and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I wonder who that pick's going to be. But then it's on, on to the Jets. So the Jets would be on the clock right after this, and I mean, Zach Wilson is supposedly that penciled in pick, but it seems like it's been more like pin, Dave, because I'm glad you I was gonna say that if you didn't. And we before we came on the air, I've been saying this all week. I said it during the mock draft, I talked about it with Dane. I think the world of Zach Wilson but I'm confused as to why that it's just so obvious that he's the guy. And like nobody nobody thinks it's a smokescreen. Nobody's really mad that they're not taking fields. Or or Lance for that matter. Um, it's interesting. And I mean, I, like I said, I think he's really good. But I just sort of feel like 
I feel like his game is so similar to Mahomes, and this is such a copycat league that that's what people see when they see him play. And they're just enamored sure. of making it work with a guy like that who can make those types of throws and those arm angles and create plays out of nowhere. But at this, I mean, you know, I, I think it's fair, not certainly not in terms of like what type of player they are, but I think it's fair to compare him to Joe Burrow just in the sense of like coming out of nowhere off the strength of one season. Except, oh, by the way, he did it for BYU against a ragtag schedule instead of, you know, playing in the SEC and winning the national title. So. All right. Roger Goodell working his way up to the podium for the Jacksonville Jaguars on the first overall pick of the 2021 NFL draft. He is having a conversation with his fellow Jacksonville fan that's in the chair. Here he is, the commissioner of the NFL. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Clemson. Wow, what a surprise, everybody. Hmm. Everybody, hold in your excitement. You know what? It's easy to be sarcastic, but just remember that in about 25 minutes when <laughs> S hits the fan. It's so true. So true. Trevor Lawrence is the pick out of Clemson. No surprise. And, I mean, we talked a little bit about him already, Dane, but, I mean, this is the game changer. This is the cornerstone of the franchise now for Jacksonville. It's so amazing how the draft, how it affects franchises long term. Like if if Jacksonville accidentally wins one more game or the Jets don't win a game and they have the number two pick, does Urban Meyer even take this job? Wow. A big reason why he took this job was Trevor Lawrence. Does he even take this job? And then, you know, just how two different franchises can be, you know, go in two different directions. Or, you know, maybe it works out great for both of them. Uh, you know, presumably this is going to be Zach Wilson to the Jets. So it's really, really interesting when you kind of look at it, frame it like that. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he's got everything you want uh, on paper. I think the only knock against him is you wish you were maybe a little heavier than 213, maybe a little more body armor on, on, on his frame. But his athleticism, his mobility, uh, I mean, that's him outrunning the uh, Ohio State uh, defense there. I mean, th- th- there's so much to like about his arm talent. The way he processes, the intangibles are off the charts. Uh, so, I mean, you can poke holes in him here and there, but it's just nitpicking. I mean, he is, if you're going to draw up what you want the quarterback to look like, it, it looks like Trevor Lawrence. KT, best draft prospect, uh, quarterback draft prospect since? Wow. Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow? I mean, <laughs> Joe Burrow is... Is it a sense or is it more so than Joe Burrow? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I really like Joe Burrow, so I, I, I think I would say Joe Burrow, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear Dane. from Dave. Yeah, Dane. Well, I, yeah. you're good. You don't want to hear from I me. Don't. I'll, <laughs> I just <yeah>. said that. <laughs> you know, the big year with Baker and Josh Allen and all those guys, it was like, it was all pretty torn how that was going to go. <laughs> what a lot of consensus. That's a good point. You know? And this is a big quarterback draft, it turned out to be, you know, and it's like there there was clear consensus from the start here. And I guess Joe Burrow, there was there was clear consensus last year, but from the time Trevor Lawrence schooled Alabama in the what what of that that would have been twenty eighteen national the eight, championship. The eighteen time he was a freshman. Yeah. True freshman. Yeah. Which it's funny, people do that all the time. I even saw there was a mock draft this morning. Uh, if you don't follow college football, Oklahoma's quarterback is a kid by the name of Spencer Rattler, and they were saying like, "Oh, he'll he'll be the pick a year or two from now, or whatever." <laughs> like more often than not, people are so wrong about that. But we saw Trevor Lawrence coming two years ago, and it w- it never changed. It well, sparked conversations of should they let guys and, and instead of making them play three years, should yeah. they let them go pro now? It's like, yeah. oh, 
No, or should he drop out of college and then uh, find a way to like? I love I love that point from Dane too. I thought about that this morning while I was walking my dog. If Greg Williams doesn't call the stupidest zero blitz in the history <laughs> oh of the league, then then Trevor Lawrence is a Jet right now. That's all. Like that's the difference. That's, That's the difference. Nuts. It's insane. By the way, Jacksonville, this is the 30th first-round pick in Jaguars franchise history. 20 of them have been in the top 10, including this year. 13 of their last 14 first-round picks have been inside the top 10. That's since 2008. 13 of their 14 selections in the first round have it been was, in the top 10. It was the Jags and the Browns together for a long time. Yeah. Now, this reminds me – I mean, and – the Browns had so many years, especially when they were doing the Sashi experiment, where it felt like they had eight picks in the top 100. But this is the Browns' chance, and it took the—I mean, I'm sorry—the Jags' chance. It took the Browns a few cracks at it to finally get those picks right. But if they hit on most of these picks, it shouldn't be too long of a turnaround for them. Going an update on the old uh, big story of the night Absolutely. outside of the draft, the Aaron Rodgers thing. This is from Ian the big Rappaport. story that we said wasn't a big story, <laughs> and now it's a big story. Could be. Okay. Um, Ian Rappaport says the update is Green Bay hasn't engaged at all, despite a few teams calling about Aaron Rodgers. They have no plans to trade him. Nothing has changed. So that's Ian Rappaport. You know, one thing that the Packers only have like two million dollars of cap space. Like it would cost them. It would be more expensive to trade Aaron Rodgers than it would be to keep him at this point. Mm. So, like, and if they did a trade, they couldn't have players involved. It would be strictly for picks. So that's something to talk about. I know they were getting a little carried away in Denver, throwing out some rumors. We heard Mark Schlereth was saying some things on a, on a Denver radio station that a trade was close to being done. But I mean, it would be strictly draft picks. And that's about it. That's about all they could do right now because Green Bay doesn't have any cap space. I don't want to throw too much shade at anybody, but you see that from time to time where people get excited and I don't know, maybe forget forget that it's not a done deal or forget that they're on the radio. <laughs> yep, that's a very good <laughs> well, point. It, it, that kind of stuff, yeah, it's like wildfire. Uh, Jets, two minutes, forty seconds left on the clock here. Uh, we just saw Joe Douglas, uh, some fist bumps with uh, the coaching staff, Robert Sala in the war room. We think this is Zach Wilson, right? Yeah. I think there's a pretty good consensus that this is Zach Wilson, except for Dave, who apparently... No, that's not what I said. I'm just kidding. I just, it I'm just, just, it's interesting to me that there really hasn't been any debate about it since probably Valentine's Day. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, in my, I did my first mock draft back in November, and I put Zach Wilson at number two, and I took a lot... Back then, it was to the Jaguars, but I put I, I put him at number two, and I took a lot of heat for it, because at then, it, that was not a popular thing. I tell you what, he he won me over with how he played this year. I think Zach Wilson's a stud. Um, his his ability to be accurate from any arm angle, from off platform, um, just so impressive. Now, yeah, did he do it a lot of that against lower competition? I mean, they say lower competition, meaning group of five teams. Sure. But I think we can still evaluate the player based on his throws, based on his decisions. And I, I'm a big Zach Wilson believer. And, I mean, Dave, you were mentioning about Cleveland taking a while to get these picks right, Jacksonville getting taking a while to get these picks right. This is the same scenario for the Jets. I mean, they've uh, you talk about their last four real legitimate first-round picks, none of them have worked out. They just traded one away, traded Jamal Adams, traded – I mean, they've had good picks, but they've traded each of those, Quinn and Williams – I mean, there's, just to name a couple. There's no, there's no nice way to say it. like the Jets are a mess. The Jets have been a mess for a long time at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're they're right up there with Cleveland and Jacksonville in terms of like every year when we do this, they're in the mix. 
for that top five pick. Since 2015, five of the seven first-round picks for the for the Jets have been in the top ten, so a similar stat to what the Jacksonville Jaguars had. This is the third time in four years that the Jets are picking in the top three. I mentioned Quentin Williams. I mentioned Sam Darnold. That, those were the two previous picks. And now the pick is in. Roger Goodell working his way to the stage for the second pick of the NFL draft. With the second pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. Two right. for two, guys. Two now, for two on this mock. Now the draft guys. can start. Uh, we, we knew this was going to happen. One, two. Um, and look, I, it, it's tough because you're right, uh, you know, Dave, when you talk about the Jets. Uh, but... Joe Douglas, uh, this is his second drafted general manager. Robert Sala coming in as head coach. You just kind of hope that with the new regime that they're going to do what's necessary to surround Zach Wilson with enough talent that will allow him to develop. Because that's, that's so much about the quarterback's position is not just the traits and, you know, how we evaluate him on the field in college. But teams have to develop these guys. I mean, they have to put talent around them. And look, look at Sam Darnold. I mean, with, with with the Jets, they did not surround him with enough talent to even understand what he could do at the NFL level. So hopefully, they continue to build on the offensive line. They continue to build pass catchers, and you know, hopefully, give Zach Wilson a chance. I'll say this: so I had the Jets in the group mock that we did on Monday, and you know, in prep for that show, I went and looked at their roster. Maybe I'm just being nice to them. I don't hate what they've got working there. Like, Makai Becton looks yep. like a great pick. Yeah. They brought in Corey Davis from the Titans. Uh, Denzel Mims was a high pick last mm-hmm. year. We'll see if he can develop. Connor mm-hmm. McGovern uh, coming over from Denver is a solid player. Um, even on defense, Carl Lawson comes in this year. Gerard Davis comes over from Detroit. And they got a lot of draft picks. And now I was going to say, I'm looking at their right. picks right now. They pick again at 23. They pick at 34. They pick at 66. And then they pick at 86. Yeah. So... If they even hit on half of those, yeah. that's that's not a that's a team that'll give people headaches like next year, assuming Zach Wilson is what we think he is. Right, yeah. They're gonna add a guard somewhere in there, they're gonna add a corner somewhere in there. And this 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 draft could really be uh you know, the the foundation for something uh that, that could happen uh, positively with the Jets. Uh, it's very, very possible. Now with Zach Wilson specifically, I mean it just wasn't one year. For the BYU quarterback no. that, where he was a standout. A lot of people will say, oh, yeah, it was his 2020 season. Sure, his 2020 season may have elevate, elevated him to two, but he played significant snaps as a freshman back in 2018. He has that just cannon of an arm and a remarkable ability to throw the deep ball. Dave, I know you've been big on him. KT, you've been really large on him, and we heard what Dana's already thought, but what are your thoughts, KT, on what BYU quarterback Zach Wilson's going to take to the Jets? I think you see the special traits. You see the arm talent. You see... How he's able to make a ton of throws from a ton of different angles. Um, and also, I like that he kind of trusts his wide receivers to go make some plays. I mean, he's not, not scared to throw, you know, some tight window balls every now and then. And, you know, it's not like he, he didn't, oh, I think he threw three interceptions, uh, you know, last year. And it was a very fun, uh, offense to watch at BYU. And they do a lot of cool things, a lot of motion and things like that. I thought he had a pretty good clock internally. And I thought he did a good job of, Moving his feet to kind of create his own pocket when the original pocket falters and things like that. So I think you see everything that you want to see. You know, I I uh, ha- I really like what you could do with Trey Lance, but Zach Wilson's ready to go play. 
And I, I love Trey Lance. And I know we only have 15 games of Division Two ball, but like, hey, I, FCS, I, FCS. Sorry, show sorry. some respect yeah, sorry. for the Bison. You know, I, I just lump it all together. Even though you know, I'm a U, I'm a UNT fan. You know, uh, hey, go me green. Shout out to Conference USA. Um, Jalen Darden being picked tonight? Yeah, not tonight, Dilation. but you know, we, I think he should. Y'all have fun mean. with that on Saturday. <laughs> um, I, I I love. I have no problem with this pick. I mean, I, to me, it got really close between Wilson and Fields. And Trey Lance, to me, sits. And I think that's where Trey Lance is ideal for someone like San Francisco, who already has a quarterback. Who, Atlanta, who has a uh, older quarterback. I mean, I think that's a good spot for Trey Lance. So this is where we have a lot of fun. So here's my question. Yeah, what what do y'all think happens at three, I just it's, it's it, it can't be Mac Jones. It just can't be. I think it's Justin Fields. I think it was Justin Fields the whole time. I, I think it was amazing. a big smoke screen, and I think it's Justin. That's Fields. that, and you know, people have been saying this whole time, like only Shanahan and Lynch know what's going on, and if it's good, true. No, I know, and, and kudos, kudos to them if they can keep the entire league off their trail. Like that is a hard thing to do. You got people like Dane snooping around, especially whenever they haven't been good at doing I mean, so in shoot, the past. Jed York has been on Twitter all day trolling <laughs> people, messing with people. Which, if he doesn't know, then who? Yeah, like it might just be those two. I I have no clue. Maybe maybe it's Mac Jones, but and look, and I, I'm I'm just a dumb journalist, but man, that seems silly to me. Especially like giving up that haul. I don't know, man. I, I I'm they I'm, had to know who they were going to get. I would like that's to think my, so. I mean, that's my thing, and that's why I say it's Justin Fields, and why I think it's Justin Fields is because they knew they were going up there. So let's smoke screen everybody once we do it, and then let's have some fun. Why smoke screen though? Yeah, because maybe you were so confident to go up and get Justin Fields, you wanted to, you spent all that capital, all that to go up to three. And then all of a sudden you're saying, yeah, I want Justin Fields. That's who we're going to get. Then the Jets at two are sitting there like, wow, maybe we should rethink this Justin Fields thing. And then they end up taking Justin Fields and you what, don't get the guy you what want. What is the S-eating grin on KT's face right well, now? I'm just sorry. Saying. No, I texted Dane yesterday because Dane was one of the first people in the world <laughs> to go, Mac Jones is the guy. There's a few other insiders in on that. And, they t- and what did I say to you, Dane, when I texted you yesterday? I said, I'm sorry, man. It's Mac Jones. Because I was told it was Mac Jones. <laughs> Everybody now, was told it was Mac Jones. I've been wrong before, but I've also been right before. Uh, and I'll, you know, I'll famously put it out there. Like the time the Bears traded up for Trubisky. Oh, I remember the 49ers. that. I remember yeah. that. Um, but I had to tell Brad Jam. I was like, hey, man, just trust me on this one, Brad. I get it, but just trust me. I apologize to Dane. I think it's Mac Jones. Okay. But you know what? Dane was one following... of the ones that said it was Mac Jones. Originally, well, you like, said you were I, that's told why I apologize. it was Mac And it's not because I think that's what they should do. It's just that's what people are telling me. You know, like that's what just what people are talking about. And I, I, I don't, it, it's hard because, again, you do mock drafts based off your ears, not your heart, not your brain, what your ears tell you. And so, you know, it's, it's a really interesting spot. Uh, look. That's the 49ers war room. That didn't They're look clapping. like it didn't look like enthusiastic. Oh, oh, is gosh. the phone ringing? Oh, well, there may, if it's not enthusiastic, look, there's, there's probably people in there who don't want Mac all, Jones. All I know is this is a Kyle Shanahan pick. It doesn't matter yeah. what anybody else thinks. That's a good point. This is a Kyle Shanahan pick. Whoever Kyle Shanahan wants is who they're going to draft. Does Mac Jones in your – which, of course, he could turn out to be John Elway. But, like, does he have a significantly higher ceiling than what Jimmy Garoppolo is? Oof. Uh, significantly, no. No. I mean, that's a hell of a lot to give up for not significantly better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll, I'll say this: if you're following Vegas at all, 
and the hours leading up to the draft, there's a lot of action on Look, Trey Lance. Well, wow. The, so, the moment the trade was made, my I, I, I said Trey Lance. That makes the most sense. It makes that, a lot of sense. Yeah, that makes the most sense. But then the Mac Jones started talking. Uh, but... <sighs> I don't know. Trey Lance to me makes the most sense in terms of fitting Shanahan's scheme, uh, the, the unique package of skills, grooming Let's him. Just make you have right? a Come year. On. You have a year with Jimmy Garoppolo to let him sit. <laughs> he doesn't have to play. No, it's perfect if you're going to hold on to Jimmy. And I agree. I so, I feel I I couldn't give less of a rip about the 49ers. Like I whatever. But I feel like sick to my stomach thinking that they could pick. Mac Jones. So the pick is in. With all due respect to Mac Jones. Roger Goodell is working his way up to the podium, but I have just been told we are not allowed to use audio from Roger Goodell in the NFL's broadcast, so I'm going to have to announce this after he does. Really? Yep. Jim Apparently it feels new to me. It that is a new thing you know. that has just come down. The pick oh, is quarterback right Trey Lance out right of thing. North Dakota State. No Mac Jones. Trey Lance is the selection. And, wow, I mean – the, the smoke screen was real. We thought it was Mac Jones. We thought it was Mac Jones. thought it was Mac Jones. And then Trey Lance kind of threw his name in the pot, and it ends up being Lance. I, I don't think it's a smoke screen at all. I, I, I think that the Mac Jones' interest was genuine. I really believe that. But I do think. I would disagree there. I, I do think that Trey Lance, over the course of you know the, the last month, really sold the 49ers uh, with what he could Man. do. I mean, he just. The athleticism, the arm talent, the intelligence, it's just a very unique package. And he's unprecedented. We're talking about 17 career starts all at the FCS level. Uh, We're talking about a guy who uh, was so good as a redshirt freshman with zero interceptions, uh, leading North Dakota State to 16-0 record FCS National Championship. But we're 20 years old, and the meager experience, it's just a very unprecedented Mm -hmm. quarterback and a very unprecedented pick. I know, I know we live in a world where you draft guys and they go play immediately, but I love when there's a chance for someone to go sit and learn for a year. I know it seems like a weird thing to do at pick three. That offense has a ton of talent on it. They've proven they can win games with Jimmy Garoppolo. His, his health is clearly a question mark, and they clearly have been unhappy with him over the last couple of years, kind of the same way the Rams are kind of unhappy with Jared Goff. But... This, to me, it just makes so much sense for Trey Lance to end up here or Atlanta. And I really love it. And I, I, I love Trey Lance. I mean, it's so fun to watch him take over games in so many different ways. With his feet, with his legs. I mean, he had a game where he carried the ball 30 times. And he makes some crazy throws. And I think everything you hear about him, too, off the field, and I know we, we, and we were just talking about not knowing a ton about these prospects this year or not knowing as much as usual, you hear that he is very, very intelligent mm-hmm. and will continue to grow in that regard. I, 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 look at, I look at this. He completed 67% of his passes, 28 touchdowns in 2019 with no interceptions. He had one interception and 318 pass attempts. The bad news there is that he only had 318 <laughs> pass attempts. Yeah, like that's yeah, it. That's the one. I, I'm, I'm ecstatic, and that's I'm glad that my opinion doesn't actually weigh into any of this because I'll just admit it. Like, I'm a sucker for fun. It's I want, fun. I want fun. Well, you want, might, tra- when oh, Trey yeah. Lance rolls out and just – that thing is a howitzer. Like, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is jealous of this dude's arm strength. That's an exaggeration, but, I mean <laughs> – it's insane. And I'm just like, wee, let's do this. And yeah, I mean, San Francisco, you're removed from a Super Bowl. There's talent there. They didn't they don't need to like they don't need to draft somebody to get over the top. They can contend with what they have and 
this guy, you know, this guy could be there ready to step in. And again, it's kind of like Zach Wilson looking like Mahomes on tape, but it does, it reminds you of what the Chiefs did. Like yeah, Mahomes true. didn't play, he, I think he played week 17 of his rookie year when the playoffs were locked up. And this is, you know, he has the potential to do something similar. I, I really do think they had a lot of confidence going up and, and they knew it was going to be Trey Lance going into. I think there was some interest from Mac Jones potentially, but I think overall it was Trey Lance. Or somebody somebody changed our mind. I think whenever they made that trade, gave up multiple first-round picks, and traded with Miami to get that third overall pick. And, and KT, you mentioned about off the field with with Trey Lance, and, and we've already mentioned it just how hard it is from a scout standpoint, from a front office standpoint, to know these guys and to know who they are as a person, especially if they're going to be a franchise quarterback for years to come. The father played for Southwest Minnesota State, joined NFL camps with the Oilers and the 49ers before playing in the CFL for Saskatchewan. So there was a connection there. And now Trey Lance is going to be a 49er himself. And, well... That would be a lot of fun over the next couple of years. We'll see what that ends well, up happening. So so far, the quarterbacks have gone the way, uh, personally, I had them ranked uh, with Lawrence, Wilson, and, and Lance. And Are we the, surprised Dane Brewer well, is right? I, I'd rather be right three years from now than right now. That's a good point. You know, I, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, and, uh, you know, where, where does Fields go now? You know, that's the question. Where does Mac Jones go now? Where does Atlanta go now? That, so that is, and that's the first thing I thought about is – it reminds me – I keep making these ridiculous comparisons to, like, Hall of Fame players. Keep going. But I love it. The debate in 2000 – what was that? Five or six? Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers at one. yeah. Rodgers doesn't go one, and he falls all the way to 23. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Mac Jones, but this was the place where he was linked for the last two yeah. months, and now we have no clue who loves this guy. Yeah, who's like, interested? Does Carolina like Mac Jones enough to draft him eighth? Does somebody come up for him? Does Could he fall? Like, could Mac what's, Jones fall to, like, 20? What's I don't Denver know. doing at nine? What's Denver doing I mean, Denver, at nine? Well, there's a stupid Aaron Rodgers rumor going around, mm. but it's like if, if, if Denver could get Justin Fields at nine, and then they could just let that play out between D- Justin Fields and, and Drew Locke, don't you kind of consider that if you're Denver at nine? You could. And Justin Fields? And it feels like teams will like Justin Fields more than Mac Jones. I want to be a jerk. Mac Jones is my 50th ranked player. Like, I was just stacking him up, and I was like, no, I'd take him over him, and I'd take him over him. And, and maybe it's a dumb, small sample size exercise, but when, when I was told to you know, put them together, and I was like, man, I, I guess i got to squeeze Mac Jones into my top 50. I, I don't I don't have any interest in a quarterback who can't move in 2021. Totally. Like, I just I don't have any interest in that. And that's why I had Which, him way down there. But it's like, I think other teams are going to feel the same way. And that's why the Mac Jones thing was so sketchy from the beginning. It's the same thing I was talking about with Parsons. Like, I think Mac Jones is a good player. He's probably worth the first round pick. Yep. It's just when you're talking about trading up to three to do it where I get dubious. I'm just like, mm-hmm. something's crazy here. And whatever team takes him, their fans are, are going to do Mac Jones, who, Mac Jones, oh, who, yeah. for, I, for, for years. I mean, because it's, it's right there. It's great. You have to do it. So Atlanta has submitted their pick. The pick my, is in for the Falcons. I was about to ask you that exact same question. Is this Kyle Pitts? Is this the fourth quarterback? By the way, first time since 99 that the first three picks were all quarterbacks. If four quarterbacks go in a row, it'll be the first time ever. But no tight end has ever been selected in the first four picks of the NFL draft. So we're going to see history either way here with Atlanta. If they're going to either take tight end, Kyle Pitts out of Florida, or if they pick a quarterback, it'll be the first time either way that we'll see something new in the NFL draft here in 2021. So that's a little exciting. Dave, get your spirits up a little yeah. if Kyle Pitts is off the board. Which, I mean, 
You know it's coming. I I was like I made peace with Pitts going a long time ago. Like I I'm I'm not stupid enough to did think you it's going to. Yeah, no, I I really did. And okay. I like everybody knows I love Pitts, but I'm not I'm not in denial either. And he, if he doesn't go at 4, he'll go at 6. Like he mm-hmm. ain't it ain't happening. You're no. not Lightning's not striking twice. Like Lamb was point. Lamb was a miracle. You're not getting an even bigger miracle. So, I think this is probably Pitts, but even if it's not I'm not holding my breath. So when, are, when are you allowed to say it, Kyle? Uh, I guess whenever I read the the bottom line on the screen. So the Falcons, the fourth overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select. There he is. Tight end, Kyle Pitts out of Florida. So the dream is crushed. He is not a Dallas Cowboy. Instead, he will be playing for Dan Quinn's old team in the Atlanta Falcons. But this is the pick that we kind of anticipated. The Hellman dream, because I think a lot of Cowboys fans did kind of go, no, you oh, have no. to go defense. I, swayed, I, I don't know, I swayed a lot of I, people. I agree. I was one of those people. <laughs> Me too. You don't Look, pass on him. We we don't. Well, that's the thing. You don't want to be the team that says, you know, we passed on special. And that's what you keep coming back to with Kyle Pitts. He is just a different type of dude. Uh, he, he forces the defense to just play differently with, with the way he can uh, attack, the way he can line up all over the formation. Uh, there's just so much you can do with a talent like that. It just he's a rare, rare player, and you know, people will say, "Oh, when's the last time a top uh, or a tight end went top ten and actually worked out?" Well, when's the last time we saw a guy like Kyle Pitts? We we don't. We've never seen a guy like this. So uh, I mean, this is just a rare occurrence uh, with a rare player, a special player who uh, we don't know Julio Jones if he's going to be in Atlanta much longer. We just don't yeah. know that. But regardless, he's going to help that offense. And Arthur Smith coming in, new head coach, new play caller. We know the Falcon, or you know he likes to use the tight end a lot in that offense. So uh, it's just a natural fit. If he were a wide receiver, he would have been third in the nation in yards per route run. This is not one of those guys you're throwing screens to. And nope. Like some of these, you know, Waddle and, uh, you know, some of these wide receivers draft for a lot of, uh, you know, near the line of scrimmage completions. Um, you know, when you look at 39 of his 43 catches were for a touchdown or a first down. Oh my God. It's insane. And the other thing too. 39 of 43? Yes. That's zero drops. It's easy, and you know, quarterbacks are so valuable, I get it, but Matt Ryan's contract is a beast. Like, they can't really get away from that thing. And so, what do you do there? Like, do you draft a quarterback and try to get rid of Matt Ryan in a year or two and then carry the $40 million in dead money on your cap just because you want to have a new quarterback? I don't think it makes a ton of sense. So, I, I think the Falcons are right that their best bet is probably to load up and help Matt Ryan as much as you can for you know whatever's left of his career. Looking at his, 55% of his snaps were in line, 24% in the slot, 21% outside. You can do anything with him, which we've talked about a lot. I, I still, if I was the GM in Atlanta, I would have taken Justin Fields because I just think when you're up there and you have a quarterback at the edge of Matt Ryan, you just you got to move it on down the road a little bit at some point? I, I think the GM did want to go quarterback, but I think the head coach was like, no, we're going to win now. I, I really think hmm. Arthur Smith looked at it and said, look, Matt Ryan is, you know, he's not done. You know, he's, he, not, he, yeah. he's going to help us compete. And you add a talent like Kyle Pitts, and you know, we got a chance to go out there and and make something happen. You look at that offense. I mean, you they're going to draft a running back probably at some point, and that that offense is looking kind of scary. So Matt Ryan, I mean, right now the running back would be Mike Davis. You've got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and, and Kyle Pitts specifically. I mean, he 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 even talked about it with 
his interview with the Cowboys, and we, we saw it on the social media page. He watches a lot of Travis Kelsey. He's, be, I mean, at least coming out of college, better than Travis Kelsey. Led all the tie, FBS tight ends and, and receiving touchdowns. Tied single game school record at Florida for receiving touchdowns, and that's as a tight end. Highest ever selected tight end in NFL draft history, all the way up to four. He's special. But can he take that offense to the le- next level and, and like Dan said, yes. try and win now? The answer is yes. Well, and then okay. the, another point, too, is the NFC South is in a little bit of a transition. I mean, the, the Drew Brees Saints are done. And, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the, rain, the reigning champ is in the South. I get that. But Tom Brady's going to retire eventually. I would, I would guess... Maybe I shouldn't bet on that, but I would guess Tom Brady's going to retire before Matt Ryan. Like that seems plausible. <laughs> and and plus, he may retire after you retire. Well, Dave. that's I hope not, Lord. But um, yeah, and you know, seven teams get into the playoffs now as opposed to six. So like, it, like it's not out of the realm of possibility that Atlanta's a playoff contender. I think they probably are if they can add some beef to their defense. I think they were much like. Dallas last year in that they were hurt, they were banged up, and they had a very disappointing year. I don't know if the expectations were as high in Atlanta, but they certainly have the firepower, especially with a pick like this, to get back in the conversation. Do you know who's really kind of kicking themselves right now is uh, Kyle Pitts, where he originally went to high school. He wanted to be a tight end, but he played quarterback, and the coaches wouldn't move him to tight end. They said no. So he transferred, becomes a tight end. Now he's the fourth overall pick in the NFL draft. Somewhere, those coaches are sitting there saying, hmm, wow, maybe he was right. Maybe we should have moved to the tight end. Yeah, probably. Oh, that's bad. All right, Cincinnati's on the clock. The Bengals at five. You talked about crossroads with Atlanta. I mean, here's the ultimate crossroads, and the next four picks are going to go a certain direction based off of what Cincinnati does here because the Bengals at five, Dolphins at six, Detroit at seven, and then you've got the Carolina Panthers at eight, nine, the Broncos, and then, of course, the Cowboys picking at ten. But the pick is about to be in here for Cincinnati. How are they going to help out your fellow Joe Burrow? I don't really think they can go wrong. And I've said before, you know, protecting Joe, you know, it doesn't matter who he's throwing to if he's on the ground all the time. I would probably draft Panay Sewell. But... They pick again at 38, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll, you know, there'll be a tackle there at 38. And, you know, everything you hear about this, uh, on this draft class is regardless of how deep it is, your top three receivers are different. And I doubt it is being ignored in the Bengals front office that Jamar Chase won the Bolitnikoff with Joe Burrow. So I don't really think they can go wrong. If you're a Cowboy fan, you probably want him to take Chase because that pushes a guy you would consider drafting would down ideal. the board. Yeah. Uh, like Panay, Panay Sewell going here would be, that would be the first of the Cowboy related names to go off the board. And it also might take a chance or that Jalen Waddle is off the board as well. Cause if you're Miami sitting at six, you want a pass catcher to go help out Tua. You want to maybe look at one of those guys. You could go offensive line. If I was Duke Tobin, I would probably draft Panay Sewell, but I cannot blame them if they draft Jamar Chase. And I think it's probably better for the Cowboys if they do. Yeah. 10 years ago this weekend, they drafted AJ Green in the first round. Uh, what four overall? So you know you could see them doing that again. They they need to replace over 100 targets that AJ Green had this year. They're really missing that downfield threat in that offense. So uh, it, it is not hard to talk yourself into Jamar Chase here. Yeah, and th- I talked to someone who's close to the the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday, and he said he thinks they're leaning Chase because, quite frankly, that they still thought Sewell was a developing guy, and they really like what they have on the offensive line. They like Jonah Williams. I was going to say, yeah, they think they have their tackles. They, they sure. think they're set there, right. so unless they're going to draft Sewell to play guard, and that's a that's kind of a strange thing to do at five. Now, I'm a fan of the Bengals' uh, ability to, to if, if Joe Burrow's healthy, 
in what you can do with Higgins and what you can do with Tyler Boyd. And I think I would almost want a shiftier guy, even though Chase is my number one wide receiver, I think a, a better fit might be someone who can go win a little bit in the slot when Devontae Smith or someone a little more fun like Jalen Waddle. But, you know, it, it seems like they've been pretty dead set on Chase or Sewell for a long time, and it feels like Chase is the direction they'll probably go. I'm trying not to let my, like, LSU homerism jump out of me right now. But no, here, I can do it for you. How about this? Out. How about this? I can do it for you. And the reason why is because you have your LSU homerism producing the top wide receiver in rookie NFL history in Justin Jefferson last year. And, of course, he was even an afterthought of how good Jamar Chase was on that LSU championship team. I mean, people forget just no. how good Jamar Chase was. At the risk of sounding like a homer, I think the entire football world is asleep on how good Jamar Chase really he's was. Unbelievable. And he's, he's a bully down the field. He's going to beat you for a jump ball. He can play in the slot, by the way. He can house it from 60, 70 yards away from the slot. Goodness. Granted, that was college football as opposed to pro. But the point is... He, you know, he doesn't have the speed that Jalen Waddle does because nobody in the world does. But Jamar Chase can do it all. Don't they have a? Uh, don't they have Thaddeus Moss in Cincinnati too? Am I crazy? I don't even. I mean, yeah. They yes, just they just signed him. That's, He's not very good. That's but... an afterthought. I, yeah. I know. I'm just saying. Maybe they pick up Terrace Marshall in round two, and then they just load it up, get the band Jabril back together. Cox. That was a good team. You know, uh, well, I guess on that team. So Tyler Shelvin. <laughs> I just <laughs> love. You know, we're sitting here. We're talking about. Aaron Rodgers being unhappy with Green Bay because they won't help him. And in year two, the Bengals are like, you want your college receiver? Yeah, we'll get you your college receiver. So Goodell is at the stand, and with the fifth pick in the NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select wide receiver Jamar Chase out of LSU. What did I say on the the draft show? You said it. Jamar Chase was the only pick in the top ten, outside the top two, that I felt confident about. Uh, that it's just a very Bengals pick to go Jamar Chase here, and I get it, I understand it. Uh, they're a better team right now because of him. Uh, I think you know your point is right, Dave. Just people do forget how dominant he was, and it's what I love most about him is he wins in so many different ways. He can win with athleticism, he can win with power. He can, that, that my ball mentality that he ha- offers is outstanding. Uh, he, he is going to be come in and be that alpha for the Bengals offense. Going to give them a downfield threat going to help them over the middle of the field. Uh, this is, he has a chance to be a game changer. And, I mean, we aren't allowed to play any of the, the video or the audio from the NFL uh, draft and, and from the NFL draft coverage. But I will say you can go watch it, and we're supposed to promote it. But, my goodness, his suit right now is just straight fire. Oh, yeah, he's got, like, photos from his career it's and, nuts. like, of his family. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. It's, it's oh, all he just cream grittied. on the outside. He did gritty. How about that? Does that make you happy? I, oh, I'm... I mean, are you ecstatic again, right now? I would have drafted... I probably would have drafted Panay Sewell, but, like, the best team in LSU history, like, memories that I'll have with me forever, and now I get to watch Joe throw it to him again. Like, it, it's... And, by the way, we got to see him do it first. I get that. But, like, the Bengals... Are in content like that's one of the best trios of receivers in the league. Maybe not not quite as good as what's here in Dallas and Tampa's got something to say about that as well. But T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase—that's filthy. That's that is absolutely really good. filthy. You know, you talk about players, and, I, and forgive me if this was brought up a second ago, but AJ Terrell and, and Trevon Diggs, two guys that he gave a lot of problems to in abused, 2019. Abused you know, is a I mean, he torched it. them. He torched <laughs> both of those guys, a first and second round pick, and I just. Everything he's, he's prototypical wide receiver one man. That's what you want. Um, winning in multiple ways. 
the attitude that he plays with, you know, you see that catching the ball with his hands, you know, plucking it out of the air. I mean, there's so much to like about the way he plays. Another significant factor of of this specific pick, but I mean, this is the first straight up opt out that we've had in the 2020 draft taken, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Trey Lance, yeah. Trey Lance didn't play a whole lot of games, right? But he wasn't an yeah. opt out for specifically four quarter. I mean, you're right, he did play a game. Yeah, but, but he wasn't. He didn't opt out of the season. He played in 2020. Yeah. Jamar Chase is the first straight yes. opt out who said, "I'm not playing football in the COVID 19 era." Uh, this is the first one off the board. I mean, there's a couple of them that are set to come up soon. Rashawn Slater, Penny Sewell, J.C. Horn is in that conversation. Micah Parsons. Damn so. near, damn near every photo and video clip of Jamar Chase that they use is from that Clemson game because that's how dominant he was. <laughs> he did whatever he wanted to. It's yeah. pretty impressive. Now it feels like. Miami on the clock. They pick at six. They also pick at eighteen. But it feels like pass catcher on their mind again. You know, as they yep. traded back into six uh, after after leaving three to go to twelve, then they traded with the Eagles to get up to six to come back in and get a pass catcher, most likely. Um, but at least that's what what Which, what hey, we've been mocking. At least when we've been talking about why not these guys. just keep keep the reunion train going? You know, send honestly either one of them, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle in Miami would be a ton of fun. Who do, you, who do you think they would like out of the two, Dane? Waddle. Waddle? Yeah. Waddle's uh, – most teams that I talk to have Waddle as the second receiver in this draft. Um, some like Smith, but Waddle just – he's different. with The athleticism, the speed, um, uh, he the way he progressed this year. Like he's – as a route runner, as a, a guy that will play above the rim a little bit, uh, Jalen Waddle to me is a difference maker. And there's nothing against Devontae Smith. But uh, I think Jalen Waddle is just a little bit different. So uh, I do think Waddle is the pick here. Now, Penny Sewell being there is interesting with uh, you know, a need at right tackle. Uh, could they go in that direction? It's possible. Can't rule out Penny Sewell here. But I think Jalen Waddle, that's, that's, they've been looking for that pass catcher. They've been looking for that weapon. And you know, reunite him with Tua. I mean, that's really they want to help Tua as much as they possibly can. Reuniting Tua with a target like that, a weapon like that, it, it makes too much sense. Have you heard anything about Waddle's injury affecting his stock? Because that's which it was Not a really. good question. Yeah. It, it was a pretty brutal injury. Yeah. I saw Kept it happen working out. Yeah, at the pro day. And but we really haven't been talking about it. I think that's a testament to how dynamic he is. But I am I'm curious because yeah, I mean. Sixth overall for a guy who lost half of his season to a pretty gnarly injury. This is a fun little stat. It really has no legitimate hold on what Miami's going to do here. But between both wide receivers, I'll throw Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith into that category with Alabama, along with Penn A. Sewell as probably the other top player on the board. Miami, six of their last nine first-round picks in the draft, and all of their picks in the top ten have come from the SEC. Best conference in America. So no offense to the Big Ten. uh, You could probably say that about half of the organizations in the NFL, but pass catchers not more. Pass catchers going. It's leaving you offensive linemen and cornerbacks. This is perfect. Everything. I mean, obviously, you know, if you were still holding on to the Kyle Pitts pipe dream, I'm sorry, but really, this is about as close to ideal as you could ask for for the Cowboys so far. Which, but we knew. We we kind of we saw all this coming. Maybe there would have been maybe you know maybe since he drafts Sewell, but it's always been seven through nine that should scare you. And we'll take a look inside the war room coming up after the the pick is announced because uh, I mean right around seven is where you start getting worried about your players that are on your board. That's I'm going not, off the board. I was just thinking about this to myself. Like I'm having fun right now. 
when my, when Miami's when Miami's done making the pick, I'm not having fun anymore. It's starting to now stress. I'm like, then it gets real. Who are the picks? What's going on? How many of my guys are left? Because we're gonna we're gonna lose somebody. Especially somebody's gonna go. Especially with Detroit at seven coming up, and they well here's the here's the commissioner uh, in the Which, voice of Kyle. I was gonna say like we keep. We keep thinking we have to cut away because that's know, what we've it's always just me done. Talking about it. So with the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select wide receiver Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. So they did go pass catcher, and they did indeed go with Waddle over the Heisman Trophy winner and Devontae Smith, who is still on the board. They they loved Waddle, and I I, I kind of wish that. Penny Sewell might have went five just to see which way the Dolphins would have went at six. They might have taken Waddle over Chase. That's how much they loved Waddle. So it, it's this is and again the connection between Tua and Waddle. You cannot ignore that as part of the reasoning here. Uh, it's just a big play weapon that I think is going to you know really change how they play offense in Miami. Average nineteen yards per catch in college. Twelve yards after the catch in twenty nineteen. Just get the ball in his hands and let him go. See if they uh, remember the old, old thing we used to talk about around here. Hey, are they going to let Des Bryant return punts? Remember that whole conversation from a decade ago? CD Lamb. Same thing might be. Yeah, CD Lamb might be happening there as well because uh, he's an excellent punt returner as well. Uh, dangerous at all times, man. That's uh, I, I if if um, Bounty is the best toilet paper and that's Tyreek Hill, then he's brawny. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is this is this is a stud. This is a stud, and it's a, it's fun. It's really fun, and it also tells you they're all in on Tua. You know, again, Justin Fields still out there. You know, and that's another thing: two two offensive linemen, two cornerbacks, and then two quarterbacks. That's we need for you. We just need somebody to want a quarterback, and that's the biggest thing right now is because Fields and Mac Jones are still available. What y'all want to do? What do I, y'all want to take a corner? Or y'all want to move well, back? What do you want to do? We I'm talk not, about even, this I'm all not the time. even thinking specifically with the Cowboys, but who's trading oh, up right now? Oh, what, who who, who's on the phone? Duh. Well, Duh Bears. Duh the Patriots. Patriots. <laughs> what about what about you know? Is Teddy Teddy Bridgewater if? If the, the Broncos, if the Broncos like Justin Fields, Teddy Bridgewater shouldn't stop them from doing anything. No, not and at obviously, all. you know, we'll see what happens with this. Aaron Rodgers circus show. Looking at dead money and stuff too on that Aaron Rodgers thing, that trade would not need to happen until after June second because the Packers would take a forty million dollar cap hit if it happened before June two. If it happens after June two, they can di- they can divide it over two years. But we're talking about a team who has two million dollars of cap space. So this this Rodgers trade, I don't think is happening okay. tonight. <laughs> Let's Which put it that way. And if you're just looking at the money on it, it just doesn't make sense for that to happen. It doesn't sound smart to put off drafting a franchise quarterback because of a trade that maybe has a 15% chance of happening. They have it. Jordan Love. What do you think here for Detroit, Dane? There's, this has been a up Penny in Sewell. I, it's it's, it's kind of what I'm thinking, too. I, I mean, you know, they have Taylor Decker at left tackle. Sewell steps in as your right tackle. I think it makes a lot of sense, both from a talent and value perspective. But I'm just watching that little logo in the corner, seeing if it's going to switch. See if change. it's going to switch, right? Yeah. yeah. Why would Pinay Sewell be such a easy fit here for Detroit? I mean, you just traded for Jared Goff. You could right. add a, a you could add Devonte Smith here and go on a run of wide receivers. They're a couple years away. I don't okay. think they're, and I think they know that this is a long term rebuild. So doing it with an offensive tackle who's 20 years old. I think, to me, that just fits the timeline of when the Lions think they're going to be back as contenders. Mm, I like that, actually. The more I think about it, the more it makes sense. You can't go wrong. And, you know, it's a, it's a new coach, a new front office. Like, you can't go wrong 
starting in the trenches. That's what Dallas yeah. did with Jason Garrett. They drafted Tyron Smith ninth overall. It's a, I mean, unless you're getting a quarterback, which you know we'll I'll, see what Jared Goff I mean, can do. That's but, true. That's the thing. I you know I was a golf fan for a long time. Yeah, I don't but know. I just, that's, that's another board. thing where I just think if you're at seven, and I would probably say the same thing about the Panthers at eight with Sam Darnold. Why would it hurt you to take Justin Fields and just find out? I like, guess our, I just I just here's my here's my counter here's my counter. There's there is a quarterback you will love every year. Like nobody knew who Zach Wilson was last year. It's a fair point. Nobody knew who Joe Burrow was. You draft Panay Sewell. You anchor that line, and yeah. you know if Jared Goff sucks, you can do this again next year with whoever yeah. the hot shot is. I, I mean, you never go wrong drafting a quarterback, but. I can see. Well, oh, no, sure, you all can go wrong. <laughs> I'm saying it's never a bad idea. I should right. say. Right? Yeah. It, it, but if, you could go you wrong if you don't have a quarterback. Throw darts until you hit. I, yeah, I think that's. But they do technically have one right now. So I don't. I don't hey, hate right. this decision. Right. Dane Penny Sewell's the top player on your board because you had Lawrence Pitts, Wilson, Chase, then Sewell. So I yeah. mean, he was even above Lance and Waddle, who are off the board. Yeah. So does that add a little bit into maybe what the the Lions are thinking in their war room at the moment of thinking about, hey, this is a uh, this is this is going to be the pick in Penny Sewell. Well, sure. I mean, obviously, the you know the Lions have their own board, and who knows where Sewell is on their own board. But I just think when you you look at this team, and it's a brand new regime, so we've got a first year head coach, we've got a first year general manager, we don't have a track record to go on. They're rebuilding this thing from the ground up, basically. Uh, they've got a lot of holes. And so when you're picking top seven, you need to come away with an impact player. And so Devontae Smith, sure, I can understand that argument. Uh, Justin Fields, I can understand that argument. But I think Penny Sewell, for the timeline they're working with, uh, the talent, the value here. And again, I just keep coming back to him. He's 20 years old. And, yeah. you know, when you think about what he's going to give you immediately, I mean, he's – He's going to sign a second contract when he's 24 years old, pretty much. I mean, he, he there, there's just a very bright future for him. And so, uh, you know, Taylor Deckers, he, he's he's still pretty young. Uh, they could really have a interesting pair of offensive tackle bookends uh, for whoever is that quarterback. So we're taking a look inside the draft room of the Lions, and I mean, literal jumping up and down. I mean, you talk about it. There was no excitement from Trey Lance out of the San Francisco 49ers war room, but it was quite the opposite for Detroit. Whoever they selected here in the next couple of moments, I mean, they are just absolutely over the moon about selecting this guy with the seventh overall pick. By the way, we were going to take a look into our, our War room. I guess we could go ahead and take a look in there. I, I was told that maybe everybody walked out, uh, so there's not a whole lot uh, going on in that war room. So we're actually going to wait to go in there. There's not a whole lot going on. There's a lot of empty chairs, at least at this very hmm. moment. I don't know if that necessarily means anything. That's that's interesting. That makes that makes me think. I mean, look, you know the time this works. There's the official pick from the commissioner Penesul. tells you it's Penny Sewell from Oregon. But knowing the timeline of these picks, how when it happens on TV, it's already happened. You know, in say, real life, the league, the teams themselves are this five minutes ahead of the media. Feels very tradeish. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, if if nothing's going on in there, I'm just saying that it feels. Tra- maybe it's not. Maybe they're just figuring stuff something out. I, I don't know. But it feels like that there would be people in the room right That's, now, I, doesn't I, it? This I, is about the time you would – we're getting close to the time where you'd be making the call. Yeah, Dallas 
is getting close to actually being on the clock, as yeah. weird as that sounds. Uh, and just just in case nobody heard it, we said it a moment ago, but Pinay Sewell, offensive tackle out of Oregon, is the pick, and he is going number 7 overall all to the Detroit Lions. But, I mean, we talked about how good of a player he is. That's one of those tackles off the board for Dallas. And, and uh, even though he wasn't necessarily the tackle that Dallas thought they would have on the board at 10, he's one of the players that if they were to fall to 10, you would have to consider him. So now that there's one off the board, Rashawn Slater's next up in that category. You still have both cornerbacks. You have the Carolina Panthers on the clock here, followed by the Denver Broncos. Then you're here with the Cowboys. I mean, Is this where we see our first trade, maybe, with both quarterbacks also being there? Maybe. I mean, I was going to say, spare me, spare me your disdain if you don't like any of these guys but like guys that we know the Cowboys like they're guaranteed to have somebody right I mean I think right now you're seeing the dream of Micah Parsons and by dream I I mean for a lot of people it would be a nightmare which is sad to say because Micah Parsons is a really good player but you're saying you're seeing that possibility slip away slip away yeah which is good for most people but regard I mean regardless of what happens in these next two picks like we know they like Slater obviously we know they love the corners and we know they like Parsons mathematically one of them has to be there unless they're trading out of the pick which we wouldn't see that for a while anyway let's let's try to narrow down the Panthers real quick so I think this is the toughest I mean I you know three we knew as a quarterback at least we didn't know which one uh, I don't think we've been surprised yet to be honest with you um, like so far my mock draft the only one I got wrong is Mac I had him at three, um, but I, I got every single pick right so far. So Once again, are we surprised well, that Dane no, Brugler is no, right? I'm just saying, like I don't think we've been surprised yet. Like I don't it's think that, point. but I think Carolina is where we could be surprised. I, it could be a trade back. This could be a corner. This could be Slater. Who did you have? This at, could be Justin that Fields. Mark. I had JC Horn. I had eight. Yeah, I have wow. developed a healthy hatred for the Panthers over the last like month and a half. Because like, just because of well, they pick. just they need everything that Dallas needs, and they're sitting there and yeah. they're like trying to like they're shopping the pick, but they're not shopping the pick. They love Horn, they love Sertan, they love tackles. I'm just like, are you going to leave anything for me? Think, think about this: if, if Horn goes at eight, Denver at nine could take Sertan. And we've been talking about the Aaron Rodgers rumor, but I think that's I think that's good to go to sleep for the night. What if the the Broncos took Sertan, and then that would explain? And I don't know. I, I, I haven't looked inside the Cowboys' war room. I, I don't have that. Well, but apparently, like, there's nothing. If there's going nothing on going anyway. on in there, that tells me. I'm just I'm just putting playing detective here. I truly don't know. We're trading back here. Is that what's well, happening? Are you sitting there? Are you taking Slater? Are you taking? If they were Parsons? trading back, wouldn't they be in the room? I guess, but I Unless, wouldn't they be in the room if they were calling a player? Theoretically, well, not yet. I, I, not yet. It's okay. so hard to guess. I mean, theor- just entertaining KT. I'm having fun. If Maybe they, they were watching the draft show. If they traded back and the trade is already agreed to, sure. they're like, okay, we won't be on the clock for another 45 minutes. Let's go grab some dinner or go to the bathroom or oh, whatever. Weird. We do. Okay, now I see what you're saying. But you here. think that they? I don't think they'd, they'd agree to a trade this early, do you? No. What? Although I don't know, but I guess the thing that makes and it's weird to talk about is like they're ahead of us. Like sure, they're eight right. to ten minutes. At, so it, it's weird. I don't know. I'm gonna assume that nothing crazy is happening yet. Okay, I, I, I should calm down. As much as <laughs> I, just, we, I should calm down, and I will. We I think we would say the four guys that we think they like the most are still there. So. I woke up with the hunch that the two cornerbacks they wanted were not going to be there. Yeah. Oh, people have. There's been smoke about that for for two days at this point. 
And now I'm just like, like I'm angry at Carolina because I feel like they could be responsible for this happening in the first place. So the pick is in for Carolina. Just to run down the board that we have so far, Trevor Lawrence was the first overall pick. Zach Wilson was second to the Jets. The 49ers in their crossroads went with Trey Lance instead of Mac Jones. So both Justin Fields and Mac Jones are on the table in terms of the quarterback position. Kyle Pitts went fourth overall, the highest a tight end has ever gone in the NFL draft. The Bengals went with Jamar Chase at five, Jalen Waddell at six, back-to-back wide receivers, and then Penny Sewell went to the Lions at seven. So the Panthers are on the clock here. The pick is in. I mean, so no trade here, Dane. Well, I- okay, so uh, I mean, Slater, Fields, or Horn, or Sertan. Oh goodness, are we going to lose a guy here, Dave? If they're going to whatever they do is going to lose. I me think off. It's, <laughs> it's Horn. I mean, right now it'll be it's going to be Slater or a corner. I woke up and read Dane's mock draft this morning, and he had J.C. Horn at eight, I and that's who I I mocked on mine. I, I had true. Rashawn Slater. I bet there. a lot of Panther fans are Gamecock fans. So I, I bet they'd be I, happy about. Could that. they go with the local guy and J.C. Horn? I mean, that's not why they're drafting him, but it's a nice well, little. I know, I'm nice just saying throw-in. he's from from down the road. I mean. Uh, Carolina's in North Carolina, not South Carolina, I guess. But they're Carolina. Actually, fun fun tidbit. The shape of the Panther is meant to look like North and South Carolina combined. Go I take don't a look know at that. Wow. That's I, 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 I tweeted this out a couple of days ago hmm. that you know, we don't encourage betting, but J.C. Horn, the first defender off the board at plus, like, whatever it was, 800 or something, that was pretty appealing. Oh, man. Very, very appealing. By the way, it's been a long time since a player has fallen past eight in the NFL draft. The last player to fall past eight in the NFL draft was 1957 when the Chicago Cardinals... Defensive player, right? Excuse me, yes. Defensive player took... Uh, Jerry Tubbs at number 10, who was, by the way, one of the first linebackers ah. for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, I just don't even want to see this name. So Roger Goodell at I the board. want to see it. Eighth overall pick in the NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers. Select cornerback J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. One of the corners are off the board, and one of the thoughts was he could potentially go this early and not be there for the Cowboys, and that is exactly what happened. This is one of those picks where you feel like you don't have to say much about the guy because we've been talking about him for two months. Yep. Like, specifically. Uh, good pick, though. I mean, especially with what they're trying to do with Matt Rule, who's a big fan of, quote-unquote, building a program, you know, uh, almost kind of treating the NFL team like a college and everything you hear about Horn is true leader and all that stuff that we've been talking about. For a long time now, that game against Auburn was some really, really good tape. Awesome and I'm tape. not a huge on you know, Seth Williams, but he wore Seth Williams out that game. It was a lot of fun to watch. By the way, three straight opt-outs going, or excuse me, three of the last four picks have been opt-outs. Chase, Sewell, Horn. So at least when we talked about weighing opt-outs of the 2020 season in how these front offices are looking at it, early on it looks like it doesn't have a whole lot uh, of weight added to it. But, man, this this one hurts a little bit to see him off the board, Dane. He's a good player. Uh, and I think this is this is a coach's pick. And we know Matt Rule probably has the final voice there in Carolina. Um, you know, a guy that just the compete skills are off the charts. He tested like a, a big-time athlete. Mm-hmm. And we know he has the bloodlines. So, you know, a lot of signs are pointing here. Uh, and that's why I went there in my mock draft. It, it just made a lot of sense. 
I think which everything you just said about him in Carolina is why in a perfect world I think he would have been the pick here, and right. I think it would have been the coaches driving that. Like from everything I've heard, again, you know, Sean Lee just retired, Tyrone Crawford just retired. You know, there's there's a little bit of a leadership vacuum on this defense, and I think that's why J.C. Horn was so appealing to them. And you know, that's not a knock on Patrick Sertan. I think you know now that if they didn't trade out of this pick, which I guess we're going to find out soon. I would imagine, like, I think they would feel just fine drafting Sertan, but Horn yeah. just had a little bit of an edge. We're in the bear cage now, boys. This is this is where things get, get all heated. Yes, that, is a, way with that is a movie from the 1996 <laughs> hit movie Twister. Could Justin Fields be here? Wow. I, I, if I'm Denver, Why not? I love Denver making that pick, and you could figure everything out. I, I, you know, and, and then if you're the Cowboys, you sit and take Sertan at 10. Like, what that's if Denver how that takes Sertan out. at 9, though? That's that's where I think it's, and depending on what you want, I, I'm so confident in getting a good cornerback in the second round. See, that's how I feel about linebacker. Like tomorrow night, if you like, we we could go after Jabril Cox. We could go after Baron Browning. Mm-hmm. Um, who I know I'm forgetting somebody. Forgive me, but like, there's there's an, a lot of linebackers. Bolton, perhaps. Nick, who yeah, knows Nick how Bolton. long Zayvon Collins is going to be on the board? Like no one. Um, yeah, it, I mean, and Jamin Davis, I think, will go before 44, but I mean, it, it's not going to be insane. I mean, we've talked about this. Once you get past pick 13 or 14, it, it opens up to a spot to where it's not crazy when wild things start happening. I, oh, of course. And I think we said at the top of the show before the draft started that we expect it's going to be wild because, you know, these teams have such different opinions. But. I, and this is this is flawed logic to a degree, but I just think we talked about this on our building the board series. Like, I got a good look at what a, a second round starting cornerback looks like in Trayvon Diggs mm-hmm. last year, and he had a promising rookie season. But I think there's some drop off. So there is a little bit of rumor going around right now uh, from what I've seen. Philly is apparently trying to take this pick from Denver and jump Dude, from twelve to nine. There's been probably for Patrick Sertan. So, uh, could Denver trade out of this pick? That's that's one thing. Uh, could they take Michael Parsons with this pick? Could they go with Justin Fields? Devontae if they go down Smith. to twelve, they have options. If, if Denver's gonna, Smith. if Denver really wants to make a trade for Aaron Rodgers at any time in the future, like it's been rumored, they might do do well to get out, move back, and get as many picks as they can. Too. I, I, okay, there's a lot of things that make a lot of sense here. <laughs> we if, were you can, to think. if you can trade for Rodgers, that's fine. And I was going to say, like, why on earth would Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke stop you from just drafting Justin Fields? Unless you know, if you can get the best quarterback if ever, they, if they like Fields, yeah. What's right. not to like? What's not to like about Justin Fields, well, Dane? We're at pick number nine, and he's, I know, I, he's still there. Can you make it make sense to me? Yeah, I mean, he's a little methodical with his process, and that's and that's why he was my fourth quarterback. But would I still draft him top ten? Yeah, he was my eighth overall player. So at this point, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, they're not stopping me from from going there. That's it. it goes like I've been saying this for weeks about Sertan. I feel like you just have pick fatigue and you're looking for reasons to not like a guy. That's how I feel about Justin Fields. Mm. It's kind of how we I mean, thought about Patrick Sertan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, he was my. I went back and looked at my board and from August, and I had Lawrence one. Trey Lance six and Field seven. So I mean, I I don't think he was the clear cut number two guy all along, but I 
I do understand what you're saying, though, because it's we seem to do that with quarterbacks and then the guys at the top. I like Trey Lance a lot, and I especially if he doesn't have to play right away, that's a wonderful situation. Mm-hmm. But it's still wild to me that everybody's like, yeah, third overall, that makes sense. Guy who's only played five games in his life in the FCS, and then the dude who came in and just carried Ohio State on his back and like forced them to have a season and got killed in the semifinals and got up and won the game. And they're just like, ah, I don't, I don't know. Not sold on you. <laughs> but hanging out in the war room happening now. So it is proof that I did get overly excited about 10 minutes ago. And I'd like to apologize. Um, hey, we're yeah, so no, this is live radio. Man. This is the war room hanging out. This is good. Also terrifying to me because if Denver either takes Sertan or they trade out of that pick and Philly wants to go up and get Patrick Sertan, I mean, right now you look at the Cowboys situation, you're thinking Sertan or Parsons, right? Or Slater. You could throw Slater in there, but we've seen nothing over the last couple of weeks that even indicates that they're interested in offensive tackle. So it's Sertan or Parsons, I think, for the most part here. There's a pretty good chance it's one of those two guys at 10. Mm. It looks like Denver's pick is in. I, it, I, it could switch. They were trying to get the hell out of there. It looks like it. It looks like they were trying to get they're out of there. They're on the phone. They went all the way down to 30 seconds. Goodness. Uh-oh. Look in the war room. All right. Well, it, hey. How are you guys feeling? Everyone feeling you know all right? I feel, I feel better now that the Eagles logo is not say, up on the lower I feel verge. better knowing that Philly didn't just steal the guy that you probably want. And he, even if Denver does, I'd rather Denver do it than Philly. I mean, that's just pettiness. But whatever. That is pettiness. Well, I'm, I'm you think about person. how petty it would be for Philadelphia to even trade back up and make that in the first place. I mean, they place. did it. They did it two years ago for Dallas Goddard, or three, however many years ago that was. They, they, sure. they're capable. But this is in the top ten. This is a little bit extra. I'm relieved. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Unless it switches here in about thirty seconds, and then we we'll have some other issue. Hold on to your butts, boys. Oh no. So, oh no, no, no trades yet. No trades yet. Oh goodness, no trades at all. But even there, I mean, even here, <laughs> Denver could take Sertan. Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking about it all week. Definitely a candidate to take to 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 take Sertan. So this is this is I'm, does this just feel like this is taking forty five minutes yes. for this final pick? To this is, Denver and Carolina feels like it took longer than all of the picks before it. This, this is right. also why Denver you picking. have a plan B and Fields? a plan C and a plan D too. I, I have a bad gut no? feeling. I really do. I don't think they're going to take him. I think they're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers in, in June. <laughs> Steven is on the phone right now, by the way, in the war room. You can see that in the top left-hand corner, and uh, that didn't last long. He hung up pretty quick. So the pick from Roger Goodell, ninth overall pick, the pick before the Cowboys, the Denver Broncos select. Patrick Sertan. Patrick Sertan, cornerback out of Alabama. Wow. So just when we thought things were working out through the first seven picks for the Cowboys – Eight and nine go worst-case scenario for a team searching after a corner. What do you do now? It's Rashawn Slater. It's Patrick – or excuse me, it's Micah Parsons. Or it's trade out of that pick and maybe go back to 15. The quarterbacks are still there. What a difference a year makes. Like, you know, one year after everything breaks your way, this hmm. this happens too. You but, can – I mean, wiped out is not fair. This, but. this pick's a little surprising uh, when you consider what the Broncos did in the offseason with Kyle Fuller. Um, you know, just – it looked like they – Kind of were, you know, they signed Ronald Darby. It seemed like they were kind of set at corner. 
So uh, interesting that they went Sertan here. Best player on their board maybe at the time. Maybe they did something like that. Maybe they sure. Just went with I'm it. sure that's but, probably uh, what it was. Look, Having look, badass look, corners helped them win a Super Bowl as well. No. We, we've talked about it. We would be hypocrites. We said you're at 10, you're going to get a good player in this draft. No, All right? I still so, feel that way. So, But to me, there's a clear delineation between the good players right here and then who's just a little further back. And to me, Slater is by far the top player on my board. And it's not close unless you want to lump in Justin Fields. That's Rashawn Slater. And if it's not Rashawn Slater, me as GM Kevin am getting the heck out of there if I can. And it looks like that's something that could be a possibility. I heard that Philly's a potential at 12. Dallas trading with Philly? That's what it looks like. Wow. There's a potential. Try to get ahead of the Giants for Devontae Smith? Maybe. I, just, I mean, wait, hey, Dow, they're going into the division anyways. No, the well, next three picks are in the NFC East. Well, I mean, they could trade to 20 if they wanted to. 15. Well, I mean, the thing is, is you don't trade well, with. not if they wanted to. You, yeah, you got to yeah. have a willing Good partner. Point. Well, you don't trade with others in your division because you're helping them theoretically. But if you think that Devontae Smith's going to 11 to the Giants anyways, yeah, that's true. that it doesn't really matter. And so, the other thing is nice to have Sertan to cover Devontae Smith. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah. That's a that's a dream. We can't look in the rearview mirror. You're more yeah. of a look ahead guy. I mean, you already said that guy. on this show. Casey. Dallas <laughs> Dallas traded with Philly just last year for Tyler Biotish, but big difference between day three and pick ten. The Cowboys are officially on the clock, though. Of course, presented by Miller Lite, and we will be toasting this pick if the Cowboys oh, yeah. make the pick. I, I know I got I've so go, nervous. I forgot we've got, about like, that. We've got cold beers somewhere. I got to go get them actually in a minute, so I may have to pop out of this chair here in a second, but. Uh, I mean, Dane, what would you do here? Slater's there. Slater. I think I would do Slater as well. Parsons is there, though. And, of course, Dave, we've already talked about how much they think that they enjoy Parsons there. Yeah. I, if you if you made me guess right now, and we'll find out very quickly, but if they make this pick, I think they would pick Parsons. Mm. I would probably pick Slater. But again, that – and. I know less about what they think than I ever have because of all this COVID stuff. Like, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, you know, in a normal year, uh-huh. it's much easier to fact find. And so I'm not completely flying in the dark, but you're going on a lot less information than usual. And I, I put it this way. I think, I, I, I think they have a higher grade on Parsons, but I wonder if that's enough to win out. Would their, their thing on Slater is they would think Slater's a guard? Is that For what the saying? Time, and they think For maybe? the time. Which I have no – I mean, look, you play him left guard and you figure it out, right? I mean, I don't <laughs> – No, I'm – exactly. I, like, this is not a problem for me. I, and now uh, we got – like, I'm just – Slater's I'm, tape I'm is so good. Dallas – Adam Schefter go. says Dallas is likely to trade out of 10, by the way. I, I think they just did. Well, it looks like hey, they did. Haven't done it since 2013. So, at least from what I'm looking at – So, are they, are they just hope – so, okay <laughs> – they're just hoping like somebody's going to make this decision for them. Because honestly, if they're only trading back to that's 12, what it looks like. If they're only trading back to twelve, the a, Eagles are trading up with the Cowboys. There we go. Yep, and they got pick eighty four. It looks like so this is Devontae Smith, right? Boom. Is, is it? it obviously you make this trade to get up in front of the Giants? On the uh, trade chart, that's you know different for a lot of teams, but it's about a hundred point difference. Uh, if you were going to eighty four, that's about one hundred and seventy points. You won the trade by seventy points, boys. We've got four picks tomorrow. You can get, and you're going to get Slater or Parsons. You know who's really happy? Twelve. Right now. Jeff Cavanaugh. Captain Trade Down hey. is riding, boys. Hey, Captain Trade Down rides. Silver lining here. That's a huge silver lining. No, I that's think. A, that's incredible. Honestly, and 
it, this sounds so dumb to say, but even if they draft Parsons, I'll be much happier knowing that I got an extra top 100 oh, pick out Oh, I think I'm there, too. Like, is that, Dane, is that dumb? Am I stupid? No, not at all. No. I, Slater might still be there at 13 or at Well, 12. sure. And I think that's the two-year pick my in gut, My gut is just that they would draft Parsons over Slater. So 84 in the third round. So now you have three third-round picks. You have 75, 84, 99. At, with Philadelphia, they take that selection. That's a pick that Philadelphia didn't own in the first place. They got that from Indianapolis in the Carson Wentz trade. So it was a pick that was already dealt from Indianapolis to Philadelphia, and then they turned around and dealt it to the Cowboys to move up two slots, jump in front of the Giants, and make the selection at 10. The Cowboys now pick at 12. Am I just a completely sick individual? Like, I don't care anymore. I don't, I don't, <laughs> what do you mean? You I, are, do, I don't care about the first round anymore. Like, pick the player, he'll be good, and we got four picks to work with tomorrow. Are you kidding me? Uh, you got to see what they do at 12, though. Say, Dave, we yeah, got some ammunition. He already knows his par- uh, with Parsons. Like, like He's I already made up his mind. I like Parsons so much more knowing that I have an extra pick to address sure. my other problem. You yeah. did say it earlier, though. You said, man, going down to 20 would be a lot. You didn't go down to 20. You went two picks down. Yeah, you no. did pick that guy I up. I got an so extra pick, yeah. You, you got to care about 12. No, I, I I care. I'm just saying. like it. You just, said you don't care. The though. pressure's off. The okay. pressure's off for me. Like I, They did a smart thing. They added an extra player. Or an extra pick, I should say. Um, and and they'll get a good player. Like, maybe you don't like Parsons as much as you like Slater, but maybe you'll love the guy they pick with number 84. And there's a good chance you're going to get the same guy at 12 just, that you wanted to get at 10 I have anyways. a strange obsession with day two picks. They are my favorite picks in the draft. Just doing trade chart math here. 84 and 99, if you piece them together... That could get you up to 65, so you could go 65, uh, 75. Then now you're trying to get rid picks. of my picks. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying this allows you to do some things. It, it gives you a little more I like, uh, well, little so action. If someone falls to you and you feel like you need to make a jump and go get someone, it just gives right. you a little more ammo. The Cowboys now have the most picks in this draft. Hey, now. With 11. It, the Eagles did have the most picks until this trade. In your face, Philly. Yeah, that's true. We do have a lot. The only picks bummer now. about, about this is that we don't get to drink our beer yet. <laughs> no, I know we got to wait a couple. Yeah, we of can wait out. fifty more minutes. It's fine. It's fair. I mean, all right. So we, we're thinking cold. this has to be Devonte Smith, right? I mean, to get unless what well, you pay? would have to quitty pay. Right. They they made this move to get ahead of the Giants. So it would be Devonte Smith, right? I, or I, Slater. Quitty pay. I, I had Quitty pay going to the Giants at eleven in my mock. So I that I think that's a possibility. I think Devonte Smith though that you you got to help Jalen Hurts. Tua got reunited with Jalen Waddle. The Eagles reunite Jalen Hurts with Devontae Smith. Make it happen. Hmm. I'm telling everyone. I know there's a lot of people panicking. There are some really good second round corners. So don't let this don't let sure. this Sertan Horn thing eat at you because that, that's been the narrative far too long. Sertan or Horn, Sertan or Horn. There are some really good cornerbacks in this draft. Dave's, Dave's not ready to hear it right now. Oh, what's oh no? I mean, it, would I have preferred to get a corner at ten? Of course, but no, there are really good play. I mean, I've been talking about Tyson Campbell since January. With I mean, and, but the fun thing is, like, we'll see if he even lasts to tomorrow night. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I'm frazzled. I'm just really worried that uh, one of the guys on the Dallas Star official draft magazine is not going to be picked. One of the guys off the cover, and I'm going to be upset about it. I mean, I guess Slater and Parsons are still uh, I mean, there, like, so we're still pretty good. We're in good shape. What are you talking about? <laughs> 
at this point, I'd be surprised if one of them isn't the pick. I'm a little down, Dave. I so, wanted J.C. Horn or Patrick Chetan. Just hey, buddy, you got C.D. Lamb last year. You think you're going to be? Point. You weren't here. You weren't here on Taco Night. You want to that on for size? Oh man, that's true. You're that not was, always there. Gonna, was silence pretty bad. I wasn't here. I was left to carry that banner, I mean, and I'm still paying for it to this day. <laughs> I would. I was like, "Yay!" Was and Brian and Dane are just like staring at the wall. <laughs> it's depressing. You're not always like you're, you're not going to get exactly what you want every year. You're just not. It's okay. part of the fun I, of the draft. Well, and you know, you could argue you almost rather miss out on a player uh, and still get a, like a plan B as opposed to a player you just you didn't want at all, like yeah. Taco and yeah. how that played yeah. out. Although, I, which going back to what we talked about at the top. Parsons is that guy for a lot of people. Like a lot of people are just out on him. I yeah. I'm not completely there, but mm-hmm. I understand the disappointment. The big time run on pass catchers early has really helped the Cowboys out. I mean, it, it, that is that is because not, there hasn't been a lot of years. I have to go back to John Ross and uh, the Kevin White year. Wow, you know where things were going. Yeah. Top ten pass catchers, like a bunch of them. I mean, four of the top pass catchers in the top ten has really built the Cowboys out to where they can still get a player that they like. And there could be another pass catcher coming up here with Philadelphia as well, if it is, in fact, Devontae Smith that they go for. Roger Goodell is back at the stand, and the Eagles are on the clock. Or, excuse me, the pick is in for the Eagles with a 10th overall selection in the 2021 NFL Draft. The Philadelphia Eagles, after trading with the Dallas Cowboys, select... It is Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner out of Alabama. Three wide receivers have been drafted. All three of them reunited with their former quarterbacks. Wow. How about Whoa. that? I didn't even think about How that. How about that? That's that's fascinating. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Now, okay, well who which which I guess Mac Jones only played one year in the in the the Alabama system. I was gonna say who else is he gonna be playing with, but yeah. if he's picked tomorrow, he can Morris play with anybody. Forrestal, the tight end. Yeah, that's fair. You can do the that. one left. What do we think about Devontae Smith is now the Cowboys are going to see him twice a year, and, well, we allow the Eagles to take that selection because we traded back. I thought he was an ideal fit for Jalen Hurts, to be honest, a guy who can go, you know, what I like about Devontae Smith, I know there are questions about his size, but the way that he does win over the middle of the field and has shown that he's not really scared to go over the field and does a good job of contorting his body to not take a lot of big hits on that, you know, kind of wiry frame. Obviously, we've seen him win downfield and things like that. But, you know, to me, he's a good safety net. I think he understands his own coverages, when to sit down and things like that. So I think I think it's a good – I'm, I'm one of those guys who doesn't think Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback. But I think that's that's a really good helping piece for Philadelphia. Is there any any place or anybody here that thinks Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback in Philly? Anybody no. sitting at this table? I don't think Crickets. so. But I yeah. don't think so. Which is, but this helps you in that regard. But I also, mean, if you find one down the road, listen. Nobody wants to hear good words about the Eagles Uh-oh. on this broadcast. Oh. We got a trade. Oh no, we got what now? Chicago's trading up to eleven. Wow! Dun, the dun, dun. Is that a quarterback? Damn. This is Justin Fields. Fields. This has got to be Fields. 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 Maybe Mac Jones. Are we? Is there any possibility of Mac Jones? Uh, sure. You can't rule that out. Going back, which and that's obviously 
noteworthy, but Philly already made their hay to address quarterback for next year, in my opinion. I think this is a great, I don't care what they said about Joe Flacco competing for the job. This is an audition year for Jalen Hurts. Right. And now they have an extra one in the arsenal next year to get the quarterback that they need if they feel like they need to, yeah. which is very smart in their uh, in I mean, yeah, I know you don't like to go out of your way to say nice things about the Eagles, but, I mean, I, I, they played this well. That was smart draft. And, yeah. and if they draft a quarterback next year, he'll have Devontae Smith waiting for him. He's got the same wingspan as last year's six foot six wide receiver from Texas, Colin Johnson. So, I mean, he plays a little bigger than he is. Uh, but there, here's the thing we talked about. Only two players over six feet tall who are under 180 pounds over the last 10 years. That is Paul Richardson and Snoop Minnis. Hmm. Uh, he blows those guys out of the water. Um, this trade is interesting, though. The Cowboys, if, if it is for, for a quarterback, like we would assume with Chicago to 11, you still have that Parsons or Slater. Yep. Or is there some guy that we're not talking about? Or should we be Maybe talking an about a quitty pay? Should we be talking about a Jalen Phillips? Should we be talking about a? I I think it's down to Slater and Parsons here. I really do. I like. I, I mean, that's just me. We could talk about any of those edge rushers, but I think it's one of those two. Do Especially like if you trade it down, thinking about it. Oh, Seems maybe. like a big reach, but they love Zayvon Collins. I know it. I don't know if that is number twelve. I don't either. But they and we've known this for months. That okay, they like Zayvon as Collins. As, so I'm just throwing things out there. You're sliding back a little. Let's get let's get silly while we still can. Coral, before sure. reality slaps us in the face. Would you rather twelve? Twelve overall. Uh, Parsons or Collins? Parsons. I would take Parsons. Parsons. Okay. okay, so there's no no debate. Everybody. No. Okay, but the right. answer thought, is Slater. Now, yeah, I was about to say, we but know if it's Slater or Parsons, all, we are all in agreement that we would draft Slater. I would do backflips down this hallway if they picked I, Rashawn Slater. I have heard nothing to suggest that the Cowboys like. I'm the same way. I've heard zero there as well. But that was at ten. What about at twelve? I I just haven't heard his name at all. I haven't heard that they like talk to him. I haven't heard you know. We're, me and KT are sitting here saying they love Collins. I haven't heard that from anybody uh, about, about Slater. JOK. Well, no, about I, oh, I know okay. that they've talked to Slater. I don't know if they've talked to JOK. Well, let's have fun here. Why pick at twelve? No, why stop? Why stop moving well, back now? Because one of your quarterback targets well, just traded. If up. one of your quarterback targets goes and there's one more quarterback left, does a New England at fifteen get antsy? You trade and back need to again, go now. Pick up another one hundred pick on because we just name some guys we like. <laughs> I'll do it. I Dave would just want every Captain, single like, piece Ka- of that. Where's Kavanaugh? Captain trade down. I think he's in ride. studio. He, nah, he's, Don't worry about he's what he's doing tonight, yeah. guys. We're we're all right here. You guys have fun with Jeff over the week. <laughs> Don't worry <laughs> about where he's at. I know it's so sad. I'm just saying, I, I would absolutely, I mean, especially, do I want to trade down to 28 with the Saints? Oh. Not really. Bears give no. up their first this year, the fifth this year, their first next year, and their fourth next year. So the Giants now have two first-round picks next year. Dave Gettleman yeah. saying, in your face, everybody. Wow, that's a pretty good trade. trade. That's a solid trade, I think. And we talked about how tough it would be to go from 20 to 10 and how much of a haul that would take. There's your answer, to go from 20 to 11. Yeah. If you're the Bears, I mean, yeah, that's... that's Giving up next year's one is tough, but you know you still have a two and a three this year, and you theoretically have your quarterback. I'll and steal this point from Brian. Ryan Pace is like, I don't give it. That's not my problem. Yeah. If we don't win this year, I'm fired, and you got to figure it out. Exactly. I, I, you're almost surprised that ownership signed off on it, but hey, if uh, this is Fields, right? Were you thinking Fields yeah. over Mac Jones? Absolutely. I mean, it should not be a question. It shouldn't be, but you never know. <laughs> it's not. No. So I, the Giants pick, by the way, that they just received from Chicago is 164, just for those keeping track at home. So 164 is the pick. Pick is in for Chicago, by the way. And, and Dallas, of course, on the clock next. 
I would have to think it's Parsons or you're trading out at this point. Maybe Slater in there as well, but kind of like how you said, Dave, there wasn't a whole lot of, of smoke with the, the Slater pick and talking about these offensive tackles. But once again, that would set some direct message about how they feel about their offensive tackle health. Yeah. I mean, there was more smoke for Slater than there was for Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. But I agree it's with true. you. And I, this is this is going to be interesting. I do wonder, you know, if it's another one of those cases of like BPA or do you, like do you, you lean toward need? Teams lean toward need way more than they want to admit. And so I'll I'll be curious. I think you know we've all already said we would draft Slater. I won't be surprised if they draft Parsons. I I I mean I'm kind of on the the bandwagon of a quarterback's going to go here. Quarterback's going to go at twelve. Then you've got thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Let's let's. If the Patriots want Mac Jones, let them come up and get him. Would you take pick ninety six and lose a trade? Because that's 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 close to go back to fifteen. Yeah, yeah, I would. I think you, I would you, do it too. You could be trade. You could be going away from a guy you like. It's true. I think the guys that they love, like love, are gone. Chicago pick is in. Goodell is at the stand. I think they're doing a charity draftathon talk here. By the way, you can also. Catch out the NFL Draft on the NFL Network and on ABC here on night one. We'll be with you throughout the weekend here on the Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite. Special thanks to our friends at Miller yeah. Lite. So the Cowboys are about to be back on the clock on draft day. You guys think Andy Dalton's a little pissed off? Mm. If Andy Dalton didn't see this coming, he's not smart. That's true. You're the starter, Andy. Well, he still could be. Like, I mean, huh. you got you got Fields for five years. If he's not ready, he's not ready. <laughs> you don't have your coach and GM for five years. That's fair. That's a good point. <laughs> so, still talking about this draftathon as the pick is in. I think they're talking about a specific individual i always got to be careful because this is usually like a very feel-good story like they're doing something very nice and i'm like right the damn pick <laughs> yeah but our audience pick. is listening to us you know it's, it's a, a good point it doesn't really help out but he is making the pick now in chicago with the 11th overall selection selects oh man i'm always a little early i'm bad at this quarterback hey, they're gonna do it 200 yeah. more times it's true i'll Starts get better the by the end of the weekend Starts with the J. Justin Fields, there it is. quarterback of Ohio State. Finally, he falls, and I think this is a great selection for Chicago. Dan. Oh, yeah. Great selection. It makes all the sense in the world. Um, he, he fell just far enough where he was in striking distance for the Bears. Uh, it really, it's a bold move, but, hey, they traded up one spot for Trubisky. You can move up nine spots to get Fields. Uh, and, you know, Andy Dalton, obviously, more of the stopgap option in Chicago. Fields gives them a future. And who knows? If you're Ryan Pace, if you're Matt Nagy, maybe this extends your, uh, your, your time in Chicago a little bit. And, and I think it helps that he's an exciting player, too. Yeah. I mean, even when you're talking about what the morale is around that organization for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, who have never really fully recovered from the Trubisky pick, you know? Justin Fields will step in and be fun. I think I, I, and you gave up a lot to get there, but you know, we were talking about going from 20 to 10 and how much that cost you. Just a fourth this year or just a fifth this year, a fourth next year and then of course next year's first, but you know, again, you're you're trying to keep your job and How many general managers do you think in the history of the NFL have drafted first round quarterback in a span of 4 years? Multiple first-round quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh, it can't be a long list. Uh, Kime. Kime did it yeah. in Arizona. Yeah. It's bad if it happens. Well, it's, it's, it's usually, usually you get a chance to draft one first-round quarterback, and if it fails, you're usually out. So 
you know, it's just it's just interesting that Ryan Pace gets a second chance here. I don't, you know, that, it's not my business. I guess I shouldn't like. I'm not rooting for people to get fired, but you, sure. you trade up for Trubisky and miss that badly <laughs> in the same draft that Patrick Mahomes went eight spots later. That's it for me. I'm like, nah, maybe I don't want you making these decisions. We're goofing in the war room here. We're alive and well, just hanging out here. What do you guys think yeah, is going on here? Let's take a Cowboys quick little live look in there and, and, and see what's see going on. I anybody on the phone. Yeah, I can't see it as well. There's a good look at it. Oh, Steven. actually, I do see Will on the phone, which Will is usually the person who calls these guys, so... That? So the selection probably made for Possibly, the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's we're definitely making made. A, we're making a pick. If, if, if it goes from Will to Jerry, we're making a pick. So who do you think it is? Slater? Parsons? <sighs> if you're making me if you're making me say, I would say Parsons. I would say Parsons as well. It feels, Dane Brugler? I'm an optimist. So I'll say Slater. There you go. I, I mean, if I'm making the pick, it's Slater, but I think they would pick Parsons. I, I, see, that's exactly how I feel here. But you talk about the defense and just how poor they were last year, just how much of a question mark that linebacker room is. You can see Parsons making sense. What sucks, my my favorite thing about draft weekend is normally, you know, the coach of the player that's getting picked is going to come in and congratulate and maybe sometimes even talk to the guy. Probably not going to see that this year because only 10 people are allowed in the war room. Mm-hmm. So that that's typically something that helps us get tipped off about who they're talking to, and I, I'm just not convinced we're going to get that this year. Like, I would love to see Joe Philbin walking in the room right now, because then we would know. And there's Mike. Mike is on the phone. I'm very pro-Beard McCarthy. I think oh, I, I think like so. Oh, yeah. Off-season McCarthy? It's fantastic. By the way, I want to thank our friends at Miller Lite. As the draft pick has been made, the pick is in, now officially on NFL Network. Mike McCarthy having that phone call, but man, uh, right here, Slater's probably the top player offensively. Michael Parsons is the best player defensively. Dane, is that true to your board as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's with Parsons, a good is a good player. Got a fist pump. Oh, fist pump. Do we have a defensive or offensive coordinator? I was gonna say, I'm looking for assistant (laughs) coach here. Come on, yeah. No, no assistant coach. Todd Williams. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Whose arm is that? That's that literally, I was like, is that, <laughs> is that Dan Quinn? What are we doing here? I wonder if the coordinators are even in the room. Because like you said, not a whole lot right. of uh, extra people yeah. in the room this year. Personnel in the war room. This is like this is always the worst radio of the whole show. It is. I, I just want to see what they're like. Come on. Well, we've talked about Help it for out. six months. We've talked about it since the end of December. Who will be the Cowboys selection at 10? Guess what? They didn't pick at 10. They p- traded back, picked up pick number 84 from the hated Philadelphia Eagles. They now hold the 12th pick in the draft, just five selections higher than they selected a year ago. And they've got a chance to add to either side of the football. In the trenches, technically, I guess front seven on the defensive side, and then you talk about offensive tackle on the offensive side. That live from inside the Ford Center. I just I think back to something Mike said on Tuesday at the draft press conference, which is that they want this team to be faster. They weren't fast last year, not on the defensive side of the ball. And say what you will about them, but a linebacker who runs a four three nine unofficial forty seems pretty damn fast to me. Yeah, and uh, like I say, hey, I love Rashawn Slater too, but I just 
think we're uh, I think we're welcoming Micah Parsons to Dallas. Here. I think so too. I think that would be the pick. It, well, and it's interesting because what does that mean for the linebackers currently on this roster? It means it's certainly possible Leighton Vanderesh isn't going to see his option picked up on Monday afternoon. I mean, you got to consider that. That's a good point. I mean, That's no, going to be a storyline. There's 10 million angles, and you yeah. know we'll let we'll let Roger make the pick, I guess. But I mean, if that's the pick, and we think it is, then there's a lot to get into there because uh, they have a chance. You know, they could draft another linebacker later in this draft. And just completely revamp this whole thing in one swoop, kind of like they did with cornerback a few years ago. So Roger Goodell with a Cowboys fan up at the stand at the moment. They're going to do another draft-a-thon thing. So, oh, man, you talk about the nerves here. But, hey, either way you feel like or you're a better football team after this pick, no matter which way they go on the crossroads, right? Better football team. Better football team. That's and you know it's it's what we always say is it's and like I said, trading back and getting the extra pick offsets makes me feel a lot better. It offsets some of the disappointment. I agree. Um, you know, I'll I'll let Dane do the player breakdown. Well, I, I, he opted out this past year, but you have to feel great about him playing two years, and he led the team in tackles both years, and one of those years wasn't even a starter. So this, this isn't uh, talent wise. Uh, I mean, sign me up. Micah Parsons is a good player. Um, now we could talk about the value and all of that. That's where I think that's that's more of where the sticking, or, or you know, where we might have an issue. By the way, the pick is in. Selection been made with a 12th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The newest Dallas Cowboy to put a star on the side of his helmet is. Go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I, I Micah can, Parsons, I linebacker lips, yeah. out of Penn State. He is the pick. He, he really will be a Dallas be Cowboy. He wanted to be here. Hey, he looks good in Navy. We know that already. And he will be the newest Dallas Cowboy. How about that? Presented by Miller Lite. Let's go ahead and toast to Micah Parsons. Hey. Feels hey. good after selecting one, another top 100 pick. Because I think that's something that you could feel good about. Thanks, as Miller. we go ahead and taste. Miller time, Cheers. of course. Fantastic. But, man. Micah Parsons is here in Dallas. Now, what do you do for the rest of the draft? Where do you get your corner? Well, you know, I mean... You have a Miller Lite, and then you figure it out. That's and it, that's the fun part of the puzzle, is regardless of what you think, you have now addressed linebacker in a big way. You still could, obviously, if the right player falls to you, but it's something you don't have to stress about. And to KT's point, we can go cornerback hunting. We got four shots at it, you know, starting with 44. Um, so you're going to have all kinds of options. And, yeah, I would imagine they're going to look at DBs in a big way tomorrow night. I think that's going to be the theme. That It was cornerback and linebacker for me. And right. so you've you've handled one of those things, and I feel like they're going to take a hard look at the secondary tomorrow night. And what have we been talking about this whole time? Cornerback stretches. It's a position in the second round where you're going to have options. Uh, I mean, who knows? Both Georgia corners could be there. Uh, if Yatu Melifonwu could be there, uh, you know, uh, Robinson from UCF. I mean, there's a lot of cornerbacks. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure as disappointed as they are about those corners not being there, they're getting a good player, Michael Parsons, and they can feel good about the cornerback depth on day two. So, uh, it, it, you know, and it's interesting in a year like this, as long as you're comfortable with Michael Parsons in terms of, you know, just how he's going to fit in your locker room and that whole element of of this pick. The talent's unquestioned, uh, whether he's rushing the passer, playing off ball, whatever you ask him to do. He has the athleticism that's just different than most guys that are 6'3", 246. And by the way, getting word that they, they did field calls 
certainly from teams behind him to potentially move back. Apparently the Patriots were one of those teams that were in the conversation. But ultimately, Micah Parsons ends up being the pick. And I don't blame him for making that selection. And I feel like over the course of the draft show, I feel like we've done pretty poor of a job of kind of outlining exactly what kind of player Parsons is. Because we have some concerns. Sure, there are some question marks, but this is a hell of a football player that's going to immediately see a large role on this defense. I will throw this out there, though, and I think it's important. A, it, a big part of that is because it's hard to give a true outline. One, I just tweeted this. You know, We haven't talked to Dan Quinn all spring. I don't have point. a sense for how he wants to use him. I yeah. can guess. The other thing... Micah Parsons is a bit of a projection. What made J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan so enticing is that they've just been doing it down after down. And I'm not blaming Micah Parsons for opting out, but that's 10, you know, that, well, he's in the Big Ten, so that's probably seven to eight games of tape that we didn't get from him not playing. Again, not blaming him at all, but it is more of a projection to guess how he'll progress. I mean, he's a super young, super raw football player. You can get lost in the sauce, too, when you start thinking too far ahead on nights like this, too, where you talked a little bit about the Leighton Van Esch fifth-year option and what that can mean. And we talked about this two months ago, and it was uh, you know, guaranteeing Jalen's money for this year when there was a deadline yeah. for that. You, you, we start thinking, but that's the business of this game. Um, you know, Micah Parsons needs to be on the field a lot. And I think you will be. I think you will be. Who's coming off? Who's who's going to lose snaps because of this? Is it Keanu Neal? Is it Jalen Smith? You know who's who's go, who's going to lose snaps because of this? Because he plays. Um, and I think that there's a couple things that that Dana mentioned too, talking about how he can blitz and things like that. His coverage skills are good. I was not a fan on tape. A few times, you had little issues with run fits and things like that, and that's bothersome. But this is a guy who, again, is a young guy and will continue to, you know, grow in a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm not terribly concerned about the, you know, uh, you know, the questions that were off the field and things like that. And you can go find those if you want. Yeah. Um, you know, it feels like that's a thing that was a mistake from a, you know, an early age. Um, but you know, I think I think you got a good talent. You got a top ten talent in the draft. You got an extra pick to get it. And the Horn Sertan thing was out of your hands unless you wanted to move up. See, and I didn't want to move yeah, up for would, one of those guys. That's kind of where I'm at as well. That's I I agree. And if you're going pure BPA, maybe it should have been Slater. But we had a feeling they were going to lean yeah. defense in this draft. And it, you can't argue with the guy's talent. And, yeah, I mean, if they had drafted Micah Parsons over J.C. Horn, I think we'd probably feel some type of way about that. But they didn't. It was out of their control. Can I add, too, on the Leighton Vanderish fifth-year option decision that they'll have next week? Just because you decline a guy's fifth-year option doesn't mean he's gone. Like, he plays for another year, no. and then he's a free agent, and then you can still sign him. Sign and his him, play on the franchise field, tag him, you can do all kinds of stuff. Or maybe you just feel better about the him than the guy that you have next to him if you want to do extend yeah. the option. I mean, Those guys a have a lot to prove ways. on the field in 20, 2021, quite frankly, and, and, and they will determine you know what this team does with them. The Cowboys, they needed a linebacker desperately, not necessarily for 2021, but because Leighton's option and injury history. And let's be frank, Jalen had a very disappointing season. They guaranteed his salary, so he's here for 2021. But if you don't see better return on your investment this year, then that's a conversation for next year about, like, do you go forward with this guy? And now Micah Parsons gives you the freedom to make decisions like that. You don't, you know, if, if you want to pick up Leighton's option, that's great. If you don't, 
Parsons gives you that flexibility, and I'm getting way ahead of myself, but if you want to have a conversation about moving on from Jalen Smith, I feel a hell of a lot better about it with Micah Parsons on the roster than I would without him. Now, we've seen first-round picks. I mean, Jalen Smith was a second-round pick. Leighton Vander Esch was a first-round pick in his own right, but is this the most talented linebacker you have on your roster right now? Yes. You think so? Absolutely. Straight off the, straight off the bat. He might be... Yeah. I mean... I guess you still have to give like Demarcus Lawrence the benefit of the doubt, but he might be your he he's your most talented defensive player right now. Wow! I mean, Demarcus Lawrence and then him, Micah Parsons, from a, from a talent standpoint. Yeah, I'm sure that played a game. huge role and in making that selection. Yeah, that this was never this was never about how talented he was. Like for like I keep saying, for me, it was always about positional value. Yeah, how much does a linebacker affect the passing game? And that's why yeah. I keep saying like I hope. I would love to talk to Dan Quinn. That would be so much fun. Yeah. Um, you know, Dan Quinn likes like he used Bruce Irvin in Seattle to get after the quarterback a lot. The, you know, that was he was a pass rush, a DPR specialist. Vic Beasley, nowhere near as athletic as Parsons as an off ball linebacker, but again, using like a linebacker type player to rush the passer. If you like, you know, they call it the Leo. That that's mm-hmm. the yeah. big thing that Dan Quinn's known for. This guy can line up and come off the edge or or come unblocked through the middle like we saw him do so many times on tape. And get you, you know, we saw how valuable Devin Smith was as a pass rusher yeah. in Tampa. If you can get those kind of numbers out of this guy, I'm all for it. I love because that's Sounds effect, great. That's affecting the passing game. That's what I want in a pick this big. So I really hope that they intend to use him that way. We know we had to get real quick, Kyle. We know yeah. we had to get a corner at some point, and they will. We know that's going to happen tomorrow, or maybe they jump back in. It'll tonight. probably be tomorrow. Yeah. Um, or offensive, or, yeah, that's offensive line is something though we talked about. They need to get one. They need to get an offensive tackle in here. Just in case. They need to get one in here. And that's, the, that's the thing that bums me out is when you're standing going into day two going, why I, I didn't get a cornerback or an offensive tackle. That bothers me a little bit, but again, out of your hands. This is Slater you could have had, and that I would have taken Slater, but I, I got to get over that. They don't I, care what I think. Trust me, I'm, I'm there right now. <laughs> well, yeah. Kyle might be the I, captain of the I, Slater bandwagon. I was bandwagon. the captain of the Slater bandwagon. And I love Rashawn Slater. He's going to be a really good ball player for somebody down the road. Yes. And yeah. I wish it Pro- was well, Pro- Probably the Los Angeles probably. Chargers. Probably. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, no, And KT, to, to your point, I've been talking about this all year. I think of it really, it's, it's a four pick, well, now it's a five pick jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Like, we cannot predict who the, the 10th or eventually 12th overall pick will be. Maybe it would have been Sertan. Maybe it would have been Horn. It wound up being Parsons. And all that means now is, like, instead of having cornerback taken care of tonight, you got linebacker taken care of. Here's, so here's now, the, we're hunting, yeah. now we're hunting DBs and tackles. Tons I of think DBs and tackles. they they got to come out of tomorrow with one of each of those, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and, and we've talked about it already, but the situation that they were faced with, with Horn off the board at 8, Sertan off the board at 9, the fact that you picked up an extra top 100 player and you still probably got the guy you were going to draft at 10 anyways because it was the same two guys available. Devontae Smith went off at 10 to Philadelphia, and then you turn around and you pick the quarterback with the trade with Chicago Which, at 11. Yeah, have, have some yeah, faith. Yeah, we, yeah. You're sitting there like, oh, the guy we draft isn't going to be on the magazine. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, he's on right the magazine. There. He's right there. Right yeah, there where at number 11. But you, you got the same guy you were going to probably pick anyway. So this was, this was a win for the Cowboys. And like you said, it makes you feel better because you have that 84th pick. You could make that. You could turn that pick around and get right back up in the first round if you wanted to. Or just go get a first round good corner. football player. Wait, I mean, That's either true. one. I'm not saying either one's fine, but you can do a lot of stuff. That's the extra pick makes me feel so much better. Here's the Chargers selection. Can I have this one, Kyle? Yeah, go for it. 
I, I mean, I feel like you're going to need time to just kind of no, breathe and let it, it happen. No, I'm, I'm all for you With making this call. 13th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select offensive lineman Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Great pick. How you like that, Kyle? How's that feel? It sounded fantastic. It, it broke my heart. Though. I wanted him. I wanted him I so bad. Too. Let me let me say this about Parsons real quick, and then I'll be done on him for a while. He's a three down player. He doesn't come off the field, and I just spent the number twelve pick in the draft on him, and I've been a little disappointed in the availability of Leighton Van Der Esch and the on field play of Jalen Smith. Parsons does not come off the football field. And that's what I need to know is how they're going to treat this. Because if they're not treating it that way, then I would have gone somewhere else. I, I get that you're trying to make me feel better here, KT. And you're doing yeah. a really good job of it. Just wanted to let you know. Because I, the more you know. I think about this pick, the more I like it. Just based off of the fact that, one, you picked up the extra selection. And you're able to go down and get this guy who's going. like. And you said it yourself. He could very well be the most talented player on your defense. Liking the pick is contingent on how they use him, though. If they if they go out and they treat him like he's behind Van Der Esch and Jalen, that's going to be frustrating. That to would me. be very frustrating like he, to me. He is your now. He is your the same thing we talked about with Van Der Esch in 2017. All right, I'm now talking about that with Micah Parsons in term in terms of how I view that position. He doesn't come off the field. Like I, that's I'm with what you. happens. I'm with you. But he, how do they view that? And that's what I always wonder about when you start talking about. Just how long merit and meritocracy and all that stuff, how long guys have been in. This, to me, takes Jalen off the field. And maybe Jalen plays because Leighton Marish gets hurt again. But, like, I hope not. But this is this is this is low key. Like, there's so many wrinkles to this. We've obviously talked about Leighton and Jalen. Don't forget, we mentioned it at the top. Keanu Neal is supposed to play linebacker too. It's true. What's going on here? Where are these guys going to go? Keanu Neal may not be playing. Maybe your safety. Keanu Neal isn't guaranteed to make the team based on the amount of money they gave him, and based on what the track record has been out of free agent safeties over the last two years. Ha ha, Clinton Dix. So that's that's really fascinating to think about. And I'm with you, KT. I spent like after last season. Spare me, spare me, like paying your dues or whatever. Like, no job should be guaranteed on this defense other than maybe. Not at all. Other than maybe Demarcus Lawrence because of, I mean, let's be yeah. real, how much money you're paying him and because he's a damn good football player. But if Mike, I mean, Micah Parsons, if Jalen Smith has to get off the field for him, good. If, yeah. if Leighton Vander Esch has to get off the field for him, good. How would you guys like to hear from the newest Dallas Cowboy? I'd love it. So let's go ahead and go to the secret audio. This is in the war room between Jerry Jones, Will McClay, Mike McCarthy, and company as the Dallas Cowboys select Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State with the 12th overall pick. Hey, Micah. Hey, how you doing? Hey, man. I'm uh, honored and proud to be talking to you. Uh, this is Jerry Jones, and I'm calling you to tell you we're turning your card in. You're, gonna, you're a cowboy. Yeah, this is all I ever wanted, man. <laughs> you don't think it's too big for you to be a cowboy, do you? No, not at all. <laughs> hey, well, listen, uh, we've sure enjoyed watching uh, uh, how you have progressed in your career, and you had great support in this room. So we're proud to get you. Coach Quinn smiling from ear to ear. He's here smiling, got his thumb up. He's your defensive coordinator. Then I'm going to hand you over to our uh, head coach, okay? Yes, sir. Mike McCarthy. Here he is. Micah, congratulations. Thanks, sir. Hey, linebacker, you, you got to keep the tra- tradition going. 
Yeah. Well, hey, man, I'm a, from one PA guy to another. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting you down here. This is a, you're a great fit for us, young man. I'm looking to come. Let's get to work right you, now. Yeah, we'll do. Hey, enjoy this time. Enjoy this moment with your family. Congratulations. I will. Thank you so much. All right, Micah. God bless you. That's awesome. It's really cool. You that, can hear the, that the excitement. Never gets old, that man. was super cool, but I feel a little bit cheated. I love the part where Will says, Hey, this is Will McClay with the Cowboys. I got somebody that really wants to talk to you. And then he throws it over to Jerry. I, occasionally mm-hmm. I'll miss, Hey, stud. Uh, the old Rod McCall. Oh, Rod. But, you know, oh, yeah. it's just, uh, you know. Well, and, you know, obviously with Jason Garrett no longer here, my absolute favorite is it's a great day great day for you, but it's also a great day for us. Uh, yeah, same line. <laughs> uh the Jets are up at 14, which means a trade has happened. Yeah, they traded with Minnesota, backed out of that, or the Vikings, rather, packed out of that pick. It's going to be interesting to see what the Jets actually gave up to get back up in that direction. Because they had 34 tomorrow. and They had 23 66. tonight. Yeah, they did have 23. That was from the, the uh, Jamal Adams trade. Mm-hmm. So... We'll find out. The pick is in. New York, with who took Zach Wilson at two. Who could this be? Well, Maybe an edge rusher? I, 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 or offensive line could be in the mix, too. Um, Christian Darisaw? You know, I, you know, I, I think the Chargers were feeling really good about getting Slater there at 13. I mean, we, I had mocked um, Darisaw and Vera Tucker to them multiple times, knowing the Chargers needed offensive line help. What the Jets need is a lot of things because it's not a very good roster, um, but they're they're improving. Uh, I, I think offensive line is the play though, and you know for me the next offensive lineman is Elijah Vera Tucker, but you know Christian Darrisaw is a tackle from Virginia Tech who could also be in the mix. But you know I feel like that's the play, and, and I still want to see the details in this trade because the Jets have so many you know picks coming up in the top forty, so we're still kind of waiting on the on the full information on on what they got. Hmm. Yeah, still trying to look for that as well. And the NFL Network went to a commercial break. But Thank that'll you. give us a chance to, to tell you about Dallas Cowboys football and the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Dance youth camps are back this summer for athletes and dancers of all skill levels. Save $25 with early bird pricing now through May 10th. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash academy. And we'll go ahead and thank our friends over at Miller Lite for giving us some great taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs whenever we toasted the pick for Micah Parsons. However you and your friends are enjoying Miller Time, you can have the original light beer delivered by going to MillerLite.com forward slash buy beer online and find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly, Brewer Company, Fort Worth, Texas. So now it's just down to you and me, KT. It's been a wild ride so far, and I think... You know, I'd be interested to see how interested the Cowboys are in getting back in tonight. But there's a part of me that kind of says, hey, man, you've done some damage. You got back. You got a good player. You got an extra pick in the top 100. Let's go uh, get ready for tomorrow. If you want to maybe up, get ready to go, maybe put together some, some some trade ideas. Maybe if you needed to jump into the 30s and things like that. I do have the details on this Vikings trade. Okay. So the Vikings traded 14 and 143 to the Jets. Um, uh, so the Vikings will get 23, 66, and 86. So you said 114 to uh, the Jets? 14 and 143. 143, sorry. Yeah, 14 and 143. So the next next to last pick in the first round, or excuse me, fourth round. Yes, so Vikings are 23 and they are 66 
and they are 86. Gotcha. So a lot of a lot of picks for the Vikings in the top 100 now all of a sudden. Well, they did this last year as well. You think about it with my Minnesota. I mean, they loaded up on guys last year, especially after that first round. They ended up taking Justin Jefferson at 12, a pick they got from Buffalo. And then they worked their way back down the sheet to, I believe they had another top 100 pick. That was pretty good. Ezra Cleveland, the offensive tackle from Boise State, that was at 58 last year. But they had a ton of picks on the late day two, early day three part of the draft a year ago. So maybe they're lining back up to try and do that after not really the greatest year here. If you had to guess with the Jets, maybe you want to protect your your quarterback here, right? I mean, offensive line is certainly in play. You just drafted Zach Wilson up at the number two selection. Could you think about going with Christian Derisaw here? I mean, of course, the wide receivers, pass catchers are really off the board. Maybe you go with a linebacker if you wanted to sure up that defense, but I think this is pretty good chance we're going to see Darisaw's name called, right? Yeah, Darisaw or or Vera Tucker or start, Cosme. You know, or, yeah. I mean, you start talking about these offensive tackles kind of the same way you start talking about these cornerbacks to a certain extent, and you know, cornerbacks a position that the, the Jets could go as well. Oh, you've got the pick here, Kyle. Let's, Let's you do have this. Oh, thank you very much, KT. With the 14th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets, their second selection take. The you're gonna get this eventually. Am I get, yeah, I know. I'm trying to time it out. Guard out of USC, Elijah Vera Tucker. I mean, I, I thought maybe tackle would be a need there, but you even mentioned it, KT. That's a really good football player for the Jets that were really excited to get right back up into things. Yeah, I think Elijah Vera Tucker. You know, in my opinion, was kind of pretty close to the Sewell Slater tier. There's a bit of a difference, but pretty close. Played left guard in 2019. He took over in 2020 at left tackle, and you know proved that you know he could handle that responsibility. I still think you know to me he's probably a little bit better guard than a tackle, but he did appear that he could handle it. And if you can handle it, you're going to try him at tackle and see if it works. Um, you know he, he plays very uh, very very well in terms of playing with his hands and. And has the strength, you know. He never looks overwhelmed, good feet, things like that. The length is an issue sometimes. And that was the big question that people had with Slater. And I think sometimes those things, when you start looking at numbers on that, I I prefer to look at the tape than the numbers when it comes to the length because do they look like they're struggling? You know, the difference in these two guys is that, you know, Rashawn Slater moves a little bit better than Elijah Vera Tucker. Just a little bit. And that's the that's the difference to me. So good pick for the Jets though at fourteen. I, and I like the trade for Minnesota, loading up, mm-hmm. getting a pick at sixty six, getting a pick at eighty six. And then you know the Jets are coming up again at um well you said right early in the second round. They're coming up at thirty four. So they're gonna get the second pick there. Have a chance to get some action there. So there's a lot of lot of good fun to be had and, and that puts the Patriots on the clock and We've talked about this a million times. Mac Jones is the final quarterback left. It's so Patriots that well, actually it's really a Baltimore thing that you know after all this talk about Mac Jones being a top five pick, he could just be sitting there at fifteen for him. Yeah, and the only thing more typical than that would be is if they pass on him for something else. And, and Kyle, you said that you thought that the phone their Cowboys were at least taking calls at twelve twice, both from New England. I mean, they were coming, if they were coming up to get someone, they were coming up to get Mac Jones. And That's a good point. If if they were going to go get somebody, or maybe they wanted one of those maybe tackles. Maybe they wanted Parsons, too. Maybe. I don't think, Belichick's a defensive guy. I just always think about, like... Yeah, maybe they did want Parsons. Because there's been some... I think there's been some interest there mutually between New England and between Micah Parsons. 
See, Maybe this, that is what it was. But uh, like you said, Mac Jones is sitting there prime for the picking right here. This is where the draft gets a lot uh, kind of fun in terms of you start looking to day two and things like that. But when does the run on cornerbacks begin? When does the run on offensive tackles begin if you need that? Defensive linemen even, you know? When does that start to happen? Do the cornerbacks start flying? What happens with Caleb Farley? How far does Greg Newsom slide? And you just like I know it's early to start thinking about those things, but you start looking at a team like New England. If they're, they're, they've got Cam Newton for another year, I they need wide receiver help. They need cornerback. Help. I don't think it's that. Like that's the we're getting into the range now where we don't know what we like, don't know. We don't know. I mean, this is it. Elijah Vera Tucker is probably the last thing I feel good about. Yeah. No. And and, and this is where. Also, we talked about it, 13, 12, 13, 14 yep. players. You're in that top 10. Yeah. Don't trade too far out of it. Yeah. If you did that deal with New England, you would be dropping back to 15. Chance Micah Parsons, the guy you like, isn't there. Probably not there. I think it would probably be the way to say it. I mean, I bet Slater Parsons definitely was going to be there. I bet Parsons would be a Patriot if the Cowboys hadn't taken him. That's like, kind of what I'm thinking Doesn't it as feel well. so Bill Belichick? Hell yeah. Looking at, I mean... Some of the other potential trade-ups that have been tossed around. I mean, the Saints are still sitting there at 28. Now, there's not necessarily a corner for them to go get. They could probably wait on maybe a Greg Newsom to fall. Uh, the Ravens could have traded up for a wide receiver. Maybe they want to go try and get somebody like a Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. They have a couple of options there as well. The Patriots selection is in Mac with the 15th Jones. pick. It is Mac Jones. Who? I'm going to let Dave just announce the picks from here on out. I'm Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Sorry. Is that a rap lyric? Oh, my God, Kyle. Were Mike? you even born when Mike Jones was everything? No. What, what? When was that? Back then, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. A little editing there for the radio. That's but. good. Good thing, I think. Mac Jones, I want you to throw this out here because, Dave, I know you're a big Joe Burrow guy. Listen to this. 44 tight window throws last year for Mac Jones. He completed 44 tight window throws. Get that, 44? 44. How many tight window throws were completed by Joe uh, Joe Burrow in 2019? 44. You're going to tell me 28. 124. <laughs> oh, my God. 80 more. God, Joe Joe's the best. Mac Jones, 34% of his completions... So one out of every three completions came at or behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, I the concerns, they just add up with him. And yeah. maybe it gets a little more nitpicky when you talk about him at three. I had a third-round grade on him. And I don't like any of the other quarterbacks in the draft either. But I, I just don't understand. Just I, some There were some uh, deep balls sometimes you'd go, What? And I just don't have any interest. And I said this earlier. I don't have any interest in a guy who can't move. Sure, he's accurate. But is he really processed the field a ton? Or is this yeah. guy open immediately a lot? That's with, And with all due respect to him, like the comparisons to Joe Burrow are insulting in my opinion. Because yes. Joe Burrow had just as much talent. And that, you know, people are like, oh, he's surrounded by talent. Well, so is Joe Burrow. But go watch Joe Burrow. Go watch the way... That he runs around in a loop in the backfield, gets away from two pass rushers, and then fires a dart 25 yards downfield. Like, Mac Jones doesn't have the mobility to do that. Not at all. I'm not convinced he's got the accuracy to do that either, because the fact of the matter is that Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle were eight yards open the yeah. vast majority of the time. I just, I don't think they're remotely comparable, even though the talent level was. The thing I like about him is he's tough, though. Like, they sit in there, yeah. take hits. But it's like, okay, I don't need my quarterback taking a lot of hits. He's not moving. We saw this at the Senior Bowl, too. He just doesn't move. And it's not always that clean. 
It's not, but I will like you can do things to to scheme around that, right? Sure. Like some of the stuff Alabama did with their receivers to help him out was fantastic. Well, and if anybody knows how to deal with an unathletic quarterback, who would it be? Yeah, fair. Yeah, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. I mean, Josh McDaniels I don't is still wanna... there, right? Yes. Okay. I don't want to necessarily compare the two, but if I mean, just how immobile Brady was oh. at the end of his tenure in New England, it's the same thing his, with Mac Jones. Like entire tenure. I mean, that That's was never point. his yeah. thing. Now they did sign Cam Newton to a one-year deal. And that's he Probably doesn't have to play back. this. He doesn't have to play this year. Got my guy Jared Stidham there. I mean, his dream this, is coming to which, a close. And I, Puts like, an end to Stidham, I think. <laughs> third third round grade is probably fair, but it, like these guys get overdrafted all the time. Nobody's yeah. like, and it is what like I don't have a problem with a team using a first round pick on Mac Jones. It was always just the whole trade away your future to draft him at three that didn't sit right with me. The Patriots didn't do anything to get this guy. They didn't have to trade up like we thought they would. They just let him fall to them. I think, honestly... I think they're pumped about that. I, I think it's a real it's a really good pick, even though I don't like Mac Jones. That's a good point. Yeah, and I, and I think I want to be fair. Like, I think I just like, you know, I, I'm, tr- I'm not trashing the guy. I'm just saying this hype, this top ten hype... Really, this top twenty hype, right? But okay, I, don't, I just don't. Oh, I don't get it. But don't you feel better just in terms of like evaluating players? Don't you feel better at, with him being the fifth quarterback taken yes. at fifteen as opposed yes. to the third quarterback point. taken at three? I think the quarterbacks went how they should have gone, to be honest. And I, I mean, I liked Lance a little more than Zach Wilson, but Lance is not a good fit for the Jets who need a quarterback now. He's a good fit for a team that doesn't need to play him. I'm not uh, immediately. I'm not convinced. That we aren't overthinking this thing with Fields. Oh, I agree. I think Justin Fields is the second best quarterback in this class, but I've said that all along. But I think when we argued about this earlier in the spring, I also like I'm so I'm so enticed by Zach Wilson that I'm willing to roll the dice, even though I could be wrong. And I'm obviously th- the Jets feel the same way. I think Chicago won their draft just by getting up and getting Fields. Going from twenty, getting up to eleven, and making the pick and selecting Fields. I think that was the best pick Chicago's made. In a long time. Because that's a really good selection. I went out of my way to make excuses for Justin Fields just because I thought it was the right thing to do. There's two games that are just glaring holes to me, and it's Nebraska and it's Northwestern. A Northwestern game, good secondary, a really good pass defense, and a team decimated in Ohio State by COVID at the time. He didn't have uh, Chris Olave and didn't have uh, another one of their wide receivers. Offensive line was a little disheveled. The Cardinals selection is in, Kyle. Oh, yeah. It's 16, the Arizona Cardinals. And the Arizona Cardinals are selecting. This has got to be a linebacker, right? I've been thinking defense here. Linebacker Zaven Collins out of Tulsa. Second straight year that Arizona's drafted a quote unquote linebacker. That I mean, you drafted an absolute freak in Isaiah Simmons last year, who plays the quote unquote linebacker spot. But now you bring up Zaven Collins. I don't think any of us are surprised to hear his name here. But this is kind of going back to that point where. I think all bets are off now. Like, people were pegging Zayvon Collins as maybe mid-20s, late-20s. Nope, he's pick 16. Yeah, you know, I, I I thought Arizona might go corner there, but we start talking, when's the next corner go? And is the next corner Greg Newsom? Is it Caleb Farley? Like, that's going to be a, an interesting story to follow, you know, throughout the night and into tomorrow, perhaps, is what happens with Caleb Farley. With Zayvon Collins, the tape is awesome. Mm-hmm. The tape is awesome. I mean, I mean he's it, a physical specimen. My gosh. It, it jumps out at you. A little bit concerns of how much he weighed in at. There were rumors that he weighed in at 270, although I think he's playing weights about 
260. So it's it's not- 259 was the last thing that you had, which, by the way, yeah. if it was 259, it would be the second heaviest uh, or the, it would be the heaviest linebacker in the class. Some teams were working him out as a defensive end, and he could probably do that. We talked about that a little bit with Parsons, about how Parsons could go maybe give you some snaps at defensive end and things like that to, to be on the field. And I think Zavin Collins is kind of the same thing. You know, he's all over the field. He makes plays at all levels of the field against the run. He does a good job of, you know, setting the edge when he has to. He always knows where the ball is. You know, the thing I would say is he could do a little bit of a better job shedding blocks. And that shows up sometimes. But, you know, he doesn't, he plays faster than, than what his weight might tell you. I worry about the way he covers a little bit. You know, some of those guys that are 225, 230, you know, better cover guys. He's not really that. He's a middle linebacker. Uh, you know, that's what Zavin Collins is, I think. And if their team's trying him out on, on the edge and things like that, I, I don't love that. But I, I feel like he's a good middle linebacker. With Arizona adding J.J. Watt, you know, t- trying to make uh, some plays on defense, I think they'll probably go corner at some point on day two. So that's a team who's kind of the old Kingsbury train. He needs to make the playoffs. They hadn't made the playoffs in five years. They were so close last year. Too. They were so close, and then they just looked like garbage down the stretch. They, How do you look that bad? They were like the epitome of running out of steam. Weren't, yeah. They were like 6-2, and I think that, what, they finished like 8-8, eight 7-9, eight, yeah. something like that. And yeah, Kyler was so up and down. So they've, they, I mean, they've made some really big signings. Like you said, J.J. Watt, they bring in A.J. Green. We'll see how that works out, and if he can stay healthy. Malcolm Butler, a big name, maybe not a big impact. And then you make the pick here with Zayvon Collins. Their next selection's at 49 and then they don't pick till 160. Dang. Oh, by the way, after 160, they don't pick until the seventh round. They have a total of four picks remaining in this draft. You know, I, I've got the Raiders on the clock next. You know, offensive line makes sense with Trent Brown being out. Um, I'm trying to see who did I, uh, who did I mock to them? So, uh, I, I, Las I, Vegas, I mean, there's, they could, they could use a right tackle. They could use interior defensive linemen. They could use a linebacker. Barmore? I'm going to step out on a limb and say, no matter what name you say, you're going to be wrong. Cause remember when I said I was looking back through old drafts? The Raiders don't give a damn what anybody thinks. Yeah. Like their May picks, mm. their picks are so consistently out there, whether it's Cleland Farrell, whether it's taking rugs first among all of the receivers last year. Can I make a weird prediction then? Sure. Like just a guy that's out there that is the fastest of his his position group. We're going to do the fast guy. Go yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Samuel Cosme, Texas. Can I give you one? Offensive okay. tackle. Didn't Mayock used to do a Notre Dame game on NBC? Sure did. Liam Eikenberg. Ooh. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. See, no, but that's too obvious. <laughs> that's a good one. That's yeah. too and obvious. play him at safety. <laughs> <laughs> play him wherever you want. Goodness. That name's just not out there enough for me. Like, they that's, can play him at linebacker, That's too. a great they, point. They need that. I, I get like. I, they drafted Colton Miller 15th a few years ago, and it worked out. They just extended him. But, again, like people were talking about him as a fourth-round pick, and he went 15th overall. Like Mayock and Gruden do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. I could see Quiddy Pay here, too. I could see Barmore. I could see— Honestly, we're into the range now where, like, draft Quiddy Pay now— it was always it was ten that bothered me. Seventeen. I don't Go want JOK to fall to twenty or to nineteen. He's going there if he gets there. I don't want him to fall to nineteen. So okay. come on, okay, come on, let's Las play, Vegas. Let's play a little game here. Let's guess. I swear I haven't seen anything. So I haven't put, seen anything put, either. Put your pick in. Who Cosme. do you think it is? For the, he's going Cosme. He's I'm Cosme? going Cosme. I'm going to yes. say I'm going to say like JOK now because I like Kyle's logic of not wanting him in Washington. Thank Carmine. you very much. Appreciate you. I'm going to say Quiddy Pay. Okay. From Michigan. 
I wouldn't be surprised he's by got that the best, selection. Like he's got the best athleticism of any edge. Uh, have we had a true you know edge? What? Take no. it back. Take it back. Take it back. I mean, outside they, of Parsons, they didn't sign Malik Collins. Match. I'm going to say Christian Barmore. Okay, and uh, we'll do it for Waterburger. Okay, you said three different. Oh, we, we are. We'll if one of us get, winner buys a patty. Winner milk? buys. Oh wait, winner gets bought a patty. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, all right. Cool Sanjay, okay. I'll say Barmore's a good pick. I'm going to say Barmore. So, I mean, it's funny. Out of all of those three picks, guess what? They're all huge programs. They're all very athletic players, and they're all ne- not necessarily what we would take here at 17. So if one of us gets this right, our Actually, logic is spot on. Cosme, Let me just say this. I mean, Cosme's not traditionally thought of in this. I think I, would, I think I would like any of those picks. I don't dislike them at all. But we wouldn't actually make that pick, other than JOK. I think you would take JOK here. Yeah, I was going to say. That's maybe Aziz Ojolari. I would feel just fine taking JOK. That's early on Cosme That's, for me, but I'm a jerk. So oh, when you're all like again, Mike Mayock, none of these teams care what we think, but he especially doesn't care. No, what he we does think. not. That's what you mm-hmm. get when you sign a ten year. Also, Christian Darisaw is still on the table, by the way. Darisaw, and I think that, that's a name because I just look at their offensive line and giving Derek Carr some time to throw the football was a problem at times last year. Y'all, they they did it the last five years. They they did it. What they just they they, they did, did exactly what, what I said they're going to do. do. Yeah. They're just they're, you're going to be surprised by the name. Should I leave it for you? Yeah, leave it. Okay. I mean, you go ahead and say it. You announce it. Go for it. I mean, so <laughs> I don't know. We I were, seen we were it, on so. the right track. We were on the right track in terms of like off the beaten path. Offensive tackle is a good call. It's Alex. It's Alex Leatherwood. Out of Alabama. Classic Raiders. It was between Cosme and Leatherwood for me, and I picked Cosme because he was faster. That's, oh, Just man. Just classic Raiders. That is such a classic Raiders move. Goodness gracious. So Alex Leatherwood goes 17th overall to the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, man. Dave, that's another day, uh, day two dream. That that was a dream. But it was a, it it was was a, a lot pipe like, dream. It was but. a lot like Kyle Pitts in the sense yeah. that I was like, All right, is not he really going to fall to 44? Probably not. But it was fun to dream about. A lot of people gave me some flack on Twitter and on our panelist of analysts, or analysts that uh, actually, whenever I selected Alex Leatherwood at 32 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 32 was a little low. How about that? Yeah, I mean, look, you're the Leatherwood's... After I tried to the, trade that to Dallas. The promise is there. Is he a guard or a tackle? Is what teams are going to have to figure out. I mean, he's played mm-hmm. both. To me, I mean, he was a left tackle for his junior and senior year. I mean, he held up nicely at left tackle to me. You have a few issues with flexibility. You have a few issues with some being undisciplined at times, late in games, things like that, getting a penalty here and there. But he is so projectable that, I mean, like he is... Going to be a way better player in the pros, it feels like. I, I just think he's a mauler, man. Like, I, I like him a lot. Play him wherever the hell you want to. I think he's yeah. nasty. He's going to pancake people. Yeah, like he's not. He's not the most like elite athletic prospect, which is why we were all thinking of him in the late twenties to early forties. Mm-hmm. But I like. I feel like he. He can show up and start and play well right now. I'll be surprised if he does. Well, he was the what was it the Outland Trophy winner? Yeah. yeah, I mean he was one of the best linemen in, in college football. And then at the Senior Bowl, I mean one of the the notes that I wrote down was Matt Rule fell in love with his uh, anticipating the cadence. Uh, you talk about the top SEC blocker and All American Outland Trophy winner. I mean this is de- as decorated of a lineman as we have in the draft. Not to mention he, uh, I mean, player or excuse me, coaches in the NFL already were talking about and raving about his ability to anticipate the snap. Honestly, he reminds me a lot of Zach Martin, in t- which is funny because wow. we were talking about him going much later, and Zach Martin was obviously somebody we talked about high a lot. 
But yeah, he just he just does the job and and is good at it. And like clearly, Zach Martin showed us this year he can play tackle in the NFL if that's what to do. You think about the Raiders too? They want to run the ball. You know, they want they want to oh. get the ball to Josh Jacobs. They want to play that way. You know, I just I'm saying, they're going to need to get a backup tight end now that Witten retired. I love, <laughs> yeah, Witten and his like eight nine catches or however many it was. So okay. I just love. Sorry, Kai. I just, no, you're good. I just love that the Raiders don't give a damn. They, <laughs> they really don't care. Don't. So funny. Go just go back and look through their picks, and it's the variance from what the media thought to what the Raiders did is outstanding. Yeah, uh, yeah. On social media, it's going around as the Las uh, the Las Vegas Reachers instead of the Raiders. Hmm. I mean, but you can make that argument. Pretty he, interesting. He is a. He's very. He's going to be solid. I mean, that's like that's, that's what you have, right? I I thought it was weird when they drafted Rugs first before Judy and Lamb. Yeah, and they've done a few other weird things, but I I don't mind this pick at all. Yeah, they. I mean, they have kind of your normal allotment of picks. It's not like they have a big break or an extra abundance of picks. They go from seventeen to forty eight, seventy nine, and eighty. So they go back to back in the third round with a couple of selections. So I don't think this is ne- it is a reach. But I don't think it's as big of a reach as what we've yeah. seen from Las Vegas in the sure. past, if that makes sense. We got the fighting Ray Finkels on the clock here with the Dolphins at 18. They took Jalen Waddell at 6. Uh, we know, had him taking uh, Quiddy Pay in our about, mock draft. I'm gonna, and I'm going to say the same thing I said on Monday, which is like, it's insane to me that we're at pick 18 and an edge no, has edge come rusher. off the board. Ojolari, Could Quiddy this Pay. Be the spot? Could this be the spot? I think it is the spot. Jalen Phillips? Or would they go OT with Christian Dersaw? Jalen Phillips. Look there, right at the buzzer. KT coming in. How much fun is that? If you get all of the joy of getting drafted and no, and you're already in the city where you're going to play. It's true. Sticking home in Miami, Jalen Phillips. Unless you hate where you live, yeah, exactly. Next Uh, time I meet somebody who hates Miami, will be the first time. Jalen Phillips. (laughs) I'm going there in a couple weeks for the first time. Awesome. You know, after the Ojolari, you know, knee thing, which. I'm interested to see how far he slides as well. Um, Jalen Phillips is the next best edge and one of two first round graded defensive ends for me in this year's draft. Freaky athletic, all the skill sets you want. It's all about the injury history, concussions. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, and that's why I'm surprised he's the first edge off the board here. Because you, know, you could have gone Quiddy Pay, you could have gone Aziz Ojolari, you could have gone maybe a Joseph Asai, even his teammate. Uh, look at Gregory Rousseau. I know sure. a lot of people are very low on Gregory Rousseau, but entering this draft process, he was one of the guys that was thought up there. He, he's had a wild, wild story here. You know, freaky athletic, all the skill sets you want for the position. Ha, has an idea of how to play the game. You see counter moves, you see pass rush moves with Jalen Phillips. Long arms, you know. But you got a thing, 2018, he broke his wrist. He's hit by a car while he was on a moped. It's kind of shocking. You know, quit football, then he transferred to Miami in 2020. He had the concussion issues back at UCLA. Then he transferred to Miami in 2020. 15 and a half tackles for a loss and eight sacks last year in a shortened 2020. But just one full season of college football in his ledger. And that's, you know, two partial seasons as a freshman and sophomore, but that one full year last year. But man, the. The way he plays the position is really awesome because that's what you want. You want guys who know how to get an offensive tackle off balance and things like that. You know, he can charge up field. He can work in a spin move. He can swim inside, all that type of stuff. And I think that the, the questions are all about the injury thing. You know, the thing about him, you start talking about guys who've had like concussion issues. He, this guy could go make music professionally. 
Um, he's a big uh, music producer. His grandfather's the dean of music at Lynn University. And, like, Jalen Phillips plays multiple instruments. And there's part of me that goes, man, if I've got had concussion issues and all that stuff, I might just go make make money with music. But tells you he's going to make a little money playing football now. I like the pick for Miami because they've got a lot of picks you know, yeah. this year. So I, I think it's it's a worthy risk because he's a really good player. I'll be very – I think – I will admit that this is purely PTSD from Taco. But, man, I'm I'm so scared of edge rushers. Unless yeah. I mean, I just need I need to see I need to I don't want to have to ask any questions. And this, the thing that sucks about that is, if I'm not asking any questions, then you're Chase Young and you're going number two overall. Are you scared of edge rushers or are you scared of first round edge rushers? No, I'm I'm honestly I'm scared of all edge rushers because good edge rushers go in the top fifty. Like it's hard to find those guys further down the board. But then, yeah, it's such a projection. It's such a projection and. It just scares the bejesus out of me. I'm well, with you. And also what scares the bejesus out of me is the fact that Jeremiah Wusukoromoa is available and on the board as Washington Good takes point. the stage. I, I can't imagine they would pass on him. So, I mean, that brings me to the question is who are your top-rated guys on the board right now? I know JOK is up there. Aziz Ojolari is there. We, we could very well see a nice little run of edge rushers mm-hmm. here. So maybe a couple corners fall. Maybe that defensive tackle class falls. And then the Cowboys maybe start getting on the phone here to talk about going back up and getting a starting day one corner. Everybody expects Washington to draft defense, and if I had to guess, it will be JOK. But I don't like that. There's not a lot of there's not a outside of scary Terry McLaurin. There's not a ton of like receiver talent. Yeah, you like any? I mean, Rashad Bateman's hanging around. Is this early for Kadarius Tony? That would be scary. You are getting in that range where where those you know. Receivers going to come on board. My three top graded players right now: uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa, then Christian Darasaw, and then after that, you know, I've got to bump Aziz Ojolari because of the knee thing, and I've got to bump, you know, Caleb Farley. Otherwise, those guys would be out there. But then it's starting to get into like Christian Barrymore. Not like guys, Quiddy Pay, and they can't draft Quiddy Pay, right? Like, where would he even play? Well, I mean, four of their last first-round picks have been defensive linemen. That's what I'm saying. And they're all still with the team. They got the nastiest front in football. Like, seriously, where would Quiddy Pay play? Maybe maybe they just feel good about drafting defensive linemen. The The one time they didn't draft a defensive lineman in the first round, in the last five drafts, guess who it was? Dwayne Haskins. He's not even with the team anymore. So maybe they just feel better about defensive linemen. Who's the next tackle outside of Darisol? Cosby. Do you think it's Cosme? Probably. Me, Eichenberg. Uh, for me, it's Eichenberg, Tevin Jenkins. I was oh, say I Jenkins, forgot about Tevin Jenkins. Walker yeah. Little. I think Little's a little bit more of a faller in this draft just because of his yeah. injury history. But, I mean, there's a lot of tackles still there. That feels like something that they should do at some point. But, you know, linebacker, we've been talking linebacker, Owosu Kormoa. Nick Bolton, you know, seems like a little early for him. Maybe... You know, Jamin Davis has been getting a lot of you know top twenty-five buzz, and maybe Jamin Davis, the linebacker from from Kentucky, is someone who could be in the mix. So, you know, a lot of a lot of options, but it it feels you know like we're going uh, defense or offensive tackle for the Washington football team. No, that makes a really a, a lot of sense. And we're, we're going to go to a tweet here in a couple of seconds. Not right now, Matt. So let's hold on to it. After this Washington pick, we're going to go to a tweet about the Cowboys' odds of maybe getting back in to the top 20. Is Of course, that's going to start com- coming into the conversation. Caleb Farley, 
I mean, we talked with Dane Brugler kind of off-air prior to things happening as Caleb Farley in that conversation with Dallas. Here's what Washington has to say with the 19th overall pick. The Washington football team goes on the board, and they will select... Jamin Davis, oh, okay. linebacker out of Kentucky. Goodness, that's a good pick. Yeah, that is a good pick. I mean, look, he was going to go. I mean, I would with Coroboa there. I feel like it's not. That's just me. Jamin Davis, one solid year of production. That, there's your big question. One year of production. He can play everywhere. He can play Mike. He can play Will. Um, is he strong enough to set the edge? You know, it's strong. I don't know, but he can kind of do it all. And you know, only eleven. Uh, of 150 tackle attempts, only 11 of them were missed. So just, he's hitting when he's tackling you. He's he's finishing the job. I was about to say something about how relieved I am that JOK isn't in Washington. I don't feel much better about this. Well, like you know who's on the clock now. Oh no! Oh no! Oh yeah. no! Oh, it's oh no! The New York no, Giants. No, no, no! That was a TikTok reference for all those sure out there was, listening. Uh, yep. Wait, tell, tell, tell me, <laughs> tell me a little bit more. Tell me a little bit more about Jamin Davis. This well, guy, like, one, I don't have to run forty-four laps around uh, local high school, so that's good. So my true. running bet is not necessarily anywhere there. I mean, you, you talked about a KT already. Really took advantage of his only year as a starter. One of yeah. only four SEC players to average double-digit tackles per game. And at, I mean, out of all of the defensive players you see in the SEC, he's one of those guys that he sticks out on tape. He's one of the late rise in the draft class who wasn't one of the initial go-to linebackers, but he's still somebody that, of course, I mean, he worked his way into the first round somehow. Run and hit guy, you know? He's not the he's not your Zayvon Collins uh, take on blocks, no. get the guy off, go get him. He is your run and hit guy. I want to see him cover a little bit more. Um, he certainly can, though. Five interceptions, though, was able to get his hand on the ball a little bit as well. You, you just have to go one year. You know what happened. Now they did play a standard four-two-five, like most defenses are doing. But he was kind of in the middle there, as inside. I think it's kind of more of a fit for a three-four type of team on the inside. To me, it's kind of being the weak side guy. If you t- all I all, I'm I'm simplifying this, but if you tell me he's a run and hit player, what better yeah. front to be behind than oh, this one? My I, gosh, exactly. he's going to have space for days. And I think that's the idea with that pick, man. And I I, I like it. Again, what I said about missing tackles. Just 11 missed tackles on a 150 tackle attempts. I mean, that's that's a crazy a number of, like, it's a crazy success rate. Also, not to mention, he's got some speed, too. Just crazy speed. Yeah. Look at his testing. I mean, he was one of the quickest linebackers, a 4-4-7-40. His split was the best in the linebacker class, 1-5-3 on his split. His vertical was great. His broad jump was, was fantastic, one of the best in the class as well. So, I mean, positional-wise, he's one of the best, more athletic linebackers that you're going to see. And if he can finish a tackle in the NFL, he's going to be a problem, especially behind, like you said, Dave, a front like that. Let's take a look at the tweet that I alluded to yeah. a couple of moments ago. And this is coming from Matt White on Twitter. He tagged all three of – actually, sorry, KT. He, tra- he tagged the wrong all right. post. It's fine. Come on. Uh, what are the odds that Dallas packages some picks to come up and get Greg Newsom? What would it take to get into the early 20s? I know, KT, you were hot on the, the trade charts uh, a little bit ago. Is there a chance that the Cowboys maybe look at Greg Newsom? I want to throw Caleb Farley's name in there because I know he – He's on the board. Is there a chance that they go that direction and maybe try and sneak back in here? Because now we are in the 20s. Before I do the math there, can we talk about the player for a minute, what you're moving up for in Newsom? Sure. Because Newsom, the tape don't lie, good in coverage, three straight years of missing 
time and your season ending with you not on the field because you got hurt. Three we had a season long ending injuries. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the length is not great either. I mean, his length is closer from a wingspan standpoint, all that stuff, is closer to guys like Elijah Molden and Aaron Robinson from Central Florida. I mean, he's not talking about the length of these guys like Horn and Sertan. Like, would they want that? I, I like Newsom. I think he can play on the outside, but you are giving up some length, and I don't know what the thresholds are for Dan Quinn. Feels to me like Dan Quinn would be a guy, just knowing from his his track record here, long guys. And Newsom is not that. He's know, a good corner, but he's not a longer guy. It made the rounds on Twitter a little bit yesterday, but I, I know they at least have some interest in Elijah Molden, and that feels like a Dan Quinn effect to me because I don't think they would have looked at him last year. Do we need to talk about they have ago. interest in him as a safety, though, well, right? No, good, that's a really good point. Not Thank as you, Kyle. necessarily yeah. a but corner. Even still, like they've avoided guys with those measurables, but you're right. That is a really good point that it would probably be at a different position. Yeah. So if you put 44 and 75 together from a from a ch- trade uh, chart standpoint, that gets you up to in between 27 and 28. So if you want to play, you know, uh, we've seen Baltimore has a pick at 27 and 31. So maybe maybe Baltimore would play ball with to 27. Answer, well, to, the question said early 20s. So what you're telling me is that's not enough to get you into the early 20s. I mean, if you want to give up another pick to get up there and I, mm, I I'm not saying I I'm not saying I No, I know, I know, yeah. no, yeah. But I think like, you would you would be fine getting into the late 20s at that point. 44 and 75, I think we get you oh, to the late 20s. Yeah. And How, you have 84 and 99 here to work with. Does this team like Trevon Merrick? From the, TCU, the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I love think so. Yeah, Merrick. that's that, that's a target worth making a jump that. for. I could see that. As a general rule, I hate I hate it. Don't make me get rid of forty four and seventy five. I'm with you. Let me pick some players. They'll I'm be with there. you. I, I think they'll be there too. That's the thing that was so fun about that mock draft exercise that we done Monday and Tuesday mm-hmm. is just the realization that there's good players there. Giants at twenty. They got Kenny Galladay. They got Saquon Barkley coming back. Uh-huh. If you can see, even though the pick hasn't been fully announced, think offensive weapon here. If you tell me, I'm telling you that I know what the pick I know, is. And I'm I know. Away. I'm telling you, if you're telling me it's going to be Kadarius Tony, and I'm not even looking. I'm just guessing, but that's scary. I'm not telling you that, Dave. You sure had a, a gleam in your eye. <laughs> I always have a gleam in my eye. That's a decent point. Yeah, you always have that little extra sparkle, Mr. KT. I, Jeremiah Wiesu Koromoa. <laughs> okay, Koromoa, okay. I mean, I just, this, this I, is, I, Dave made me feel like really scared after just saying, guess who's yeah. on the clock? No, nah, yeah, no. Well, now they're on the clock. <laughs> well, we, I would like to welcome Devontae Smith to the division. It's, and I would like to welcome no, no. another guy. Just, and I will tell him in a minute. Why, why are you ahead of everybody? Come well, on. The internet's ahead of TV, Kyle. The internet it needs is. to stop. No, yeah, they, no, they don't. Chill. Welcome to the draft. It's good if you're this is ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, the you got it. Commissioner is walking up to the podium <laughs> with the twentieth pick in round one of the twenty twenty one NFL this is draft. Terrible radio in front of Cleveland, the home of Albert Bell. <laughs> the, um, oh, there he is! Damn the, it! The Giants take Kadarius Tony, wide oh, receiver like from Florida. I don't know. Tony doesn't have to work out, right? It's going I mean, down for real, man. You know, Kadarius Tony's a really good. Do you, do you mean to give you the negatives on Kadarius Tony? Does that make you feel yeah, better? Yeah, that would make me feel better. Because because there are some things about him that I think are interesting. 
Now, here's what sucks. 70 catches and 10 touchdowns in 2020. Lines up in the slot, sometimes in the backfield. He's got the extra gear to separate. We all have seen the tape. Um, the thing that's interesting is Florida kind of had to go out of their way to manufacture things for him. And I don't think that's because of Kyle Trask. He he just didn't have a lot of contested catches. And I think that's an unproven thing. So if you can keep a guy close to him, and that's a hard thing to do, then you can kind of slow him down a little bit. But he always finds a way to get open, and they, they would use him in motion and use him in a, a multitude of ways to get him the ball. So tough runner when he's got the ball in his hand. He's elusive. Dude, I read a stat the other day. He's good, man. This he's guy, good. This guy forced like – 88 missed tackles on 188 <laughs> career touches. Like a third of the time he touches the ball, he makes the first person miss. That's impressive. It, it's it's terrifying. And that's, I mean, I think this is a classic. Like, I'm thinking too much about it because they wear the same uniform. And I know Percy Harvin didn't have the most amazing NFL career, but that, like, the elusiveness and the, just explosiveness. The, and the explosive speed just reminds me of Harvin in the sense of, like, Find a way to get him the ball, even if he's not the most impressive route runner, and good things will probably happen. I've been very open about this division with a healthy Dak Prescott being the Cowboys to lose because, to me, Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't do a lot for me. Yeah. Uh, With with, with Washington, Jalen Hurts didn't do much for me for Philly. Daniel Jones is added. Saquon back. Daniel Jones isn't good. I'm just going to say it. He's not good. I don't care. I know. I I, 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 I tend to agree. He fumbles but what does he almost look like? as much as Wentz did. When has he had good wide receivers as a whole? Now he's got a pretty good unit with with uh, Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony. And he, Evan Ingram. Like this, their offense is suddenly is, way more dangerous. It looks a lot scarier than it did a month and a half ago. But And, yeah, I mean, Saquon wasn't even there last year. I get it. And Andrew Thomas might develop into a better player than he was as a rookie. Tony but, Slayton, uh, the other name I was forgetting there is uh, Sterling Shepard. He's still there. Yeah, he's still there. He's still there. Feels like he's been there for a thousand years, which is funny because we covered his draft. Yeah. Um, I, it, How does that make you feel? I, oh, dude, I'm, I feel ancient. I feel like a dinosaur. <laughs> Time flies. All man. these two thousands players getting drafted. Um, I mean, if if Daniel Jones can't make it work with what's around him at this point, then will like then he's not the guy. And wh- this will be his third season. Which is fitting because that's when you had to decide on an option and all that other fun stuff. We're gonna try it. That's right, right? He's entering yeah. his third season. Yep. Yeah. I just think if he was the guy, you would have seen more of it by now. Yeah, but but he's gonna have a lot to work with from here on out. No, no uh, offense to Darius Slayton. Galladay and Tony changes things. Oh sure, and don't, so don't forget Saquon Barkley, man. Saquon back. Yeah. Now, their defensive line still has some pretty big issues. Kind of thought they could maybe well maybe look there. So I know we here on a Cowboys podcast are not about to criticize somebody else's defense. I know we're not going to do that. Very good point. I would never. <laughs> I would never do that. I'm looking at some of these players that are still on the board heading into this 21st pick for Indianapolis. I mean, we we talked about Jalen Phillips here, so maybe edge rusher for the Colts. I think that's probably one of their glaring needs. Quiddy Pay, maybe? Quiddy Pay, Aziz Ojolari. That um, need for Ojolari is very I know bothersome. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's taken a lot out of everybody, at least at this point. I mean, Indy could also go with a Rashad Bateman. 
Yeah, add a little receiver help there. I know they took Michael Pitts last, or excuse me, Michael Pittman last year. I'm stealing. Sorry, I'm no, I'm stealing this point straight off of Twitter. But something that we maybe overlooked, KT Kyle. Uh-oh. Oh God, you know, it's it's a good thing, in oh. my opinion. Okay, who's calling the plays for the Giants? Jason, <laughs> Jay, which you know, Jason Garrett, JJ, very good point. Jason Garrett caught a lot of flack in Dallas for not being creative or forward thinking enough with his offense. And so guess what he's going to do? Hey, let, we'll see, we'll see, but or try. No excuses because there's plenty of talent for him to work with. Colts could do a lot of things, and Ballard, their GM, Chris Ballard, is one of my favorite personnel people in the league. I think he's awesome at drafting players. Could use offensive linemen help. Uh, their left tackle, uh, Costanzo, retired. So you got that. Could go edge, though. We talked about the edge names. We're probably too early in the game to start talking about tight end, two and all that stuff. That stuff will probably come around tomorrow. Darisol on the board, man. I, I, I like that. I'm, I'm just laughing because now that you said that, we're going to watch Fryer Muth come off the board no. at like 23. Don't, don't you, if, you're, if you're the Colts, don't you have to protect Carson Wentz, though? I mean, that's... Why you didn't take any chances And here. you lost Costanzo. It just makes... I mean, that seems too logical. You think Carson Wentz finds it now that he's back with Frank? Frank Reich? I don't know if he'll find it in the sense of, like, just magically becoming a great quarterback again. But I think he'll be better than he was last year. So, yeah, that's... Man, this is where the two... Someone's going to take a chance on Caleb Farley. I, that's what I keep thinking, and I I wouldn't be upset if the Cowboys wanted to maybe do that on their own, right? Ooh. I really wouldn't. I, if they wanted to trade back in and take Caleb Farley, I'm not I, I'd be over the moon I'm not with moving, that. Man. I'm not moving for a hurt guy. Hurt I would, guy, I would, I would I mean, say the same thing about Ojulari. I'm not moving for a hurt guy. Hurt guy. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a the no, thing. It's I'm, like, I'm emphasizing Oh, it. hurt guy. Hurt the, the list of things that are wrong with Caleb Farley is yeah. not short. So I will say we did not have that same kind of luck with the 12th overall pick. And guess what? Mike Parsons is on the phone oh, with hey. us as we welcome in the newest Dallas Cowboy, Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. Micah, first off, congratulations. It's a, a crazy night for you. What's going through your mind right now? Micah, are you there? Do we have Micah? Do we have Micah on the phone? It is a crazy night. Micah. Hey, he's got a lot going on. Yeah. The guy's busy. He's got to make a move. Got to go from PA to Dallas. Micah, are you there? We're just we're just on in Micah's pocket right now. He's like <laughs> hugging people and saying hi. As, as he should. So you do a bunch of interviews after I got picked? What's yeah. this? Well, this is fun. Micah. Micah, are you there? Micah, do you think the Cowboys should trade back in and <laughs> get you some defensive teammates? I think that would be fun to ask him. Tell us about you could ask him here in a little bit. Jason Oway. Oh, oh, Micah, are you there? Hey, Micah, are you there? Yes. Hey, Micah, congratulations. You're the newest Dallas Cowboy. We're here with the draft show. What are you, What's going through your head right now? Man, a lot's going through my head, but now, you know, I'm feeling blessed. I'm feeling extremely grateful, and I'm feeling ecstatic to be a part of the Cowboys. Hey, Micah, congrats, man. I'm I'm curious. I mean, you just said it, but, you know, and, and people are talking about it on Twitter going all the way back to December. You know, you tweeted out that you wanted to be here. What, what was it about the Cowboys? What was it about Dallas that 
that you felt that way? And, I mean, it's got to feel wild that something you've wanted for so long actually happened with, with everything that happened in the first round. Um, you know, uh, people don't realize, like, you know, I think, you know, just being in America, then playing, at 18, uh, playing for, you know, the best team in America, you know, uh, you know, playing at AT&T Stadium when I did, I fell in love with it. I knew who Jerry Jones is. I know what he represents. He's a serious man, wants to win games. And, you know, I knew what I was stepping into, and I wanted to be in blue and white again. And I said, the place where I feel like they got – they're a couple pieces away from being a really good team was the Cowboys. And, you know, um, this is where I wanted to be. So we've obviously watched a lot of your tape and studied you leading up to the draft. But for all those Cowboys fans out there listening, tell us a little bit about your game, you know, your demeanor on the field at linebacker. Um, you know, my demeanor on the linebacker is, you know, play physical, play fast, and make a lot of tackles. I like to fly to the ball. I think the best thing anybody can ever do is play with effort. And when you play with effort, a lot of great things happen around the ball. So um, that's kind of how you're going to get me. You're going to get a competitor. I'm never going to go down easy, never going to go down sweet, and I'm going to come in ready to play. Now, you mentioned some of those pieces on the defensive side of the football, Micah. Where do you feel like you're going to fit in with this defense? Do you think there's a specific spot for you uh, as you come in and, and get to get to work? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could play anywhere on the field. I think I'm going to use my versatility early on, find out how they want to use me, and, you know, take my opportunity and run away with it. You know, I think I'm I'm here just based off of opportunities my whole life, and this is another great chance for me to take advantage of one. Kind of going off that, Mike, you know, we haven't really had a chance to talk to your new defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, but watching your tape, you know, you can't help but notice, like you said, your versatility, you can get after the quarterback, you can, uh, you know, you had a, a big uh, strip sack here at AT&T Stadium a couple years ago. Have you talked to Dan Quinn about how he wants to use you or, or what your role could be when you get here? Not yet. <laughs> Like I said, I only talked to the Cowboys one time, and I guess that one time was the best time. Because now I'm a Cowboy, and it's time to get to work. Well, we're excited to have you here and, and to see you get to work. Micah, congratulations. We will see you soon in Dallas. And hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll get to shake your hand whenever all this COVID-19 is over. How about that? Yes, sir. Sounds amazing. Micah Parsons on the phone. Thanks, Micah. Appreciate your time. And Well, of course, he is the newest Dallas Cowboy. And, you know, it it is intriguing. And like you said, it never gets old hearing from these prospects as their dreams are realized. And like you said, his last collegiate game, the Cotton Bowl against Memphis, close to New Year's in 2019, that was his last time on a collegiate football field. Guess where it was? AT&T Stadium. Stadium, baby. I'm not one of those guys that cares about the the new number rule. This doesn't. I never really think about oh, that too I much. But, uh, Damn question. I did. Yes. Well, I, I, I don't want to. A guy on Twitter was like, "You guys should ask him about that." But like, you know, Cedric Wilson's 11 I, right now. I don't want to put the poor guy on the spot and say I didn't like, either. "You're yeah, coming. You're coming point. for Cedric's number or what?" Because 11, <laughs> yeah. 11 is full right now. Yeah. That is fun to think. Like, okay, one is open. I believe. Um, Two probably. No, I mean Zerline was there. You're not. Come on, Greg. The leg. He's not giving that up. I mean, you might special teams versus your number one. Dude, if kickers pick. kickers can change numbers too, Dave. Is ten open? I think ten's open. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, oh, I'm, I added up. Yes, ago and four, ten would be open. Fourteen is open. I just I I love that. Uh, if he want, I mean, he can wear whatever he wants, obviously, but that would be fun. Colts went uh, Quiddy Pay at twenty one. Defensive end for Michigan, as okay. we were kind of talking about. Um, you know, still have Darisol, the OT on the board. So have Aziz Ojulari. I think there's going to be an offensive tackle here for Tennessee, right? 
You would have yeah, to go that direction. Maybe you know, maybe a corner. You know, I think I think Christian Barmore to Tennessee makes, makes a, a lot, lot of sense, sense too. Barmore next to Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is so good. No. There's a lot there if you get a little Barmore and Simmons. Nobody, at DT. nobody watches the Titans, which is a shame. It's weird. That, yeah, they're just I don't know. They're new in AFC game. They get caught in a yeah. bunch in, in the uh, in the box of it's, eight or nine games at yeah. noon. The only time anybody watches the Titans is that one random Thursday night game when Derrick Henry goes for one sixty five or you know has a ninety nine yeah. yard touchdown. But yeah, I mean, I I, I think. I think the pick there is, I mean, they could do a multitude of things. They've got a pretty good roster. Quietly, you've got a pretty good roster. A.J. Brown at wide receiver, would they want to add to that? That's I mean, that big. could be some fun. I actually heard, uh, you know, I'm, I have LSU connections. I heard some talk that they are, like, enamored with Terrace Marshall, which, again, like, feels early, but it's anybody's guess once you get into this part of the round how these teams feel. You know, they took um, – who did they take last year in the first round? I kind of need to pull up my draft history you here. Talk about the Titans. Yeah, uh, Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle out of Georgia, a and miserable they failure. Cut him, right? That, yeah, that He's did not work. in the NFL anymore. Yep. Oh, um, no. So I, I mean, and that was at twenty nine because they were coming straight off of that AFC title game berth. I mean, they're taking a while for this pick. I mean, we're at fifty seconds remaining with the twenty-second pick, and they're taking plenty of time. Here. Rashad Bateman's been talked about a ton to maybe go or, or go in the first round. And you know, Darisol, their offensive lineman is probably their biggest need. You know, would they go offensive lineman again in the first round? I think Darisol is a way more solid prospect than Isaiah Wilson was last year. Um, I would agree very with that. Confident I think that. this entire tackle class is better than what was really last year. Maybe other than maybe the top three guys. I would. I think I mocked Tevin Jenkins to them. That's yes. what, that's what they should. That's do. what we did. That's what yesterday I would do or if I were two them. days or, ago. Or well, Darius there as well. I, I mean, that's just easy for me. I mocked Barmore to them just because the idea of Barmore and Jeffrey Simmons is very awesome to me. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I don't know. It's like. Uh, this is like this is like one of those things um, where you kind of go anywhere here. Wide receiver, offensive line, DT could be a lot, a lot of anything. And They'll just go pick a running back. It's yeah. not like they have one of those there, right? I'm sorry, been... is this is this happening at the draft? We have a little concert happening. It, it looks like a straight up concert. I'm yeah. gonna tell you though, they had the Kings of Leon earlier. I don't know what what's <laughs> happening now. I'll tell you, the it mu- does look the, like a concert stage. The music at the draft tomorrow night is gonna be awesome. I'm just. Who, I can't say who it is. The polyphonic spree playing? No, it's not polyphonic spree, but it's going to be awesome. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm just not sure. And I, and I and I no, I can't say. I, I'm not allowed to say. I'm trying to think of musical <laughs> acts that I know oh. that you're associated with. Oh, what? Well, this is a little fun pick. Okay. Oh, you guys want to know? Of course. Uh, yeah, this is taking forever. What is it? I'll say it's a cornerback. Greg Newsom. No, Caleb Farley. Is it Caleb Farley? Is it Caleb Farley? The injury risk. It worked wow. out. With Jeffrey, it worked out with Jeffrey Simmons. Sure did, man. And the man who, as of a couple weeks ago, still couldn't feel his toe. Yeah. From his back surgery. You know what? With I, like no no shade intended toward Caleb Farley, but I'm I'm happy he's gone. I'm happy the Cowboys aren't going to have to deal with that temptation. I'm not that happy Which, about it. Hey, our colleague, our colleague Jeff Cavanaugh actually did ask Micah. About his number, he said he wants eleven. So, oh, Cedric Wilson or Mike, it out. Mike has got that top fifteen pick money. If you want to cut Cedric a check, what did Cedric Wilson wear in high school? Or, I mean, not in high school, in college. I have no. Do you idea. know? Because he no could clue. switch to a single digit number if he wanted to. Now, 
I kind of don't like the number rule change thing. I know that okay, seems very old, old man, man but yeah, yeah, it does. I don't know. It's just get off my lawn. It's very organized. Cedric Wilson wore one at Boise, which is open right now. This is that's that's what's going to happen. We'll see. Cedric Wilson's going to switch to the single digit. He's going to go wear number one, and then Micah Parsons will be wearing number eleven. By the way, I believe and Matt. Kent and, and Chris Beam in the back, who, by the way, have just done a fantastic job all the way throughout this draft process. Correct me if I'm wrong, it, with the little L-bar graphic that we have on our screen, you could go on and buy Micah Parsons' jersey with that QR code, right? Whoa! Is that right, Matt? In That's the back? excellent promotion right there. Standby. Standby anticipation is, is something that I'm waiting on, is what I've been told. The, the world of... The QR code has changed things quite a bit. <laughs> so, like, we're, we're talking about the future and technology. Right now, you're, it might uh, – and, again, we, we've got to confirm, right, that's what we can do. Uh, yeah, he said it was coming. It was very – you were waiting on the anticipation of it, basically, oh, okay, is, is what it was. I mean, right now it says scan code for the official draft hat, but I'm sure you could probably find your way to the jersey from that point as well at the Cowboys Pro Shop. So, yeah, go ahead and check that out if you wanted to. Maybe a number 11 jersey. We are taking a look at Caleb Farley and what he uh, brings to the table now for the Tennessee Titans. And, I mean, uh, Dave, you said it. You're not necessarily upset that he's off the board and the Cowboys don't have to That's necessarily think about it. That's just me. But what outside of the injury history, what kind of player are the Titans going to get at Farley? No, Farley was honestly... Which is a testament to how much his injuries scare me because he was probably my favorite back when this was a two man race. He's cornerback one for me. He's impressive, man. He's just he's an athletic marvel. He's got all the size. He's got the speed that you want. Um, you go put on his tape like he he can man up with guys. Um, I like everything that he does. I, I think he's a great player. That yeah. the, the problem is just that's a lot of injuries. He tore his ACL in 2017. He's had. I believe two surgeries on his back. Like this has been something that has troubled him for mm-hmm. multiple years. He played all of 2019 with sciatic pain in his uh, leg. You, it's insane. Which, hey, shouts out to Caleb Farley because yeah. you're a bad tough man. Yeah, but it's a tough guy. I'm just. Which, if he had fallen to 44, I, you could yes, absolutely. Especially since they didn't draft a corner in the first round, I would have been all in favor. Giving up resources to draft a guy who has had. Long term and repeated health problems, don't like it at all. Especially when you could get a guy on the backside of that defense, Javon Holland, Richie Grant is still technically on the board here. I mean, and we'll have to see how the rest of the first. We're halfway there, so we'll have to see how it plays out. But like, if I told you, okay, who's all right? Greg Newsom's still on the board. Kelvin Joseph is still on the board. Eric Stokes is still on the board. Tyson Campbell's still on the board. Am I forgetting anybody big? Get my cornerback board out. Aaron Robinson's still on the board. Uh, Yeah, Elijah Molden. Oh, Melifonwu. If, if he, uh, if if you like him. Paulson Adebo, I know he's a little bit later on probably. Yeah. I like him more than Wouldn't most. Wouldn't you rather just take one of those guys at 44 than trade up? For, oh, yeah. Uh, that's, I just, trading I'm up. tight. I hate trading up. I'm hanging tight, and we'll see what happens. If in Asante next... Samuel gets to 25, I would at least maybe make that call. Do you think he has but the But he size? wouldn't fit. Yeah. Would do that. And this is where... I would make that call. Dan Quinn and the Dallas Cowboys would probably not make that call. This is where the signing of Jordan Lewis changed things a little bit. And it was... I like Jordan Lewis. I think he's a great dude. But it was a bit of a confusing signing for me. It's not like they paid him a ton or anything. But it was a very confusing signing because I just didn't know, like... Okay, they have you. You're saying you have a role for him, and there's some pretty good slot corners, you know, I in this draft. I think it's purely a cover your ass signing. It's purely a yeah, possible. Like, 
we can't go into this draft with such a ridiculously obvious need. And that's the smart thing to do, Yeah, honestly. Um, and they did the same thing with Anthony Brown. Yeah. You know, last year, and I, I got a good pick. The Vikings pick is in again. The Vikings were at fourteen. They traded back to twenty three, which and get get a three, a two more top one hundred picks out of it. I'm just gonna read the t- again. I don't know. I haven't seen anything on Twitter. I don't know, but everybody was pegging Elijah Vera Tucker to the Vikings, like they were just hammering that, and they traded back, and Darisaw and Tevin Jenkins still are still there. there. Man, it feels like offensive line, but they, their defensive line needs help, too. What about oh. Landon Dickerson out of Alabama? Sure. Ooh, I like that. Or is there a defensive bar more? I, I think they need, more of an, Davis. they need more of an edge than a defensive tackle. They're committed to, to Rife at tackle still. Oh, um, Rife is in Cincy now, no, my guy. Cincy. Yeah, you're right. Dang. Hmm. Rife is the reason the Bengals just drafted Jamar Chase. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so... Darisol is my, you know, I've got two, technically, I've got two guys of first round grades. No, three guys of first round grades on my board. Who? Koromoa, mm-hmm. Aziz Ojolari. Those are my two. And then Christian Darisol. But I Ooh, should, Aziz I like Ojolari, I should have moved around too because of the injury thing. Like I did with Farley, I moved him down, you know? Ojolari could, I, I think, and, and I'm, I don't cover the Titans. I'm just parroting talking yeah. points. But, Everybody in the world expects them to draft a lineman, offensive or defensive. So what do you like more? Maybe pairing somebody like Ojolari with Daniil Hunter or shoring up the left side of your line? Well, you also brought in Dalvin Tomlinson, too, yeah. in the offseason. But you so. still – but and the, the talking point is that they want an edge, edge partner no, I for Daniil Hunter. Well, and I think that's exactly what you would get with Ojolari, right? If you feel comfortable about the knee, I just think there's a flag on that knee right now. The flag on the knee is it's glaring. It's very glaring, and he is such a one. Like I like Ojolari a lot, but he is such a he's not going to be for everyone because he is a head down and go guy. He's not a nuanced pass rusher like Jalen Phillips is, but you know he showed the ability to take over games at Georgia sometimes. So you know Ojolari's got a lot to like. And I just think the value the value on the offensive line is too good to pass away like you traded back and you still have two guys in Darisaw and Jenkins yeah who are really good players I we talk a lot about road mapping though and if you wanted to go edge you should go now yes right but but because the offensive tackles we feel good for instance, at 44, if the Cowboys wanted to go that route, yeah, man, there are good a lot of guys. Tevin Jenkins, Dylan Redunds, Walker Little. What I'll say about that, I don't, I don't think that highly of Kirk Cousins, and I think do what do what you would know. You watch the Green Bay oh, Packers yeah, a lot. I love Kirk Cousins. Uh, <laughs> do what you got to do to keep him protected because he's only going to be as good as his offensive line, in my opinion. So with the 23rd pick in the draft. They take offensive tackle Christian Darisol out of Virginia Tech. Back-to-back Hokies. This is what – oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Virginia Tech, show out. Stand up, my friends. Uh, Yeah, this is not a surprising pick to me, I don't think. No. No, no. Get the first-round grade off the board there, too. Rick Spielman deserves a pat on the back for trading away – and still getting this guy. Getting exactly what you need, a really good player who a lot of us thought was going to go in the teens – and I, did, what did they get from the Jets? I don't even know. Do we uh, know? Two extra first-round picks. Or, I mean, I'm, two extra uh, top 100 picks, rather. I was going to say, wow, I didn't know <laughs> no. they did that well. No, sorry. Uh, that, that's amazing. Good, good yeah, I think for it you. Was, what was it, 63 and 83? Um, I wrote it down, and I know it's 66. It. It's 66 and 86. 
66 and 86. So two third round picks. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to, but that's the that's the second pick in the third round, sixty six. So, you know, makes you think about that. Pittsburgh's up next at twenty four. Ooh, this could be fun. Now, there's a, been a lot of buzz on running back going for to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, which I think is ridiculous. I do too. As uh, as the great Mina Kimes said, you know who's going to go here, right? Offensive line is a situation. Mm-hmm. I know exactly who this is going to be. Who's that? Just because it fits. Who's that? And just because it's that kind of player. Jeremiah was Cormel. I would actually love that. I think he would fit really I well with Pittsburgh. He plays like a Steeler. You know how they say play like a Raven? I yeah. mean, he's the same no, way. He's, he's oh, man. hard-nosed and gritty and grimy. And I, I would personally think that would be a great fit. They could go running back they here. They could go offensive line. line. Actually, they should draft Tevin Jenkins is what they Tevin should. Jenkins? Oh, Tevin Je- Jenkins is a pretty good fit there. That would be a great fit. If they're, only as, good, if they're only as good as Big Ben's protection, then, I mean... Even if you think it's a reach, that like they're going to take Kyle Trask. Oh. You're not going to let Ben Roethlisberger's <laughs> last year happen without getting at least one, maybe two offensive linemen. That's what I'm saying. Out. They're they're only going to go as far them? as he can take them. Um, they pick 24 and 55, so you got a wild wait. That Najee Harris connection's been there for months. I hate it. I hate it. And There's I love Najee Harris. About that. Najee Harris is a great player, but. What like who cares who your running back is if he's running into the other team's defensive front? Aren't they living proof of that after surviving a couple of years with Connor? Yeah, yep. I mean, it's like surviving. He was lesson. great. Yeah, for he's a minute. in Arizona now, right? He was, yeah, he yeah. was fantastic for a minute. Lessons learned, right? Don't, you would think. Don't do it yet, dude. There's just time to do it, and it's fine. There better be a pretty big need. You, you draft a running back in the first round. If you have nothing else, if no other glaring need, like it makes sense for Buffalo. They don't have a whole lot else to worry about. The Chiefs took uh, my guy Clyde last year as a luxury pick. That's when you do that. Yeah. Not this when you don't a have an offensive pick. line. Yeah. Tevin Jenkins, we all agree, best offensive lineman left. Or I offensive so. tackle um, left. Yes. The other one, they, uh, I there. like Cosme too. I like Jenkins and Cosme pretty close. All these guys, and that's kind of how it goes with a lot of line, offensive linemen now. Guys who can play guard and tackle. Um, so, you know, Tevin Jenkins is a guy like that. You know, Jalen Mayfield the same way. You know, a lot of people try to see a guard. Is he a tackle? Well, can do both. Tevin Jenkins, though, you feel like he fits a tackle. He plays like a guard sometimes. Well, he finishes in kind of a bulldozer. They're making the pick right now. And I'll do it with the 24th pick in round one of the well, 2021 what? NFL draft. Where are we going here? The Pittsburgh Steelers select... Najee Harris, running back from Alabama. It's just for the record. Wow. I can't believe it. He was very emphatic. It's Najee. Najee. It's Najee Harris. And I think he is a wonderful player, and I think the Steelers are dumb. Man, they could have done so many fun things there. Well, I mean, look, there are not a lot of more fun players in the draft than Najee Harris. Well, he was the third player on my big board left behind Ojolari and JOK. I mean, those are the two that I have on top of – on top of Harris. So, I mean, if you're going by the board, not a stretch, but you, I, I agree with Dave. If you don't have the offensive line to block in front of him, what are you doing? You know, he's he's very fun. I feel like I'm going to regret saying that in three years. No, no. I mean, look, here. here's the thing, though, too. They did need to get a running back in there for Ben Roethlisberger as well. And, you know, kind of if you want to have a an example of a correlation here, it would be – Taking Zeke Elliott because Tony Romo. 
was maybe on his last legs. Turned out to it was his last legs. But, you know, take a running back because that running back will help you keep the ball, help out the defense, and help the quarterback. But that offensive line has lost two starters. And that's just kind of the only way I can look at Pittsburgh's situation is that their offensive line needs a lot of help. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. But then, so, hey, someone had to be the first running back selected. And I know that the world is like anti-drafting a running back ever. I, I understand I, but see, that. That's, I'm not. Jeff Jeff is ridiculous. Kavanaugh, of course Kavanaugh takes it too far. Najee Harris to Buffalo? I'm applauding that pick hard. I'm big time in favor of that. I just This poor guy is going to run into eight jerseys in the other team's color every time he touches the ball. Let's not forget, this was a team who was undefeated, and there was a lot of talk about them being the next 1972 Miami Dolphins until they hit a wall deep in the year. And, you know, this is a guy who helps you when you do hit a wall in a season like that. A guy you can go give it to him every once in a while. He's going to get 25 carries a game. I just think I'd rather have somebody who can protect my geriatric 40-year-old quarterback who is <laughs> like the Steelers. I'm just trying to make it that He could protect him just by taking handoffs over and over and over again. <sighs> I'm just trying to be nice here after I killed Mac Jones earlier. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll work. You know, like we got to remind ourselves that nobody knows anything at the end of the day. That's, but That's a very good point. I, in life or just in well, in life, but definitely in the draft. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're right. So after Harris is off the board here at 24, the Jaguars are on the clock. But we do have some cool tweets to talk about uh, from the Dallas Cowboys welcoming Micah Parsons to the Dallas Cowboys cool. club. We'll start with Dak Prescott overall. And Dak, uh, uh, we aren't actually able to see the tweets in here, Matt Kent. But uh, the, the tweet overall from Dak just welcoming uh, the... Welcoming the newest Dallas Cowboy. It was a tweet? Says, welcome, Michael. Let's get to work. So, Dak Prescott, pretty simple with this. We also have tweets from uh, Jalen Smith and from Zeke, but we've got, we'll start with Zeke Elliott. Says, don't touch me in practice, Rook. That's a pretty Zeke answer for that. Well, Big Ten rivalry action there. Ooh, that's true. Ohio State, Penn State. One of the most underrated college football games of the year, especially if it's a whiteout. Hell yeah. How about this one from Jalen Smith? Basically, just saying, let's get it, getting, I mean, <laughs> getting yeah. after it. That, that's let's go. You think that's a gut punch for Jalen Smith, or is that just more competition for Jalen Smith? Maybe to try and get back to twenty eighteen form. I don't think he's the type that would get that get that way. I think he's the type. It's like let's go, let's go to work. Okay. Uh, I mean, I mean, maybe it's added motivation, I guess, but he's not going to be like butt hurt about it, you know. I, he might not be butt hurt, but it does it does impact him. I don't think it. Deep down in their heart of hearts, I don't think a guy ever feels good when his team uses a first-round pick on his position. You think Phil Costa felt great when they drafted Travis Frederick? Sure don't. I sure don't. You think Mackenzie Bernardo felt great when Zach, when they drafted Zach Martin? No, that's a little bit different though. I mean, <laughs> it is, but Jalen's a big-time player on a big-money contract. I think he's got slightly more job security. Jacksonville's up here at twenty-five, and I, you know, they got Trevor Lawrence, obviously. This feels so bar more to me. So, and, and if, if I wanted to play, uh, you know, on Luzerike, mm-hmm. if I wanted to go down that road, maybe. But this feels very Christian Barmore. By the way, with that last selection with Harris going off the board, that was the sixth Alabama player taken here in the first round. Which, by the way, last year LSU five. They had five players taken in the first round. Oh yeah, we. I mean, we knew Bama was going to. They were going to. We knew, Bama was going to shatter that. I mean, we've both. We've got Barmore still. I was going to say once Leatherwood went in the first round, it was over. Yeah, Barmore still. I mean, uh, Landon Dickerson still could go. 
I don't know if he'll go first round, but there's still some guys there. They're a machine, man. You, you get to 27, Baltimore up. Would you give up 44 and 75 for anything? Me? No. Them? Sure. I could absolutely see that. I think Merrick. I think Merrick is the name if they're going to do it. That's target, doesn't it? That's the name if they're going to do it, I think. You think they like Barmore? Really? You yeah. think it's straight Merrick? Because I feel like what they, with what they've done with Kazee, Curse, Donovan Wilson, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, Trevon Diggs, they're going to add a corner at some point in this draft. But I yeah. feel like they could get by. Yeah. It's not ideal. No. It's not what you want. But get they by. could get by. Get by. I, I think th- you would. I, I think th- they want to add a safety at some point, but I don't feel, think they feel like they have to. I don't think they would have to as well. That's what they do. They, we've That's been doing do. this for five years. They they signed three guys who can play the position. They're all yeah. on one-year deals. But like in the strictest sense of the word, they've got plenty of depth. But again, this – and I don't think you can underrate this. Like I think I think they're looking – they just want to revamp that thing, obviously from a talent standpoint, but from a, a culture standpoint as well. It's very – it's just – okay, so what if I talked you into 44 and – and wait, what was the pick now? It's 80 – 84, I 84? believe. So 44 and 84, if uh, just going off you know, one of the charts, that could get you – that could get you to 30. That would be – that would be more <laughs> merry for me. Uh I, I, I think if you go up to twenty seven, that's still a little rich. I thought I thought working with you know I, I, this wouldn't surprise me if Brian was here because that's what Brian does. But like y'all, I know just, I would I, love I, I to do from this. Him. Why are y'all just trying to get rid of my picks? I would love or at the to very do this. least. My like, why don't you just wait and see who's still hanging around when the first round's over? Forty four and ninety nine because then you're going to miss out on some players. If you would have traded up to eight, you would have gotten J C Horn. Ew, and then we just saying. Hey, 44 and 99, Dave, will get you up to pick 34. So I've got ways to get you to 27, to 30, and to 34. I'd be okay with 34. You sit there and wait for Richie Grant if Merrick is taken. I'm glad we're having this. And that's another thing. Mark like, Lawrence. I, I know. I think about, Which I was furious when they did that because I wanted the extra pick, but Tank turned out to be pretty damn good. I like all the picks, too. Trust me. It, I'm just you know, going to lay out some scenarios here while the Jaguars are picking. It took Tank... A minute to be worth that, by the way. Like, you didn't yeah. really start getting that production out of him until it was time to pay him. Yeah, because, you know, he broke his foot, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. happens. I get it. I get it. So, for Jacksonville here specifically, are we thinking Barmore? Uh, I am. They could Personally, go a number of me, different but, directions. No, yeah, they, they could do a ton of stuff. I mean, running back just went. What if you put Trevor Lawrence with his old running back, Travis Etienne? Maybe Rashad Bateman? Maybe Go get Bateman? a wide receiver. Yeah, I don't know help I out like Bateman. But yeah. yeah, I mean I like Bateman fine. I just, oh, Roger I Goodell's back in his chair. By the way, oh my god, he is reading the card from his chair, much like he did in 2020. Let's all throw back to 2020, everybody. What a great no. think about a year, right? Let's not go back this to 2020. Chair, it's kind of oh, like, you did you read beforehand? Huh? Did you read what the pick was? Because yeah. with the 25th selection. The Jacksonville Jaguars reunite Trevor Lawrence with Mr. Travis Etienne from Clemson. I man, I just had a good feeling there. I don't know. I think you read. No, I actually saw it right after I threw it out there. You I saw actually it. saw it. Yeah, oh, okay. I got lucky. <laughs> That's um, good. Good for you. I mean, Etienne's fun, and there's your game breaker. And this doesn't – I mean, James Robinson – that's a good backup running back now that you have Etienne because Etienne is 
He's your game breaker guy. 16 of his 78 touchdowns came from uh, 44 yards or more. He's fast. Man. I know that's a wild stat with not a lot of like round numbers, but 16 of his 78 touchdowns in college, almost 50 yards He's, or more. And obviously, I mean, there's going to be an adjustment to the NFL there. You're not going to house every run from 40, 50, 60, but. His his acceleration, like the speed which with with which he gets from like going to gone, is so impressive. It takes him like no time at it's all. It's very roadrunner, yeah. you know. Just uh, you know, another thing about him is he got better as a pass catcher as he went on in college. Yeah, he he had a rough first year there, and had some drops. He got better as a pass catcher, and that was an emph- uh, an emphasis of him in in the off season. Kind of talked about that, so. You kind of look at the the weapons now for Jacksonville. James Robinson, we talked about. They added Marvin Jones from the Lions. They've got DJ Shark still, who's still okay. I say Shark. I always call him Shark. He was in the Pro Bowl like two years ago. Yeah, you know. LaVisca Chenault is there. Chenault's still there, yeah. yeah. Drafted him. They always have a lot of uh, like Keelan Coles of the world, you know, sure. just come out of the woodworks and have a few good games. Trevor, so, like, I don't know how good their offensive line is, but he's definitely got skill players to work with. Yes. Pretty fun, you know, and hey, make your number one quarterback, uh, make him happy if See, you can. I, Urban Meyer? I, I don't know. I don't. I, dude, think of all the read option stuff they're going to be able to do just like, like they did in college, oh, and that's what Urban Meyer wants to do. I like this pick a hell of a lot more than I like the Najee Harris pick. And I like Najee Harris more than I like Travis Etienne. It makes sense what you're saying. It makes, it makes sense, though. By the way, this is only the fifth time since 2011 that at least two running backs have gone in the first round. I mean, of course, in a league where running backs, you talk about shelf life, the shelf life of a running back isn't necessarily what it used to be keep in the NFL. Them, and, I mean, there's two right there going off the board and in the first round. probably be the only two. I probably. would think so. I mean, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, uh, Kenneth Will- Gainwell, those uh, are Williams the next could, three up. You know, he could sneak in there if somebody if the, likes him. If the Bills are dead set on drafting a running back, maybe. They feel good about it, yeah. Cleveland's up now, and oh, the pick's already in. The Browns have a pretty good year. They're the home team, so the uh, crowd's going to be going no, nuts okay. there at the draft in Cleveland tonight. It does look like a great setup. I feel like we've been saying this for every pick for like six picks now, but... <laughs> They, they just cut Sheldon Richardson. That's oh, Jadavian oh, Clowney big. and Miles Garrett are on the outside, and you put. That's what I wanted to do in the mock, and Bucky stole it from me. Bucky I, stole Barmore right out from under me, and I was going to draft him to Cleveland. I mocked. That would be uh, fun. That's unfortunate. On Wazurike to them, but I had Barmore gone to Tennessee already. So oh, yeah, so, so Barmore yeah. would make sense. So I, I like that. You want to do another, another uh, Waterburger bet? What are we betting? It's just throw it out there. Did anybody? Did anybody lose the other one? No, no one I mean, got it. No, no, no one nobody won. got it right. Oh, because it was okay. Las Vegas. So, so you're who said Barmore first? I mean, I'll give you that. Hey, yeah, I got I got Barmore going. Okay, I'll bet you a patty melt. Uh, I think it's going to be JOK. Oh, either one would be fun. I think it would be JOK going to Cleveland. I will say, even though that's a secondary need, he's the top player on my board. Which I'll so. just I can hear people saying this from home. You're talking about. Rousseau. Ooh. I, well, okay. If they like him, that's fine. His his testing. I know I numbers mean, are Clowney's only a one-year deal. I just, he, he, he doesn't bend. like his. He could learn how to bend over a and year. And Clowney plays inside a lot. Uh, okay. That would be an interesting Cleveland That's pick. my Whataburger bet pick. All See, right. that's the thing. Barmore versus Rousseau. At least okay. lately. At least lately for – oh, by the way, we lost our – oh, there you go. So it got back. Uh, at least lately, the, the – 
Browns have done a really nice job of drafting best player available, right? I mean, they've done a really good job. Of they doing don't that have lately. a ton of holes on their roster. They could use a corner too. Newsom. This is right around the Newsom sweet spot. Greg Newsom's hanging in there for sure. Is it bad that I've let his injury history worry me? We all have our own biases. Yeah, There's it. no way around it. Because his tape is great. I still think Barmore is the best. If I'm them, I'm picking Barmore. I just that sounds so much fun to me is pairing a guy who can do stuff like that with those edge rushers. I mean, if you really want to make that front seven nasty, just straight up downright nasty, that's what you would do. Pick is in the commissioner is at the podium, but he is promoting something. You want to read it, KT? Uh, sure. I'll not do. before the not before the commissioner. We got slapped on the wrist for that. Oh, sorry. I apologize. Uh, but. You could, I mean, whenever it pops up here, the 26 pick, I mean, just the next couple teams along the way. The Browns, Ravens, Saints, Packers, Bills, Ravens again, and then the Buccaneers rounding out the first round. So we're getting close to the end here. We've mentioned it time and time again. I want to make players here. I want to make a point when the pick is in, when we finally see who this is. Here you go, KT. Uh, Okay, with the 26th pick in the first round of the 2021 draft. The Cleveland Browns select a player, and we will tell you when we're allowed we to. giving a speech here. I will tell you when I can. <laughs> He's going to be in the NFL. Greg, Greg Newsom. Newsom. Wow. Greg Newsom, cornerback, Northwestern, only played three games in 2020, only had 19 total college games. Man, you see the technique. You see the fluid hips. You see the way that he doesn't allow much separation. I mean, he's an excellent cover guy. The athleticism's there. Your question comes to this. His length is not of the guys like Sertan and Horn and Farley. It's his length is in the realm of Elijah Moulton, the corner from the the slot corner from Washington, who some may want to play at safety. Um, and then he, he suffered a season-ending injury in each of his last three years. And also, he got flagged a lot. He had a lot of penalties. And I don't think anybody talked about that leading up to the draft. I didn't hear that being talked about. Like We yep. talked about J.C. Horn. Okay, he's a little grabby. He gets Whoa. flagged sometimes. But Greg Newsom got flagged a lot, too. But he only gave up one catch of more than 10 yards last year. So, like, he just doesn't. He's sticky. He does not allow separation. I think we just didn't talk about it as much because we didn't think he was a realistic possibility for them. But it, it's something that I've heard about for sure. This is his range. This is, you know, we've talked about how unpredictable this draft is. This is the area a guy like Greg Newsom should go. Um, I, I mean, I, there's a lot to like with the player. And there's a good chance he outperforms his draft position because, again, he does not give up separation. And he just does a great job. He reads routes quickly. You know, the, the injuries, though, like you just three years in a row doesn't finish the season. That's a problem. Okay, which uh, what I was going to – I was waiting to see if uh, – I was waiting to see if JOK would be the pick there, and he obviously wasn't. So he he's the best player still around, right? Uh, yeah, not even close. I mean – what are people's concerns with JOK? Wondering what to do with him? Too Is small. Too small, not knowing what to do with him. And when I say too small, I just mean, you know, if you're asking him to make 100 tackles a season, he weighs like 205 pounds. Yep. I'm not saying I have a problem. Yeah. I'm just talking about the league. I, I don't think any of us here necessarily have a problem with it. By the way, we are 
moments away from the post-draft press conference that will be starting soon. Which I always wonder which, about that. Like, if they start the presser, that means they're done they're for done. the night. Yeah. Which they usually don't do it until after the first round is over. Oh, so no. we'll see what happens Hopefully there. they wait for us. Get some, we get some good picks coming here. And we do have some really good picks coming. They're not going to wait Baltimore, for us. Baltimore, I guarantee twice. you. But we, would, we will pitch live to it whenever we can, and then we oh, will no. back up. Uh, the post-draft press conference well, before, whenever it is Before over. we get kicked off, if we get kicked off, I just, okay, so guys that are still hanging around, again, you know you know, I don't want to trade up. Cowboys but, targets? which And that's, it bums me out because, like, I I don't think they would trade up for JOK. I don't no, think they, they love him They don't like need that. to. They just drafted Ma- Michael Parsons. Well, I'm not. I'm drafting him to do something else, but that's, that's true. Merrick and Richie Grant. Aziz Ojolari? Az- Aziz Ojolari. Eric Stokes, cornerback from Georgia. Sant- uh, Elijah Molden from Washington. Melifonwu. You know, I, I don't think they would go a Debo at 44, but you know, Richie Grant and Merrick is kind of where my attention is right now. And, yep. and I would say this Christian Barmore and on Wazurike, the defensive tackles. You yep. know, those are, those are guys who I've got on my mind because this, this kind of takes you out of the mix of the Nick Boltons of the world. Uh, the. Jabril Cox, the Baron Brownies, kind of takes you out of that. that yes. Oh, those, which is a bummer for me because I love all three of those guys, but I, those guys are done. Like, the Cowboys aren't drafting them now. I'm looking at my defensive I've, ends, Basham, Turner, Tryon from Washington. I love Joe Tryon. Tryon would yeah. be great. Uh, I mean, Merrick's still available, but that, I think that's just kind of a, a pipe dream if you're not going to trade up and try and go get somebody. Eric Stokes, I know, is a guy they like a lot and they had talked to previously. Uh, uh, Javon Holland out of Oregon. I believe they Tyson talked to, Campbell. They talked to Campbell as well. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. One of the number one things I've learned in doing the draft Marvin all these Wilson. years is that Baltimore always takes good players, and they pick at twenty-seven and thirty-one. They're going to get two studs here. What? Oh, it's going to be JOK. What JOK? Oh. Makes so much sense for Baltimore. It would make a ton of sense. They need a wide receiver. You know receiver they're too. celebrating right now. They, they they need a wide receiver. They need a bigger. This Bateman I think makes yeah, a lot of sense Bateman. to Baltimore because you know they have Marquise Brown. Um, you know they they still run Willie Snead out there sometimes, uh, <laughs> but like uh, who's the other? Uh, the Miles Gaskin? No, yeah. no, no. That's that's the Dolphins. It's the other. It's uh, um, Miles Boykin. Miles Boykin. And they, they did just draft Devin Duvernay last year. He didn't do much as a rookie. He didn't get to play much. Yeah. You're still hoping Hollywood Brown turns into something. But they, but they are a bigger guy, an Anquan Bolden yeah. type Which, who they had. They well they and they went and signed Dez in, during the season. Bateman would make a lot of sense. It'd be fun. I just, it's Brian brings this up. Maybe he just infected my brain. But like we, he probably did. We sit here picking at ten. You know the Cowboys picked at ten. And we're just like, oh no, they're like they're gonna get wiped out. We don't love our options. Baltimore's way down at twenty seven, and we're like, I love all of these players that they can yeah. pick. Like it always works out for Baltimore for some reason. And they've got two picks at it. They got two swings at it because if they don't go JOK here, they could go out at thirty one if he makes it that far. The Saints are probably gonna go with Asante Samuel Jr. You would think at twenty eight. A corner, a corner. I mean, they're desperate for a corner. They've made that perfectly clear. Put him on the other side of. Uh, I'm blanking on Lattimore. Who only has one year left on his deal, by the way. Yeah, I think they would. I think they're pretty locked in on a corner there, unless they want to go with Stokes or Campbell. I mean, they could go with either That's, one of those guys there. Other than maybe Alex Leatherwood, we haven't been floored by a pick tonight, right? I mean, it's more just like the order of operations tonight and the Trey Lance thing. 
And then what happened, you know, with the Cowboys really with the trade down? I mean, those the most the Cowboys are part of the most intriguing stuff. And I'm not saying that because that's who we cover, you know, yeah. for a living. I'm just saying it's kind of like it wasn't shocking when J.C. Horn went to Carolina at eight. No, and. Le- Leatherwood is the only, which you know maybe I'll eat my words. I thought it was going to be which there's still, you know there's still some picks to make. But Kadarius Tony was the other one that was a little bit like oh, okay that didn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean maybe to see him go as high as twenty was a little surprising. But to I, a division rival, I thought he had a real shot at being a first round pick though. Um, Ravens on the clock still waiting on that pick to come in as they try to stretch this thing out to eleven p.m. Central Time. And- That's what they do. By the way, I'm looking at the the Cowboys Pro Shop. You can go online, and the Parsons paraphernalia is available. Uh, it, at least based off of what I'm seeing on the uh, on the Pro Shop, it looks like Michael Parsons is going to be wearing number one, unless that's a placeholder. No, that's a placeholder. That's be. the I don't know. It says Micah Parsons number one Nike game. Uh, we'll like, see. Like the description say number one, so it very well could be. First it round. could be a placeholder. Number could be one first round. Uh, if he can't get eleven, number one would look pretty slick. Picks I think it would look really good. Baltimore, and it is Rashad Bateman, the Hey-o. wide receiver from Minnesota. And you know, it's exactly what we were talking about. It makes sense. I mean, it's, uh, I think I mocked him there. I think it's just it's one of those deals where it's like, okay, well, here's something that makes way too much sense. Good, consistent career. He opted out after a few games in 2020. He had 51 catches as a freshman, up that to 60 as a sophomore. Uh, but he only played five games this year. He actually they, they wanted him to move to the slot, and he had a lot of bad quarterback play. But you remember two years ago, that Minnesota team was pretty good, yep. the P.J. Fleck team. Um, good hands, good size. The thing the, There's a few things that I would say about him is I don't know that the separation is always there with him. Like, he's not incredibly fast to me. And I think his testing time is probably fine. But, you know, he didn't always get a lot of separation. But that tough, physical wide receiver type who would flash a big play here and there, he would have some crazy circus catches now and then. You know, a polished type of guy, but he's just not, you know, a pure separator. Yeah, That's I mean, a good player. He's going to win as a true X. I mean... It, yeah. Time speed may not have been great during his workouts, but that didn't stop him from hauling in, I mean, 14 deep passes in 2019 by pro football focus standards. So yeah. I, overall, I mean, Bateman is one of those guys that can win downfield. He's got the size. He's got the speed to a somewhat extent. He wasn't going to light up the, the 40 time. I mean, he still ran a 4-4-1. Yeah. But he's not going to be – he was never a speed guy. He's, he's a guy that's going to win. To go now, like ready. Oh, he'll like, he'll ball like out. He's way more polished Baltimore. than Kadarius Tony is. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it's a good pick, and you know, Baltimore looks like we'll pick again at thirty-one. So big time action there. We're going to go to the so. we're going to oh. go to the presser as it is already started. And uh, I'm going to let Stephen talk about the trade if if you don't mind handling it that way. Okay. No, I think we were sitting there at ten, and obviously we didn't want to go too far back because uh, we did. Uh, really like Micah, and we didn't want to get in a position where uh, we didn't think we could get him. So Philly had called, and we knew what they were trying to do. It was obvious they were trying to get in front of the Giants and uh, and get the player they were after and really felt like that, uh, you know, we knew what they were going to take. They told us what side of the ball and uh, and then felt like we'd get through the Giants and still get our player and pick up a third-round pick. Did you kind of think that even if they didn't take Devontae Smith, like he was going to be in the division anyway, he was probably going either the Giants or Eagles? Exactly. We thought he was going to be one place or the other. 
We had actually had conversations with Philly a couple of days ago about this. Is there ever a hesitation trading within the division like this with the Eagles a little more so than any other team around, or is it? No, not if that's the trade. Uh, the, the trade which answers your question. Uh, you're looking for the uh, uh, value, value there. And um, so there was no, uh, uh, that wasn't a hesitation. That's, uh, that's probably getting, uh, nailing it a little tight there when you've got three or four other considerations. You're trying to get the most value for the pick and get the best player. Of course, at the same time, we had our eyes, Stephen said, we had our eye on Micah and uh, didn't want to get too far down that road to go there. We could have. Uh, had a posture there of uh, uh, taking it on down. I'll go ahead and address my part of this conference as agreed upon here at this time. But uh, we could have gone ahead and really worked it moving on down and around and picked up more picks. And that was a possibility there and remained because of the quality of the players that were there on the board. Uh, but we had resolved that uh, and had thought in general, uh, we have the 10th pick and, uh, boy, we want to get a, a unique or a, a, a player of that substantive relative to his upside, substantive of what we could do with him. Michael addressed that, but uh, uh, we just uh, didn't have the stomach to risk losing him relative to uh, our valuation on him. And so, or otherwise, you might have seen us make two or three smaller trades and move on down and still be in the money, but not in his kind of money. He was... Uh, was to Micah, how much time did you spend anticipating what was going to happen to the cornerbacks at 8 and 9 and think about trying to inch ahead of 8 and 9? A lot. We've been talking about uh, the quarterbacks being gone at 8 and 9 since... Uh, um, for days, but certainly today is the day coming, and we intensively talked about the possibility all day long and be ready. And we're really there were no surprises here or, or no uh, uh, consternation about that. Uh, under certain circumstances, we wanted to make this pick for this play. The thing I'd add to that, Mike, is we were really pleased with what was on our board. I mean, I, obviously. You know, the need, you know, stuck out a little bit with the corners. But, you know, we had some players that were rated ahead of the corners on natural grades. But uh, so we felt comfortable waiting. Conversations with number six. But let's talk with the team at six and see if no. we can get ahead of eight, nine. No, we weren't wanting to give up what it would take to get up there. So how surprised, I guess you weren't surprised when you saw I, I will answer that. It was not uh, not as uh, long as we got, fr- frankly, what we got done. Uh, we didn't want to spend anything to get up uh, as long as we can get him to go get those corners. We did not. You can imagine if what we got to move two spots back, what it would have cost to go from 10 to 6. <laughs> yeah. Was rated higher than the corners on your board? Yes. 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 Definitely. Now, you know you guys say that every year. Well, the only thing I can do with you is, would you like to walk down? I'll tell you what I'll do. No, I'm not going to let you walk down there free, okay, if you've got a 1,000. 
<laughs> we won't announce. We'll just both walk down there together and have them turn. I'll tell them turn the lights off till you get there, and we'll right. flip it on. Y'all have your y'all he was have your ways of figuring out if that player. was right or not. He was. I mean, Mike is a dynamic player, and I think clearly when you you watch him play, he's a multi-positional player. I mean, he obviously can play on the ball as a linebacker. He has natural pass rush skills. I mean, that, that's something you know we were talking about really about the last ten days uh, preparing for you know what was going to go on after seven in this draft. You know, obviously playing off the ball. I mean, he's an impact rusher inside and outside. Uh, you know, he can play in the bubble. He can play behind the three technique. So uh, there's, you know, he gives us a lot of flex ability to, you know, to line up with the other linebackers. So he's a dynamic, he's a, you know, he's a pressure player and, and he's definitely going to make an impact for us on defense. He must be in that DPR role. He can, yeah. I mean, he can train with those traits. He definitely has DPR traits. There's no, no doubt about it. Obviously, you see him play off the ball mostly in Penn State, but that, that is definitely, he, that's what I was referring to as having natural pass rush skills. So, and, and once again, I, I can't say enough. He's dynamic. He can play the Sam, the Mike, and the Will. Um, you know, whether he's covered up in the bubble, you know, whether he's playing to the open guard or if he's playing the DPR. So it just gives us the, the multiple looks to getting in, in and out of different personnel. Obviously a good matchup player too. I mean, there's obviously his speed and ability to cover. So this is a great piece. This is presence change of plan for Ken O'Neill. Might he play more safety earlier than you guys initially were envisioning? I mean, you know, once again, you don't line up with just 11. You know, you, you definitely, when you look at playing a game, you get in a regular season, you're, you're going to be playing with 13, 14, 15 starters. So it gives us multiple personnel group flexibility. You know, same with Neil. I mean, these guys, to be able to come out of the back end and come up and play the wheel linebacker, the dying linebacker. So a lot of flexibility there. How much of what you did tonight affects what you could do with Banderas on Monday? Does it, it makes us better. I mean, it makes us better. I mean, you know, your base defense, whether you play with three linebackers all off the ball or two off the ball, one on the ball. I mean, it's just, once again, I'm trying not to be redundant here. He just gives us tremendous position flexibility. So, and it definitely makes Leighton and Jalen better. But from the financial end with the fifth year option, I don't think it affects it. I mean, no we'll make a decision on uh, Leighton, and we will. Uh, you know, make that decision when the time comes. And we've got some discussions to have on that, period. Yeah, that's no bearing. Yeah. On Tuesday that whether a player opted out was definitely a consideration in the draft. How did that fit factor in tonight? And I guess on the flip side, what did you like about Micah so much that that didn't stop you from taking him? Well, his uh, makeup, his uh, way he approaches the game uh, was uh, uh, was an attention getter. Uh, obviously, physically, he is a freak, <laughs> and you've heard it, and you've said it, and you said he really has that. And just my perspective, I wanted a player there that really uh, impacted. Uh, strategy that had a way for us to load it up and give give uh, 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 you know just just give unique problems because of the nature. So he gives us that kind of upside, uh, and he's got the right 
he's got the right approach to uh, of making that happen. And uh, uh, I've, uh, I don't envision anything, but, uh, and Mike keeps going back to it, we just got better. We just got better. Uh, we might have gotten better just by circumstances then we even could have managed to get better by going with him as opposed to uh, with a corner at this spot was there a thought about trying to get back in the first round after you made the decision tonight no no we're not uh, uh, now our phones are open if if uh, and people are calling and and uh, now uh, so well, I've had them, and we've had them. Uh, uh, would you like to get back in the first round? Those kinds of things. And so, uh, but, uh, but we haven't entertained that. Don't anticipate that. While it wasn't surprising that you, the corners were gone, the way you guys mapped it out, was it still disappointing to see them go, considering those guys were, even if they weren't as highly rated on the board as Parsons? Well, I will speak for myself there, but uh, uh, any, uh, any, uh, uh, bit of uh, any bit of uh, sensitivity about them being gone had been talked over carefully and with complete honesty within ourselves. We thought that Parsons would immediately turn the light on for optimism about what we could do with our offense. And so um, uh, when we saw that uh, Sertain and, and uh, 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 Parsons was there, well, we knew we had uh, we, we had it was going to be a good uh, uh, time for us there. But uh, bottom line is that I can tell you from my standpoint right now, uh, I'm I'm excited to get that rare individual with that rare attitude that he's got. I'm excited about having him on defense. If you've got to get up there and draft at this level, I'm excited about what uh, he he uh, does for us. Uh, he can do he can do a lot of uh, damage or impact to the identity of this defense. He has that type of talent and rare skills. And so uh, that's good. I don't want to take away from any other player that might have been out there, but arguably uh, being that uh, uh, have that kind of stature is where we had him graded on our draft board as a defensive player, uh, and he's uh, it's 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 uh, it's production, but it's also you've got to look at the physical advantages that he has in this game. Is he a leader? What kind of leadership do you expect him to bring and develop into over the course of his time here? Uh, I look for him to, to develop as a leader. I, I look for our whole locker room to develop it, it some role as leader. Uh, we talked about this as a team, uh, actually today in our team meeting. You know, leadership is a responsibility for everybody. I mean, there's different types, different styles, uh, but you know, he'll, he'll definitely come in as a rookie and have the opportunity to grow as a leader. How much did y'all investigate the quote-unquote character concerns, with the allegations or whatever else that he had up there? We did a tremendous amount of homework. We felt really good about uh, anything he had uh, that there might be a concern about. We did backwards, forwards, every which way you can do it. How do you feel about the corners in general that are still available in this corner class? Uh, you know, obviously many thought you'd, you'd get one in the first round, but obviously you have a lot of picks in the second, third round. How do you feel about what could still be out there for you at that position? I think we feel good about it. I mean, we've done a lot of work on our board, and uh, that's why we followed our board uh, when we picked Micah. And 
Uh, I think there's a lot of good football players that we, you know, that we can get out there. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, five picks in the top 100 picks. So uh, we should really be able to improve our football team. And I do think there's going to be some great opportunities to uh, fill that corner need at some point. I guess what does that do for you to have that many picks on, on day two? Is there the ability to potentially move up and package all these picks that you have or just t- take advantage of the sweet spot in the draft? You know, anytime uh, you're in our situation where now we've got the uh, you know, the high-end quarterback that's getting paid like a high-end quarterback, which he so well deserves. Uh, we've got, uh, obviously, some great players in the offensive line that are getting paid. Uh, we've got D-Law. We've got a, a Zeke. We've got a, you know, we need draft picks. We need draft picks that we can have come in here and, and really make a difference. And I think that's what we can do. Uh, we've taken a lot of pride in the way we've drafted uh, over the last 10 years. And I think we put a lot of work into our board in terms of uh, uh, how we've set it up. And uh, I think if we just uh, stick to all the work that we put in into it, in particular our coaches and our scouts here, Jerry and myself, uh, the last three or four weeks, and then, of course, all the work they put into it over the past year, uh, I think we're going to get really good football players. And uh, I think we just got to, you know, keep, you know, just keep steady in the boat and, and make the picks. Jerry, Stephen, were you guys at the Cotton Bowl that Micah played in? Were you guys at that game? I was not. I was not at the game, but we were aware that he played in the Cotton Bowl and were reminded of that uh, that he had. Uh, but I want to say one other thing here, too. We did have, uh, uh, including uh, him, not that we were going to do it, but we had uh, four other scenarios uh, that we would have uh, uh, if – if at that time of our pick, if both those corners had been there, that we would have done something else. We had four different scenarios. That uh, now, it uh, we were missing something in that conversation, and that's what the other clubs were doing at that particular time. But scenarios that had us moving forward. And we had, uh, okay, we'd be moving forward. We could always use the pick uh, if, in fact, he's still there for Micah and then uh, uh, move on into it. So when you ask the question about what's left in the draft looking forward over the next few days, uh, we've we've, uh, really aired that out good and we're ready for that. Mike, you did the draft last year, I guess, if you made Jerry, you were on a yacht. You did the draft last year, I guess, wherever else, and you were on a yacht. How good was it to be kind of normal, in a sense, uh, this, this go around with the draft? I mean, it clearly was so much better. I mean, it's being in person. Uh, and frankly, the draft process leading up to the draft, to, uh, I really enjoyed. I think in, when you have a chance to be in the same room with the scouts and, you know, do all the readings in person, uh, you know, it, it was so much more productive. I mean, cause there is a camaraderie to building your board, you know, when the coaches and the, and the staff, personnel staff comes together, then you have the final meetings. So that whole process is, you know, I, I think we all needed it. A lot of times with our team, uh, uh, we didn't get a chance to do it this year, but uh, uh, when I visit with the team when we first go to training camp, uh, one of the things I say to the team is uh, I've been blessed and I could be anywhere in the world I want to be, but where I want to be is here kicking this camp off with you. And I feel the same way about some other things that we do with the Cowboys, and one of them is draft day. 
And uh, so if I could pick any place I wanted to be, uh, uh, then I was sitting in it tonight because I'm not saying that's any other place, but that is a nice little place to be if you wanted to be someplace else. But the point is that uh, we're all here emptying our buckets for what we love to do. And uh, so we're making that choice. And uh, I want to put empty mind uh, being around the draft room. I want empty mind being at training camp and at the uh, – uh, uh, I'm reminded I'm not going to tell you who I was looking at there, but at the uh, 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 party that we have out there at uh, Nobu in California. I'd like to be sure and go to that. Time to time. We get a chance. A few more times. <laughs> Jerry, it, as y'all were into your bucket today and get prepared for the draft, were you like us when you heard of the Aaron Rodgers news and, and Mike, you know, just what's going on with up in Green Bay to y'all take a pause from the draft and does that shock you about that? Yes, for me? Yes, both of you guys. Oh, I mean, I, I think it's it's like everything in this business. I mean, I don't, I don't think anything ever surprises you and you know, things like that go on. You know, conversations I think are always going on when it comes to player acquisition. Obviously, no one knows the, you know, the impact that Aaron Rodgers has made on the Green Bay Packers. But yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't really give it much thought. And, you know, and obviously, I didn't see anything happen today. So it's a good news story. Good. <laughs> I don't know if Jerry wanted to get in on that action. I mean, there's so much attention up there, and, you know, everything was quiet around the Cowboys. Jerry told me when I got her, all news is good news. So uh, <laughs> I, he's, he's better. You can answer I, this one a lot better than I, I can. Told him I've found it's better to stir a little stuff up than it is sometimes <laughs> to make it run smooth. Yeah. And uh, you'll go with that. Actually, I was comp. We were talking about our relationship, our media, and what have you, and uh, I, won't, I won't bait the thing, but I was talking about, uh, uh, I've had it as rough on me as anybody there is, but the facts are that I enjoy my relationship with the media, and uh, I find them to be, uh, most of the time at the right time, to be uh, uh, good folks, real good folks. They've been good to me. Most of the time. I've been shot at as much as anybody. Well, we feel the same way about you. Yeah. <laughs> most, but, but exactly. But I said, don't get this. Your best friend, uh, if it's gold, that story, if it's a deal, it'll get out there. I promise you that. On the mic, there were no flashbacks. We understand that. Mike, there are no flashbacks on the Brett Favre stuff that you guys had to go through up there when the Aaron stuff came came about? Uh, I, I, I'm, I, that was an experience that... Um, yeah, God. Uh, help me out, Jerry. <laughs> well, I will. I will. Do, do. I'm going to mess you up out of here, guys, uh, and advise you. I believe I'd stay away from that one, Mike. I said, you're a little too close thank in. You, yeah, thank you. Thanks for the save. I'll get, fined for, I'll get fined for tampering if I comment on it, but I'm not so sure with your background up there what, uh, yeah, was a what long might time ago. be evolved from that. A long time hey, ago. that was then. This is now. Yes, right. I'm Focus on the Cowboys. Dallas on, on Micah, how, how did you work through the potential mental obstacle of drafting a player who opted out and it's been so long since his most recent game film? How did you guys come to feel comfortable with that? You had to. I mean, I, I think it was part of the evaluation process. And I you know, I give Will and, and the whole personnel staff so much credit on just the way they laid it out and just, you know, we had all the information. Jerry spoke on this the other day. The medical, frankly, was the hardest part. Um, I think, in my personal opinion, you have to look at each player 
individually, you know, why they opted out because there, there are so many different circumstances. I, I think you have to look at it, you listen to it, and but you, you have to evaluate the, the information that you had. And, um, and we feel great about having Micah join our football team. Uh, there have been some comparisons to Bobby Wagner for him in the Dan Quinn scheme. Do yeah. you see that? I mean, is that kind of what he could be for a Dan Quinn defensive scheme? Yeah, I don't exactly recall Bobby, you know, the, the pressure player he was coming out, but I, I think Bobby Wagner is an extraordinary football player, and, and he was one of my favorite defensive players to compete against. You know, we had some battles against that Seattle defense, and he's a really good pressure player. So I do think that's a good comparable because, you know, they never really asked Bobby to go you know, go wide and play the same DPR, but I'm not saying he couldn't, you know, because that wasn't part of the scheme where, you know, we, we do – he Micah does have that ability, and that's definitely part of our defense that we will carry over from last year. Micah mentioned on our call, I think, that he only talked to the team once virtually. Between not having the 30-day visits and only having that one visit with him, is this the least y'all have gotten to know personal or directly a player who you've drafted in the first round? Well, I think that's fair for anyone, right? I mean, yeah. you, you know, we didn't have the combine. We didn't have the, the 35 visits. I, I think that's accurate. Mike, you That'd be fair. Mike, you reference on Tuesday speed and energy, a couple traits you're looking for on the defense side of the ball. I assume that, that Micah helps in that area and trying to upgrade the Bingo. I mean, I don't know how better to say it. I mean, he's he's got unbelievable speed and energy. He plays the game the, we, the way we want to play on defense, the way we're going to play on defense. And, I, you know, outside of his ability to be an impact player, he, he, he goes and gets the football. You can see it in pass coverage. I mean, our number one focus is turnover differential. Always will be every day. And we, we, we just added a player that, that is outstanding at going and taking the football away or hits on the football. He's an impact player. Steven, you've now got a big bundle of picks uh, coming up. On the one hand, there's some logic saying, give us the most darts and give us the most chances. On the other hand, there's some logic cap-wise. Uh, to packaging those picks and trying to get a little more cap quality instead of quantity. Cap-wise, logic would be to take each one of them because that gives us the opportunity to, you know, have very valuable players at a low price, and hopefully they beat out veteran players and that type of situation. But if the right guy's sitting there and, uh, you know, we want to go get a guy, it certainly gives you the ammunition uh, to make a move if we see a guy, hey, that's, this is the guy we want. You know, we're still about eight, nine picks out. Don't think he'll make it to us. Let's go get him. And we've done that before. I mean, we're certainly not opposed to, to doing that. Just costs so much up in that top ten to move slots. And, of course, you know, our bigger thing was we knew those corners could go, but they were still sitting there, they were still sitting there, they were still sitting there, and we like Micah. Jerry, Micah said he'd like to continue to wear number 11. Obviously not a traditional linebacker number that's changed in the league. What's your, would you like, would you be okay with that? And what's your thoughts on the guys being able to wear different numbers now than they have in the past? Well, I was big on 88 last year. Had a personal reason, a great friend of mine. I lost him. That was a great 88 player. And then, of course, uh, just uh, 88. Uh, I'm not there. Uh, on this matter on a personal basis uh, at all. 
Uh, I will say, though, there's a, a lot uh, a lot to consider. As you know, uh, uh, we do a great job of our players and their uh, visibility and their uh, identification with their numbers. We do. The Cowboys do. And so uh, there's other considerations that are made there, and those guys have to uh, uh, negotiate those changes. And so sometimes it's a good deal, uh, a good enough deal for them to want to change. Sometimes it isn't. And uh, we usually, as you know, between players, let them work that out between players. When one's got it and the other was got. Uh, we'll have to, uh, if anybody wants nine, we'll have to uh, represent Romo on this side of the table. How would you represent For that, how would you represent Romo? We would uh, uh, determine uh, of, uh, how much it's worth uh, to uh, have number nine on, so to speak. But uh, we've... Uh, we, we are very uh, aware of uh, what happens relative to uh, uh, the personality's identification with a number, and it's not frivolous. So uh, it'll be considered. It'll be uh, considered, uh, but, but certainly genuinely considered. But will have to be considered in light of some of the other things that uh, you, you do, and not the least of which is of uh, all the uh, things that are out here that uh, uh, have that identification with that personality with that number. And uh, we're pretty uh, uh, we're pretty sensitive about twelve around here. We're pretty sensitive about eight around here. We're at twenty two, and those those numbers. And so uh, uh, those are decisions that we'll make. Uh, we'll make as a club. Have, have any players? And, I, and let me. This was this is a club decision. Have any current players asked to switch yet? Any current veterans asked to switch numbers? Uh, we've had a couple. I wouldn't say asked to switch what would be entailed. Okay, conversation. Yes, yeah. fair enough to say. Okay. Fair enough to say. I'm, I'd like to just weigh how you do it and what you would consider, and you'd get one of these out of both sides of your mouth answers. That probably, if you're talking to him, probably if you're talking to him there too. But that's how you do it, and you finally run around and get something done. But um, but it's it's not something that really lends itself to old straightforward, yes no, do it not do it. What's it st- what's involved here? But it's certainly something that's fun to do. You know what I'm excited about? I'm excited about it being a something of interest, something creating some conversation, something being a a, a, a part of it. That's exciting to me, and I'm already impressed that that issue can uh, create. Uh, interest that's there and uh, I not only like it from the player standpoint but I like it from the fan standpoint two things guys uh, we're expecting Micah here for a 3pm press conference tomorrow afternoon and um, Brad Sham has weighed in via text he, d- he was at the Cotton Bowl and uh, he did his research on Micah and thinks the guy's a beast so if anybody wants further verification give brad a call uh, tomorrow we'll bring our own photographers or it'll be your photographers no you can bring a photographer tomorrow thank you so that is the post-draft press conference from jerry jones stephen jones and mike mccarthy after the dallas cowboys conclude their first day of the 2021 nfl draft micah parsons Penn State linebacker selected 
with the 12th overall pick. You heard from all three parties there on just how that went down. It was a trade with Philadelphia going from 10 to 12 to select Parsons. And the first round has concluded in the process as the final pick is in and the Jacksonville Jaguars are officially on the clock to start round number two. But Tampa Bay selects Joe Tryon, the edge rusher out of Washington, which is a really good pick, I think, overall to conclude the day. And, and KT, I know you really liked Tryon and what he brought to the table. No, I like Tryon. I mean, he's a guy I would have considered, you know, on day two. It was interesting in that press conference that you know, the, uh, Steven mentioned, you know, the clear need at cornerback, mm-hmm. and he did say that. Uh, and real quick, the picks before that, Jason Oweb from Penn State went to Baltimore at 31, 30, Buffalo, Gregory Rousseau, the defensive lineman from Miami. Yeah, how about who, that uh, pick? Jokingly mocked to the Cowboys at uh, round two. Did you joke on Tuesday show? I just wanted to stick it to Kavanaugh. That's fair. 29, what? the Packers take Eric Stokes, the cornerback from Georgia, which could hurt a little bit. And then 28, New Orleans takes Peyton Turner, defensive end of Houston. You know, Peyton Turner and Eric Stokes, two guys I thought might be cowboy targets at forty four. So but the fact that he mentioned cornerback, you know, I'm looking at my board and this is just me. If I'm if I'm leaving someone out, you guys let me know for tomorrow. Asante Samuel, who I don't think they would take, is a little smaller. I think yeah, we all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Elijah Molden, there's been whispers maybe playing him at safety. No, you could play at nickel corner. Aaron Robinson, the quarterback from Central Florida, but still, still kind of a more of a slot guy. Maybe he could play outside, but those, the link. Mel Fonwu from Syracuse. We've talked about him a ton. And then I get into Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky, Paulson Adebo from Stanford, Tyson Campbell from Georgia. And you still have your safeties. No safeties taken on day one. So yeah, for all those people in love with Merrick from TCU, Richie Grant from Central Florida, or Javon Holland from Oregon, those are your names right there. They're all there for you. I think the shocker today is that Jeremiah Wusu koromoa the linebacker from Notre Dame, didn't go. Would this team consider him a safety? I Maybe. Think- it was, it's funny you just brought that up. Like Normally, I would be ecstatic. JOK, Richie Grant, Javon Holland, and Trevon Merrick are all there. Ojulari, too, just to well, throw it out there. I'm thinking purely about safeties. And safeties. I'll, even, I'll throw in Elijah Molden because okay. I think this team would yeah. play him there. I would be ecstatic – if they had a cornerback already in the bag and they don't. And yeah. I which mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be a bummer, but this is the scenario we talked about is if they got wiped out of corner early and they had to go with a specific position, where do you find corner now? It, that, and that's the thing is like you, you got to find it ASAP, don't you? Yep. What up Barmore? <laughs> Still on the board. Defense tackle another from Alabama. And that's top 2 day pick there. This is the fascinating discussion of like, you know, how how much is it BPA really, or how much do you lean toward your need? Because like I'm even I'm at the point right now, and you know we'll think about this overnight, and we'll have a lot to say tomorrow. But I'm sitting here thinking like they're going to use one of these picks to get up and make sure they get a cornerback. That's what I think is going to happen. If you're asking me right now, late on Thursday night, I think like Tyson Campbell. SEC player, guy who played on the boundary at Georgia against some of the best in the country. Kelvin Joseph as well. You don't have to move up to get those guys, though, do you? Because you, you pick 12th tomorrow. You want to count on that? You pick 12th. Do you want to? That's, that's almost half the round. Do you want to count on that? And again, I'm not asking. It's a long time to I'm wait not for asking KT Turner what he wants to do. I'm asking, like, if you're the Cowboys and you feel like you've got to come out of this draft with yeah. a cornerback that you like, can you count on that? I could no. see them moving up for Mary before a corner. See, I just, and uh, we'll have the positional value discussion again. Like, what's more important? What do you what would what do you need to address more? Edge Carlos Basham, 
And I mean, don't, I don't think don't, you need to address that. Don't that, that, that more, name though. out there. I'll. All right. Let me say this. I would rather do that. Like, if a Barmore falls to me, or if if I can get Merrig, and you know, hey. Richard Sherman and Casey Hayward are hanging around looking for work. Like, if you can't get your corner, you don't have to force it. I know nobody wants to hear that. But I again, don't want to hear that. But the point is to consider all options. You're right. And what I, you know, what I would, I would rather, I would rather Dan Quinn call up his old pal Richard Sherman and try to get him here on a one year deal than give away a valuable pick just to make sure I don't get left out in the cold tomorrow night. Especially when, do you agree with that or disagree? And if you disagree, that's fine. I don't, KT, what do you think? I'm indifferent because I don't think necessarily Richard Sherman is a good corner anymore. I think Neither he's a placeholder. He's like, I mean, he's been in the league for like 12 years. Of course, yeah. he's not what he used to be. I'm no. not trying to sell anybody on that. You're in good shape with four picks tomorrow. Let's just put. I'll say that. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to get I would, somebody. I would say I probably disagree with that, but okay. With four picks tomorrow and some good players on the board, we mentioned who they probably wouldn't have interest in, like a Nick Bolton. Baron Browning and Jabril Cox, Pete yeah. Warner, all those linebackers, they're probably not going to mess with, right? So that kind of rules those guys out. I'm also looking over, too, the defensive tackle situation with Christian Barmore. I mean, how much does that intrigue you? A Levi Onwuzurike? It does intrigue me quite a bit. Onwuzurike as well, right? We've talked a lot about him. I don't know what their medicals will say. I, on uh, I have a good but... feeling that Onwuzurike is going to fall to 44. I think there's a really good chance he'll be there. I think Javon Holland will be there. I think Levi Onzerike will be there. Uh, well, I feel Jenkins. great about those guys. Tevin Jenkins, Elijah no, Molden. Start doing start doing math. I mean, to your point, it's only 12 picks. So we can easily name 11 guys You're right. that could go and like there will be a guy that we like. But if we're talking about a specific position that you knew, and like you said, that the Cowboys would have to come out with in this draft, you would have to be aggressive. We saw what happens it's, when you sit back. You had both of your guys ripped off of you. We said specifically, word for word, after the first seven picks, this is working out great for the Cowboys. This could not have been set up better than, oh, here we go, horns off the board, Sertan's off the board, and now you're set scrambling a little bit at 10. I don't. I know nothing. Like I haven't even had a chance to go talk to anybody because we've been in the studio <laughs> all night, but I am just reminded of 2014. They they got done with day one and they you know they were like Demarcus Lawrence is probably the last guy who we think can be our right end and they went up and got him and it, I mean it worked out it was a great decision what they need is outside corner though right you know and that's yeah. where like Merrick is a safety but half of almost half of Merrick's snaps came in the slot and I think that's like an interesting thing I mean you played matchup guy but you need the outside guy but what if you think I can get Paulson Adebo from Stanford at 75. I need to find out how much they like Adebo, how much do they like Efiatu Melifonwu, because those are the length guys left, and Tyson Campbell as well, the guys who are lengthy. That's that. I think that is the question for tomorrow is, is there a cornerback that they're convinced that they have to come away with, or are they more willing to just sort of let it play itself out? And me... Mm. Maybe that's inherent bias on my part, but we've been hammering cornerback for the last four months. Yeah. And so I have a hard time. And, uh, you know, in the press conference just now, they even said, like, you know, we were pretty disappointed to see the corners go as quick and, like, in, in the fact, succession they said that they it, did. It tells you. Yeah. Um, and we knew it. And, and they did the right thing. Moving back was the right thing to do. Yeah, oh, I agree with that. Uh, at the time, it was yeah. the right thing to do, and especially if they tried to move back again. Like, I don't have a ton of beef with what they did, to be honest with you. Like, 
You can argue that they should have taken Rashawn Slater if you want to, and I don't disagree with you, but they knew they needed to address their defense. I guarantee you, maybe he isn't the top grade. They said he was. He's one of the top two or three grades on their board. Yeah. Uh, I promise you that. Well, if and I gave you a, they, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, and well, they got an extra day two pick for it. So, like, you know, I don't. It's not the player any of us would have preferred they take, but I don't have a ton of issue with what they did. So they got 84 from Philly to move back. Yeah. If I told you I could put 75 and 84 together, and that could get you in the 51, 52 range. Who are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking I'm 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 going to try to double to 45 and 51. I'm going to I'm 44 and 51. I'm going to wait, see what I can get. Mm. But then I'm kind of guaranteeing, well, not guaranteeing, but I'm I'm giving myself a good chance to save myself and get an outside corner if I don't get one at 44. Because at 44, I think I'm holding out for Merrick or Richie Grant. Okay, or I mean, Holland, maybe. And I th- I mean, if Barmore falls in your lap, you kind of got to do that. Yeah, I feel like it's a guy that we thought, you know, starting yeah. at like pick sixteen. I was expecting we were to talking hear his about Barmore. Yeah, I mean, top players available in order: Koromoa, then Barmore, probably Ojolari's knee. We gotta we gotta take him out of there. Then Merrick, then Richie Grant, like that. Like, there's some good players left. I'm not like in love with any of the corners that are left in terms of you know what they what they we think they might want. It's be fun, man. Oh, it's going to be a blast. You guys have fun. There's no doubt about Oh, we're going to miss you, KT. We loved having you here tonight. I'll be listening to you guys while I sit on my couch and drink Miller Lite. Send there us, you go. Send I us don't blame you. Texts. Just harass <laughs> just, us for what a bad for job fun. we're doing. Uh, before we go, let's go ahead and run through what happened in that first round, just for those of you who may or may not be joining us after seeing some of the coverage here. Real quick, I, and the other thing, too, like we get so fixated on what the Cowboys need to do, you know, Elijah Moore's still sitting there. Rondell Moore's still sitting there. Terrace Marshall, like, not everybody picking in front of the Cowboys is going to want a defender. Yeah. it's a good point. We're looking at the, the top ten picks before the Cowboys. Keep going, Dave. No, well, that's basically it. I mean, you know, the odds are in their favor that a guy they like will be there. I just wonder if they want to take that risk. That to they see if they get, fall off. They yeah. get robbed again. Yeah. That's basically what happened tonight. Which very well could happen. There's the top nine picks that happened in front of the Cowboys. The biggest note, at least for those Cowboys fans out there, Carolina drafts J.C. Horn, first corner, first defender off the board. And then right after that, cornerback Patrick Sertan out of Alabama goes to Denver. Back-to-back blows for the Cowboys, which brought them to pick number 10. Guess what? They traded out. They got pick number 84 in exchange for the 10th overall pick with Philadelphia to slide back a couple of spots. With that 10th pick, Devontae Smith goes to Philadelphia. The Giants pick Justin Fields as their quarterback. Or Excuse me, that's not the Giants that made that pick. It's the Bears that got made Bears. that pick of 11. The Giants ended up pay- trading back all the way to 20. Dallas takes Micah Parsons, and then Slater goes one pick later. Those were the two players that were really being debated. Through other notes, Jamin Davis goes to Washington. 21, the Giants take Kadarius Tony with that pick that they traded out of 11. Caleb Farley, the injured cornerback, goes 20 22 overall to the Tennessee Titans. That's a fun one to think about. A shocker at 28. We thought New Orleans was tabbed with a corner. We thought there was going to be a corner there. Instead, they go with the edge rusher Peyton Turner, which, KT, I know that surprised you. They're not afraid to go small school. You remember they traded up uh, a few years ago for For uh, Marcus Davenport. Davenport. Yeah. So kind of interesting. Yeah. And Stokes, you know, that's the thing that Stokes at 29 to to Green Bay, the lengthy corner. That we're kind of talking about the one more the, off the board. The length and the athleticism, which yeah. 
Yeah, I, I know a lot of people saw him as a day two guy, but it seemed like there was enough smoke about him sneaking into round one. Wait, yeah. although I, you know, he's good, man. He he, and but Kelvin Joseph didn't, and a lot of people were talking about Kelvin Joseph as a day one guy too. So it all equals out in the end. Hey, maybe he's a potential target at forty four. I think he could fall a little bit. That yeah, would be absolutely. fun. Uh, and then a, a trio of edge rushers to end out the first round. Uh, as you've got Buffalo, Baltimore, Tampa Bay going with Russo away and Tryon, a fun little trio to end out. And then 33 tomorrow, Jacksonville back on the clock, followed by the Jets and Atlanta. I want to thank everybody for being a part of our first round draft coverage. Of course, we've got plenty more coverage throughout the week, and you can join in on the conversation as we take a look around the nation. You can say hashtag Cowboys Draft and be a part of this heat map that we're showing right now as you, you see all the dots around. There's, of course, a, a good contingency around the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, but I mean, hey, you can see it across the nation, coast to coast and around the world, streaming live here on DallasCowboys.com. So thankful for all of you out there, uh, whether you're a draft nerd like us or just a Cowboys fan wanting to know where their favorite team is headed in the future, we are glad you've been a part of us. want to thank our, our friends at Snickers, our friends at the Dallas Cowboys football and Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders dance youth camps, and of course, our friends at Miller Light always bring in the taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. KT, we're going to miss you tomorrow. Have fun over the course of the weekend. Like you said, drinking that Miller Lite on your, your couch. Yeah, have a brewski for me, buddy. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm going to miss you guys, too. I, I wish I could do it, but that's all right. Uh, you guys are going to be in good hands. And then you're also, you guys are going to bring in some fighting because here comes Broadus and Kavanaugh <laughs> to the mix. Yeah. So it's going to, you know. I'm, gonna get, I'm bringing my boxing gloves. Yeah, we, this, could this, be fun. this very, was amicable tonight because we're all reasonable people, and so the fighting will start tomorrow, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's also starting to become into the t- the scouts' territory. First round picks kind of go either as planned or close to as planned, and now tomorrow things are going to hit the wall. If Brian I mean, doesn't come in here tomorrow with a plan to trade up, I'm going to be severely surprised. Well, you said the plans are are. Well, he said it at the beginning, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Plans are only so much, right? That's a great point. So hey, it's you could say that against him if you wanted to tie tomorrow. a bow around it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, of course, Dave Brugler will be back with us all tomorrow, and then all of Saturday. Saturday, along with Jeff Cavanaugh and Brian Broaddus. There you see, back in the war room, a live look is, sure, there's going to be conversations throughout the night. As the Cowboys hold four picks tomorrow. They yeah. picked up another one with that trade with Philadelphia. We will be here for it starting at 6 o'clock on DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network as we will also be streaming live on 105.3 The Fan. But want to thank everybody again for all of their hard work. Chris Beam, Matt Kent, Aaron Gonzalez, the entire crew all in the studio. Not even just tonight, but really their preparation all the way for the draft. You're going to be the beneficiaries of it. The listeners at home, the viewers at home of some of their great work throughout the weekend, and they, of course, knocked it out of the park again tonight. I want to thank Kevin K.T. Turner for being a part of it. We'll hear from him soon, as I'm sure we'll do a draft show next week to wrap things up. For David Hellman, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Central Time. Things get started here on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. So long, everybody. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!